Previously on Martini Giant. And a comedy, which is a different kind of focus pulling from a drama. Right. Because it's like... What about a dramedy? What kind of focus pulling are you doing on that? Uh, you, you half pull. You half pull. <laughs> yeah. 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 You half pull on this. Yeah. Slight uh, bokeh. Yeah, just a little quarter pull. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the really the thing. Yeah. And that's that goes back to... That's probably... Classic. About, that's yeah, it's classic. Yeah, it's like... Well, the yeah, it's a classic genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. The Fun Ship Potemkin. Not The Fun Ship Potemkin was amazing. Yeah, that was the comedy version. That's right. All the clowns are coming down the stairs and they're throwing flowers. What if I become like the Jerry Lewis of Sri Lanka? Wouldn't it be great? And like in two like, years, like, for, like Jerry Lewis I get a call in like five years, there's a war you because your up. podcast comedy like is inspired everyone in Sri Lanka. And I have you to fly up. to Sri Lanka I and accept the war. Nice I'm like, at the airport, I'm like, what My the God. fuck? And they're like throwing Sri roses Lanka and flowers. I'm like, that's beautiful. unbelievable. Yeah. I know. You yeah. show up. There's like the, you know, you, you do the whole like walking down the stairway because it's the third And there's like a bronze statue of me. like Yes, the martini giant. That's you. With headphones. Yeah. So like that that's is that. you, and that's everyone that's is taking photos. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number thirty-nine, which is Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange from nineteen seventy-one. And if you are a fan of the show, you know that this is a big fan request because it is a movie that, as many of you know, even though I love Stanley Kubrick. I somehow have never seen A Clockwork Orange until now. Uh, and uh, I'll give a little history about why I didn't watch it. I've been saving it. Spoiler alert. But um, I guess I'd said, I said spoiler alert after I spoiled it. So that's not really quite a spoiler. That's, a, that's terrible. That's the worst way to do a spoiler alert. Uh, but anyway, yes, it's, uh, it's something I hadn't watched uh, before I watched this podcast. And I got to say, oof, it, was a, it was a pretty cool thing. A really great podcast, which is borderlining four hours uh and pretty fun uh fun one to listen to as well i will say a couple of things though before we do that this podcast was recorded march 10th is when we actually recorded this long before lockdown or actually not that long before lockdown between when things were getting bad and they finally decided to lock things down you will listen to how naive we were <laughs> when we recorded this and what we know now. It's kind of funny to go back and listen to it and go, oh, boy, if only we knew then what we know now, which is not that long ago. But obviously, the world has completely changed. And we're now, of course, recording podcasts remotely. Uh, but, uh, I still have a, a couple of podcasts that we were recorded before lockdown. So we're going to put those up, uh, as we go. This one is one of them. A clockwork orange was a fan favorite. So we're going to put that up so, uh, right, uh, right now, uh, as you're going to listen to it uh, momentarily. Uh, we also have, uh, coming up on episodes of some Wes Anderson films that we like. That's been also another big request. I know people have been asking for a long time. That one's been in the can for a while. So we're going to put that one out soon. Uh, and we also did one uh, about uh, early Woody Allen films. That's something else that we discussed as well. So uh, we are going to be uh, having those. And then we're going to start recording more and more and going along. But if you have any requests uh, of other things, please let us know. You guys know how to reach us. Podcast at martinigiant.com is probably the easiest place to go. But you can also reach out to us on social media. On Facebook, we are facebook.com slash martinigiant. On Twitter, we are at martinigiant. And on Instagram, we are at martini underscore giant. And of course, like I said, you can always email us, podcast at martinigiant.com. But don't forget to just to go to uh, martinigiant.com to check out our awesome page and all the amazing images 
that Mr. Eric Sheely has done, including the ones that he did for uh, our Clock of Crunch, which are absolutely hilarious. As you are new to the show, Eric likes to Photoshop us into the movies that we are talking about, and it is quite fun. Quite fun. Uh, they're also available on Instagram if you guys want to check us out on Instagram there. That is martini underscore giant. All right. That being said, please enjoy Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Do you like what I brought? You can keep that too. Thank you. Is it myself. good stuff? Is it considered good? Uh, well, it's Dalwini, so yes. But it's Dalwini Game of Thrones. It's the Game of Thrones what version the, of Dalwini. What season of Dalwini is it? What season is it? Hopefully it's like season two or three. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the older the better, generally. Yeah. One wasn't great, though. Yeah, I didn't. I only watched two two uh, seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, didn't get into it. Yeah, not quit drinking. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good though. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try here. Give me your glass. Just a little. Let's pour it over your laptop. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been waiting for the rest of the books to come out. I thought the show was okay, but um, I started to sense that it was going. But you watched the you read the books. I read all the books. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. I liked the third season. It was the first one where they – third or fourth season where they started to deviate a little bit more. Right. And then it was like, okay. But it was a good deviation. And then by the end, they just went full – Yeah, they just went off the rails. Off the rails. Yeah, this is the thing. Is like I thought it was a really – it was like watching – for me, it was – because I read the books when the, when the first one first came out. So I've been, I've been pushing these things for a long time with people. But it's just like I was like – this uh, show feels like a really great reminder of how much I like the books. That's when I watched the show. I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah, that was great in the books. That was great in the books. And this was great in the books. Right. And that the, was like with me, with Nancy Drew. You're just like, this yeah. is fucking, yes. I, I want to go back and reread this. And Lassie. I want to go back. Mystery Peter, of the Old Clock. Peter Rabbit. Yep. Same thing for yep. me. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, the uh, the movie version of Watership Down. Is good. Uh, is great and terrifying. The early 70s version? The early 70s one. Yeah. Yeah, Peter Yusoff? Yeah, is that it's Peter? No, it's John John Hurt. Peter Yusoff. Yeah, maybe. John, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely John Hurt. And uh, and that's I would say that is that is exactly like and nothing like the book. The book is one of my favorite books of all time, but the movie put me off reading that book forever because it, that was my brother's favorite book growing up. Oh, it's incredible! I just read it two years ago, um, like for the first time since I was like eleven, and I was like, this is one of the great works of anything I've ever read. I, mine powerful. was Leany Riefenstahl's uh, biography when I was just a child. Oh, was, just in like 9 yeah, or 10? Yeah. 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 She, like, you just plow through the Riefenstahl at that age. Everyone mm. does. That's, mm. that's what, and you're just like, more triumph of the will. This Ugh. isn't setting me off on a bad, no. bad place yeah. at all. Yeah, absolutely. Crypt- Cryptonomicon for me when I was about six or yeah, seven. Yeah, baby. Cryptonomicon. <laughs> you know I love the Cryptonomicon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. Uh, so you guys doing okay with the... Uh, all the viruses going around. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hooray. You know, I've been the only person that's come into the office all week. Mm. So everyone else is working from home. Yeah. Do they have it? Or have they been tested? No, they haven't been tested. Uh, the well, We had a couple of employees that were in London and they came back from London and then basically they're – Quarantined. Self-quarantined. Self-quarantined for, yeah, for two weeks. And then everyone was like, well, do we really need to be here? And I said, well, I kind of do. And I was like, well, we're working from home. So I'm the only one that's been yeah, in well, this office. Nobody else is here. You can't get it. So, so there the you front go. door locked, yeah. by the way? Huh? Front door locked? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the virus is going to come knocking. <laughs> no, I just got my stuff out there. <laughs> virus makes out with your laptop. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think, uh, I mean, this is going to come out in a couple of weeks when, um, 
uh, we're in stage three. We're in stage three. So like the, all this, all this joke palling around is gonna be like, oh god, maybe cluster, we cluster, that boom. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think it is a. I think, uh, I think this is a you know a fairly uh, dangerous event that we should try to act properly around. I think so. Yeah. Reasonably, reasonably, reasonably. Reasonably. I think, I think that that the way to the way to contain it is to act reasonably, and then it'll be contained, and everyone will be like, ah, that was nothing, and you're gonna be like. Yeah, because we all acted reasonably. Right. And as opposed to panicking, which is actually very bad for everybody. It's the worst thing. Like that, that's what really There's two things up. that can be really bad. Panicking, mm-hmm. overreacting, mm-hmm. Uh, because that just causes mayhem. Yep. And then uh, uh, denying it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what our current government's doing. Yeah, yeah he's like this our is an actual president thing. It's is very a shameful job, man. Of, of like, oh, he, he he said, I don't know if I want the 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 cruise ship to land because the economy's pretty good right now. Yeah, dude, like that dude is literally doing this because he wants to stabilize his stocks. Yes, <laughs> like, that's literally yeah, what really. he's doing. He doesn't like, care about human you life. You are fired. You yeah, are fired. He doesn't care times. about human life. Yeah. But I was listening to a doctor today. Uh, I listened to a couple different things. I won't mention the sites because you know I don't want. Seem like I'm promoting, mm. but it's an interesting site with this doctor. And Ooh, that is good. That's good, right? You want it to smell good? No, I cannot. Uh, You're totally off the, off, the off the sauce. You want to smell Permanently? it? Permanently. You, like, you, you know. smell it at least. You like the smell. Yeah, I'll, I'll smell that. Does at smell least like, it's like one of my say. relatives is. Oh, that smells like Max von Sato sitting in a tree. Oh, so sad about mm-hmm. that. I know. Here's the Max von Sato. Here's the Max von Sato. Yeah, 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 smells he, great. He go, speaking of Game of Thrones, Dude, you know quick. what I started playing recently again? What's that? Uh, Skyrim. Oh, uh, yeah. My daughter plays Skyrim. Little, yeah, my, yeah. my kids play Skyrim. I've played, she hell, loves man. it so much. I, I've, played, I've played over 300 hours of Skyrim. Oh, easy. Sure. Oh, I've played 30 minutes. Um, oh, but the thing what I was – before I was going to just say that mm-hmm. I was listening to this guy, he was like – Joking, but it's not a joke. That truly, the worst. You talking about Trump and the cruise ships? The mm-hmm. cruise ships are like huge petri dishes. Yeah. With self, the ventilation system just recycles. <laughs> so you're basically you're fucking your everybody who's not exactly. sick will be sick. Yeah. And they're like, that was. It's the stupidest yeah. idea. Yet yeah. all these people of countries, leaders are like, yeah, keep them in the cruise ship. Yeah. And it, it's simply it's, because they're afraid the of the people. political angle. Like they don't want to be the person that like they don't want to be the people in charge who let people that are sick come into town. But couldn't you just put them on an army base? Yeah, in, no, in because a tent? it's the same as like the Gitmo problem. It's just like there are people in Gitmo that didn't do anything and they couldn't release them because it was politically bad news. I'm like, yeah, you are it's fucking assholes. So these poor people are <laughs> stuck on this. And if they didn't have it, they're going to get it. Right. Yeah, it's it's such a drag, and then then this is all like all that but stuff. Keep is in mind, boring. keep in mind that eighty percent of the people hmm. will have it and not even show any effects and never get sick. Yeah, no, like this 80% is eighty percent of the right. people who are exposed to like, it. And twenty percent of the people. No, sorry, eighteen percent of the people that do show we'll signs get sick. will get sick and will be. It'll okay. be lousy. But It'll that's be it. fine. It'll yeah. be the flu. Yeah. It is the flu. It is. It is. Well, to be. It is. It's uh, not. It is. Though. It is SARS. It's a variant right. of SARS. It's, it's a variant. variation of SARS. But right. it also is. Is that what they're saying with the way it's going? And it's three times more um, contagious. The thing is that one of the things in America is the run on the hospitals and the fact that we this, have this uh, is the actual uh, we have an overweight culture. Right. 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 That so, it's going to so, be a problem. So. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. So what the way you do that is you 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 curb a bunch of things and it involves social uh, separation. So yeah. you don't... Distancing. Distancing, right? Yeah. So events get canceled. Yeah. You don't go... Yeah. I mean, this, honestly speaking, 
you know, Disney makes a shit ton of money at their parks and their right. cruises, and right. that is going to hurt. Oh, yeah. No, it's bad. One hundred percent. And it's weird. Bob Iger steps down right before the big, yeah. you know, he steps down and then the next quarter you're going to see the numbers on Disney. It's going to be it's fucking tank, crazy yeah. bad. Yeah. Like all their theme parks yeah. And, yeah. And, and everything. I was thinking about going to Disney. I guess the crowds are going to be great. Yeah, it's true, right? Well, this is the thing. I mean, like, just riding the train. I fucking, I was telling you, I ride the train pretty much across the entire city every single day, back and forth. That's why I got you. Yeah, I appreciate it because you got me wipes and uh, masks from the, Tokyo. Uh, yeah, from Tokyo, and the uh, so the, the, the where are the, the goggles? Yeah, these are uh, like the uh, the train. It's just like. If anyone in this crew is going to get it, it's going to be me because riding on that fucking train is like. Oh fuck! That means me because I'm next is, to you. I'm. I'm. That's, that's why, why I want to wear goggles. This is. This is why I do so much of the washing the hands. I'm going to have stuff. my attorney talk to you, Chris. I'm, washing the hands. I wash the hands. I do the thing. I just use cloth. It's bleach sil- like hands. it looks silly. I'm going to do it because start drinking bleach. That's the this is the best thing to do. Obviously, we don't endorse drinking bleach, but. We we're just gonna say that the um, but yeah, this is the that I mean like because it does it has the potential of getting very bad in that like you're saying if the if people uh, if it becomes uh, a panic or people don't react well right then uh, it can really stress the healthcare system mm-hmm. greatly in a way that will end up killing more people which is where it's going to hurt really badly um, it's still going to be mostly people over you know sixty which are still people and we don't want them to die. Well, that's <laughs> so an interesting, we should wash That's an interesting <laughs> point. If I, if I can just point something out, if I'm allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, what? Go for it. What? Can't wait for how to do it. I'm not says, angry. I'm just like, I haven't said anything. Oh, my, my father. <laughs> What's your review of COVID-19? Well, hold on a second. My father <laughs> is um, 89 years old mm-hmm. and he is – very self-made, very determined, Does and he is going on Tuesday or Wednesday to Chicago to have some knee surgery. And we have been like, you're 89, you're flying into Chicago, you have to do a week of recovery in Chicago at this right. special hospital, and then hospital. fly back to the East Coast. Like, could you not just wait? Right? I mean, right. it's not like he can't walk. Right. He's like, no, I want to get it done. And it's just like, wow, you are the most at-risk group. Yeah, eighty nine. I mean, that's like, the people that. Honestly, you're right. He's the person that shouldn't be going. Yeah. He shouldn't be going. And it's my family members all calling each other every day yeah. for like a total of forty minutes. I'm on the phone every day. Like, what do you do? We're telling him don't go, and he's I like, I gotta go. It's his choice. It's his choice. But I mean, I just think that like the, the I think that the reason for everybody. Else, I mean, like for a lot of people, it seems like. Uh, a dumb or bad idea to follow these stupid procedures all the time because most likely you're going to be fine. It's because you can pass it to people who can get killed by it. <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah, and it's like, irresponsible. Just wash your fucking hands. It's not a big f- deal. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know? Like, that's the deal. That's where we I'll stand. end on this, and I'm sorry. I saw a video of the Milan train station. Did you see that? Mm. Italy's totally fucked right now. Yeah, because they're, and yeah, they, they the put the quarantine, yeah. and within an hour of a quarantine, a guy was there who works there. He filmed on his phone, mm-hmm. and it's, Everybody running with those little suitcases with wheels, yeah. thousands of them going all yeah. over like bugs. They were basically leaving right. because the, the quarantine was just announced. So it's within a half hour of the quarantine announcement, right. and they just were escaping the city. And I'm thinking, how irresponsible is that? Stay right. in the you, city. St- like the, it was thousands <laughs> running point. like cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. right. It was so well, someone, sad to see. Someone put, put up on Facebook today. I thought this is a this is really interesting. It's like airline like ticket prices are dropping for the airlines because. You don't want to get sick. And that's to encourage people to buy tickets to fly. I'm like, 
Well, don't, they, do, don't do that, though. Because they're <laughs> going to go bankrupt. <laughs> Batwing <laughs> prices have gone down, too. Yeah, Batwing bat, oh. soup. Very, 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 very low. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, that's COVID-19. Now, when we listen to this in two weeks, and uh, America's like Italy. This is, actually, it'll probably be more like a month, whatever. So we'll really yeah. see how it ends up. Yeah, this be, is adventuresome, for sure. Because really it's been hope, changing every day. Yeah. Hopefully I'm everyone, not panicking. I'm just annoyed by the things that it affects yes my life yeah and my work i realize that yeah and you know my travel is like i you know there may be some events that i'm going to that i may have to cancel yeah. uh which are good to cancel They're yeah like big, big i understand that, that but these right. are important things right. that i was and it fucks up, fucks up everything yep. and then um so it's not a good not always a good thing yep it's, and crummy. it's annoying and crummy and yep. uh and yeah it's but I will tell you this, I bet you, I know I must be a lot of people in LA that are working from home because driving into work has been a breeze. Oh, dude, yeah. There are sure. a lot of people working from I, home. I, yeah. I think it's a very good idea. I, I mean, was like, thinking about just putting my, I my come, thing out and to get work at home. Yeah. I come here because no, everyone from work is working from home anyway. So this is kind of like my own personal yeah, it's office. it's like a great, it's like, <laughs> this is perfect. It's lovely. I have the whole place to and myself. And he's just like, I'm, it's great. I'm all here alone. And then he trips and he knocks himself out and, yeah. and he oh, dies yeah. and nobody and knows, like, where do you go? You have to go there so fast, the so fast. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So that that's the health update. We'll see where it goes in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully it doesn't get substantially worse. Yep. Um, and everyone be safe and whatnot um for whenever you're listening to martini giant hello <laughs> is this, this where you're starting now yeah yeah i don't know there we are. i would start welcome to martini, martini giant, giant. Why? why should we i think we should have some current events at the beginning of the okay fine. It, it'll certainly be deeply <laughs> ironic if not sad yeah <laughs> it's, well, it's it. gonna it's be one or the other it's like yeah. oh they were so naive yeah yeah exactly. either way like because it was it's really be a horror b- show yeah. or it'll be funny so it'll, or it's like yeah it's about the same yeah that will be the same yeah it'll be it my guess is it will be worse Three Not weeks ago, worse, there were four cases three weeks ago in Italy. There's going to be a, a lot. There's probably way more cases here than, than is reported. Oh, because there's probably many. Th- they're not testing. I don't want to they're, they're only testing people, people that go into hospitals. And those, but they don't have enough test kits. Well, this is the, this is the thing. That like with, with All right, we got to like, get off the subject. Okay. We got to get off the subject. The reason why so many, like, the death rate <laughs> is so like the spiked is because uh, you have so many people who are just like, ah, I just have the flu. And then they just sort of sit around and give it to more people, and then uh, it, it hits all at once, and that's why the numbers go up. And like the death, the death rate seems to be uh, two, what is it, two point three? Yeah, so. there's a lot of stats, and I'm I'm a numbers guy, yeah. right? So I like numbers, and numbers are much better to diagnose than your, speculation. Your chances of dying are very it's 15% small. Fifteen percent over the age of eighty. Oh, yeah. It definitely goes steeply up. It goes as, up as you're as older. It's true. It goes up if you have diabetes. It goes up over 50 slightly. And that, yeah. and that so, so there's the a lot of things to be concerned about. Right. I agree. Be real. Yeah. But there's numbers out there that explain this. Like, you know, it's – anyway, let's not let's not get to it. Let's talk about right. this Let's check awesome in another movie. two weeks and see where we're at. Yeah. The, the, What's this awesome movie we're talking them. about? Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. So this is Martini Giant, a um, <laughs> movie review podcast where everyone involved is a big movie fan. Uh-huh. Um, however, one of us has not seen one of the landmark films That's of right. a famous director's that. career. Yes. And that person, uh, the person who has not seen this thing is Chris. Yes, I have The not. director is Stanley Kubrick and the movie <laughs> is, is A Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Orange. How could you not see a famous film? So, I'm so excited so, for you it. Know, no, I mean this entirely excited. You know, I've, I've, I've wanted to see this movie since I was a teenager. Mm. And I was very excited about it, but for some reason I wanted to save it. It was something sure. that I, that I was like I was going to save. Yep. And for some reason I saved it 
too long where it's like, I'm not going <laughs> to eat the cake yet. I'm not going to eat the cake yet. Oh, now it's dry. No, oh, no, no. It's not about, you know, it's like, oh, no, it's going to be perfect. And it's right. like, it's great. You know, it's, 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 it's not going to go bad. Right. So I know it's just going to stay there. And, yep. be, and somehow, so I'm actually really, really happy I saved it for this. Right, right. And not only that, I'll tell you this, I did one better. I didn't actually watch it until a few hours ago. Oh, so you're really fresh. I am That's very great. fresh. That's really exciting. Because like, uh, uh, my, my point of view on this is like, I never give people shit for not seeing a movie. Yeah. I always get excited when people have not seen a movie. Right, because you get to find out how you they get to experience. see it. Like that, right. that, that, and so the, fr- the, the closer to the event that I can be for right. their reaction, the happier I am. I'm always excited. Yes. I also uh, found out a friend of mine at work today had never seen The Thing. So oh. I was like, oh my God, this is your, the, before you do anything else, this must be taken care of. Right. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. I've never had a birthday party. That's what that sounds like to me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. That's uh, a good okay. analogy. Um, but, um, but yeah, is there, is there anything missing in your Kubrick uh, uh, backlog, Eric? No. No, you're, you're covered, right? I'm covered. Yeah, I believe I'm covered as well. I think this is, this is it. This, I've seen it all now. Yeah. This yeah. is the one I've been savoring. This is the one. This is the one. So here we are. It's a Clockwork Orange. This is Martini yeah. Giant. You can reach us at um, uh, Martini Giant at uh, – well, no, at Martini Giant at Twitter. Right. You can uh, uh, check us out and Eric's amazing artwork. Um, on Instagram. On Instagram. Martini uh, underscore Giant. And uh, you can – what else? You can write to us. Yeah. Uh, podcast at martinigiant.com or just go to our website martinigiant.com as well and if you happen to go to uh, Apple Podcast to pick up this podcast yep. then please uh, rate and review us and share us and share us if you can yeah so that's very well, helpful let your friends know how you you they can also waste three hours of their life every two weeks minimum three hours <laughs> You have a friend, friend with a long commute, or say people that are st- stuck inside for whatever virus-related reasons for That's right. a while. Your go-to film review <laughs> podcast it. for coronavirus, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen <laughs> podcast. This is this is the best one. This this will eat up many days. We have we have a, a we have a backlog. very infectious yes. podcast. Oh, good lord, we're gonna regret that. <laughs> wow. So okay. Well, in any, are you? Wow, that's a beautiful drawing. Eric is also doing a lovely drawing right now, and. Um, Hopefully it will oh, be up nice. on the Instagrams. Put it on the Instagrams. I did a little Ryan Adams the other oh, day. Look at that. Yeah, beautiful. Very nicely done. Pencil drawings. I've been going Very through true. the uh, Ryan Adams. I don't know if people listen to Ryan Adams. He's wonderful. No. He's not. It's not pop- Brian Adams. Not Brian no, Adams. Ryan Adams. Do you know Ryan Adams? <laughs> yes. He's fantastic. I've seen him a few times. He's gorgeous. Um, but yeah, he his stuff with the Cardinals is amazing. Here, I'm going to I'm going to live tweet you holding a. Um, uh, a drawing that you're working on and it will not be live actually for the people that see the tweet because they'll have they, to go back to like wait. several weeks <laughs> <laughs> they'll go back to a backlog of twitter and instagram <laughs> but here we are we're going to do it right now camera hold up the one that you want very which excited. one older or newer whatever one what the one you're working on oh the one i'm working on is this there we go Blam, and there it goes bam bim scalabim so now we'll, we can connect the dots back at home Martini Giant, welcome everybody. We are talking <laughs> this about- This is the third time you've been here. Here it is. <laughs> now, one of us is not seen. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> so well, how should we do this? How do you want to break them? Well- um, what, are you, what are your initial re- reactions? Okay. I'm curious. Was it too sophisticated for you? No. <laughs> there was not, it was not that sophisticated. Uh, I. It's hard to say that I adored it <laughs> because of the subject matter. Sure. Right, but I adored it. It's fucking amazing. 
it's an amazing, amazing movie. film. It's an amazing movie. Now you got thinking so about when many, it came out too. When which what 71, 72? Yep, I think 71, I think. Okay. S- yeah, that's when I was born. So mm-hmm. oh, we could have seen it together so, as babies. Yeah, as babies. Yep. So good. Yep. Yep, it's a good one. It's a good one. I bet so many parts of it, like, you know, because I kind of, you know, obviously there's been so many stories. There's iconic scenes. Iconic scenes and all this stuff. So you kind of like have an idea. A lot of people say talk about, you know, the ultra violence and and there is a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does have that very 1970s blood, which is way too saturated. It's like, I love it. Yeah. 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 I I think it's beautiful that like it's so orangey painty. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the uh, the, ev- the that should arch- be like a website. It's, an archi- it's a beautiful blood. architecture. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Beautiful I didn't even think about that architecture yeah. piece right. as well, uh-huh. which would be amazing to show as an architecture film, except for the subject matter. So the subject matter always gets in the way, uh-huh. right? Right. But it's it's beautiful because it basically is surrounded by incredible music, mm-hmm. incredible uh, cinematography. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dialogue is. Well, that's the book yeah. is like that. I know, yeah. but I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's actually pretty the incredible. The dialogue is so yeah. good and so well acted, overacted. Yeah, like it is certainly uh, Malcolm McDowell's, uh, to borrow from another podcast that I listened to called The Rewatchables, th- this is Malcolm McDowell's apex mountain. This is like he, he became this character in his, that's the role he played for the rest of his mm. life. <laughs> like he just locked into it and that's uh that's, that's so that. good yeah no he, he like he sets the, i would go so far as to say this movie doesn't work at all uh except that he is such a powerful hub uh for everything why, why doesn't it work because it needs something everything needs to be translated through alex delarge like right like you need to be able to well, see he like, is the vehicle right and if you didn't like him as much as you like him and i mean like him just as, as a performance like he's such a magnetic amazing career defining performance right then the movie is so uh upsetting like it's so like forcefully upsetting especially by the time it came out right um that i don't i don't know I don't know how the movie would flow. Like, I mean, it's, it's like you, you secretly fucking love Alex. Right. Like, Alex is just charming to watch no matter what goes on. It was very upsetting when it came out. Yeah. I think it's upsetting it's now. It's upsetting now. Yeah. I mean, that's there's. I think it, I think that it is more upsetting now than it was maybe 15 years ago. Like, yes. I think that, like, this is a really challenging movie right now. Well, there's a lot of rape. It, it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's, and, like, really, and played for laughs. Like, right. As far as laughy as you can make this, this is this is what it's doing. You watch that again, you're like, wow, there's so much train spotting in this. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh Good God. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah big it time. did remind. There's and it actually reminded the, the guy who wrote Train Spotting. He wrote the, the book. He wrote a bunch of other books, which I read. Irving Welsh. Welsh. Yes. Irving Welsh. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was my uh, a friend of mine in architecture school. She gave me a bunch of his books, and I read them, and I was like, really crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, necrophilia, yep. weird shit like that going That's on. Uh, pulled from this, right? So, so that was that, it. Felt very train spotting. It was yeah. train spotting. Well, yeah. the thing is, man, and, and to, bar, to, to, to clarify it, and you're like the like, there's nothing funny about this. Anything that's happening in these scenes, no, it, like it is like they're not like the the event is not played for laughs. It is essentially your reaction that is played for laughs. Like the movie is mocking you. Like you're right. just like well, like you like it's so crazy. But it's also there is something about the world which is just surreal 
enough right. yes. that right. you don't believe it to be completely the real world. Exactly. And that's the architecture. Right. Right. It's the architecture. Uh, yeah, the production design in general. Production design yeah. in general. Like everything about it is a little, you know, don't quite know. Like where does he live? It looks slightly post-apocalyptic. Who would live there in right. that lobby? Right. The house is strange. The furniture is strange. Everything is strange. Yeah. And and when these and when the violence is happening, it's like they don't do anything to sort of play it up. They don't dramatize the violence. They just sort of like let the camera run as this is happening. Yeah, there's a lot of long takes. Yeah, and so, and so it's like you, you feel like it feel it feels stagey and strange and real at the same time. There right. is a for me, it's like it reminded me how much I don't like wide angles sometimes mm-hmm. because there's it's a very wide angle. wide yeah. angles and yeah. it doesn't work. But you can also see I know that this influenced um, David Bowie for uh, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, sure. Yeah. I yes. think the wide angles were pretty cool for the architecture. Though. Oh, it's great. I mean, well, they're very I – mean, Yeah, but when I... they were going after the woman and they beat her up with a penis – yeah. He did. Yeah. Where he he's using, he's using like they do those cut. Sh- yeah, yeah, those cut shots were yeah. like horrible. Yeah, but right. it's all, but like the like there's so much all the all the big uh, like there's it, like the opening attack that you see with the uh, the other gang when right. the other gang's gonna rape the woman like right. that's happening on a stage right mm-hmm. then um, uh, the when he gets when Alex gets pulled into the uh ludovico treatment Mm -hmm. that happens on a stage yes right it happens they they watch a movie he talks about how things only feel real when you're watching movies right uh and uh and like it's just like they constantly reinforce this idea of like you in seeing this movie are uh participating in uh, the in causing this violence like you are, you are, a, you are a part of the machine that is making, right. making this happen, you know? And so Alex, the, the image of Alex sitting in the theater, looking at a movie, which is showing people that look like Alex Getting, rape yeah. somebody. Right. <laughs> like you're the person in the theater, right? Like you're you receiving are, the Ludovico treatment. You, that's exactly right. <laughs> like that's, that is the, that's what should the movie, we explain it? The movie a little bit. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't seen it in a while anyway. Um, here's the, the, the quick sum up, uh, in a futuristic, fu- futuristic, possibly, possibly f- futuristic. Yeah. Unclear. Um, unclear. Br- uh, Britain, yeah. um, uh, uh, Alex, the large is, uh, part of a gang. Yeah. And, uh, the society looks pretty unstable. Right. Then like gangs just roam and get into fights and that's what happens. But know? he's the gang. He's in. They're strange. They basically, I can't quite figure out if it's just, it's just four of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not part of a larger organization. Nope. No, it's just them. So they were in that weird bar. The milk bar. Nope. The milk the bar. The Corova milk bar. Right. Right. For, that's where they start their evenings. Yeah. And these kids are probably, I Trans mean, body. they never say, but they're like in the, in the ballpark of like 16 to 18, I think right. is the idea. And they're in a, in the milk bar, which means like it's a bar that sells milk filled with drugs. Right. And, uh, and the drugs all have weird made up sounding names, but right. like these kids are getting jacked up on amphetamines amphetamines, yeah, and then hyped up and then going out and, and beating people up. Yep. Randomly, randomly, yep. seemingly randomly. They seem like they, they, they seem like they were, they felt they had an ulterior mode. Like they were trying to do right by the society. Right. Like they beat up, the old man, 
the right. whole homeless man because he's drunk. He's a drunkard and right. they don't like him, right? right. That's interesting. And yeah. then they beat up the other gang mm-hmm. who's raping someone. Right, which is sort of an interesting sort of save the cat moment, right? Where right. It's just like you – you, like, well, this is the classic from the book Save the Cat where it's just like you can you can make your character any kind of asshole you want right. as long as you have him save a cat and uh, or be nice to anybody at right. all. You know, be nice to an innocent person. And so it opens up with this woman uh, about to get raped by this horrible other gang. Mm-hmm. And because Alex and his crew show up and uh, attack the gang, mm-hmm. they're effectively saving the woman. And so you're like – I guess they're kind of the good guys, and you give them a little bit of credit. Right. Of course, later they go and rape somebody. So. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like this is not actually true. So – and then they get into a a car mm-hmm. and with the, the the funniest rear projection. Oh, it's the greatest. Like it's virtually black and white rear yeah. projection. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one that possibly might have been worse was XC Stance. But no. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, this is – this one is – seems entirely intentional. It is. Oh, yeah. Uh, because like, Very it's, theatrical. It's completely false looking. I right. love that kind of stuff, though, That's great. because it gives a sense of it, – it's um, – plus you get a sense that they're on drugs. Yeah, totally. Um, but I uh, – it's interesting you talk – you like when he, they beat up that homeless guy – in the beginning, first of all, he had it coming. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> that but, drunk asshole. Yeah. Singing that um, bad. But it's almost like he was a drunk from – 1905. Oh, he looks like a drunk out of a John Ford movie. Yeah. So the point was, I was like, I wonder if this is a future being in the 50s future. That could be true. Do you know what I mean? Because he was basically old enough as though he was from 1905 era, his dialogue and everything, before the First World War. There's no room for for law and order no more. And that stuff. But it's almost like it's meant – to take place in the 50s or the characters are from the 50s, right. what, but a future 50s. Well, yeah, and it sort of feels – I mean, it might, might be a way he of was, like – Yeah, I mean, it was very much like – wouldn't even call him like a homeless person. you call him like an old hobo or some kind. He's like and a movie character. He is. And it's interesting because that's a change from the book. I read the book. And the, okay. uh, and it's, the, the character in the book is, a, uh, is a, a literate person coming home with a bunch of books from a library. Mm. Interesting. And so like the, the change to like old Irish drunk – that is literally out of like central casting, you yeah. Know, uh, is like I'm, I'm. I think that like that's a. There's a couple of like nods towards the moviness of this movie, and that might be interesting. Might be one of them, um, because it, it is such a, like he is like he's an old drunk Irishman with a cane, right? You know, and it's like you've seen that in every. Did fucking, you guys? This is the first time I noticed watching this again that the numbers, his prison number, are similar to the numbers on the police uniforms. Oh, is that true? If you look at the shoulders, his thing was six double five. Yeah. Then right. his friends that picked him up were six six five and uh, six four that's, five, that's nice. that's or nice something touch. like yeah. that. I was like, wait a minute, I never yeah. noticed that. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of they do a lot of great. He also goes to the record about. store and there's a record of two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yep. Yes, exactly. Talk about movies within movies. I right. love that record store shot though. Um, but the uh, so yeah, he is uh, so they uh, steal a car, go rampaging out into the suburbs essentially and uh the car is awesome the car is fantastic is that just a ferrari i don't know which car it's like a space buck rogers car man yeah i think it was like a ferrari body mixed with just 
it's a, a movie prop strange. car. Yeah, I no, actually wonder what that car is. But that's a, did you call it a Daphner or a, a something De, like that? Yeah, that's that's which they were business. gorgeous cars. The Delufners. The Delufners. Oh. oh, the Angelica Delufners. Oh, yeah, so amazing. Uh, the um, uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite bits of production design. I went to the um, the LACMA. I brought this up before yeah. to see the Kubrick exhibit, and it was one of my fa- like they had all the Clockwork Orange stuff in one. Uh, in one room, and they had the milk bar built out. Wow! Uh, and it was yeah. just fucking incredible. There's to be a new a, book on Tashin. It's 35 bucks on all the behind the scenes for this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's such a it's pretty cool. It's just one of the most beautiful uh, and upsetting looking movies. My initial was like, I'll buy one for every. And I was like, No, what am I yeah. an idiot? <laughs> uh, but it, it was it was one of my favorite things. I, I, I stayed uh, at least a good few extra minutes in the uh, in the in the uh, 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 Clockwork Orange section simply because. Um, you'd see parents walking through with kids into the Corova milk bar, and they'd look they'd look around and be like, <laughs> like, oh no, what are we seeing? <laughs> like, hey, it's a museum, my man. You're, sometimes you're going to see some stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, they uh, they steal a car. They go out to they uh, go on a they go on a basically the car scene is them just driving really really fast on a country road, running everyone off the road. Yes, everyone. And there's all these cars crashing right. because they're just playing chicken with everything going around them right and they show up at a place called home home and it's a, a lovely little house in the woods very very sort of you know at that time would have been very contemporary but very mid-century mm-hmm. uh or, or 70 brutalist slightly brutalist mm-hmm. uh house mm-hmm. uh really gorgeous actually oh, look, house, yeah. look at the inside of the house it's like that would be like a Beautiful house today. Oh, it's gorgeous! Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous, very architectural. I love, I love the uh, the sort of like little inset um, uh, dining area down yes. from the, the stairs. Is really great. It's and then really the great. and then the, the seats that they sit in. It's really it looked like something from Sleeper. Remember Sleeper? Yes, very much so. And like when I watched it again, I noticed a, a subtle bit of production design because they like essentially look like enormous like six yeah 800 pound tic tacs right right and they and the side opens up and then you sit inside the tic tac and you sit inside the tic tac when there's this sort of like pink inside pink floral inside right um but the way the tic tac door opens up right makes the shape of the tip of a penis yes Yes. and i was like that i'd never i've seen this in like 40 times yeah and i never caught that like this little because it's like your brain's just Picking it up and going, uh, I'll think about that one later. There's a lot of penises. And there's a lot of penises in this movie. Yep. <laughs> it's a penis-centric film. Yeah. And our first major penises that we see are on the faces of the kids, of the of, uh, Alex Delarge's crew, right. w- when they wear masks Wear masks to break into this house. They break into the house by faking the fact that they had an accident. If they don't, they open the door, they crash in. And they, they uh, it's an old man and his wife. Mm-hmm. And they beat up the old man. The writer. Ra- the writer. The writer, yes. And they rape his wife mm-hmm. in front of him, mm-hmm. all while singing singing, singing, in the rain. singing in the Rain. So, again, another important movie yep. reference. Yep. And, a, and it's a violation of a movie within a movie because you cannot see Singing in the Rain, the original, without also briefly thinking mm-hmm. of a clockwork oh, no <laughs> Right. But – there is also should note a lot of classical movie, a lot of uh, Beethoven. Yeah, specifically Beethoven Be- because he loves Beethoven. He loves Beethoven. Yeah, uh, and so he, it's very important to him, which and is an important part. Of, becomes an important part of the plot. Yeah, because he is like Beethoven is the only thing that gives Alex real um, unadjusted pleasure. Yeah, like it is just a raw pipeline to heaven for him. Right. 
to come back home after fucking around and all this other stuff and just put on some of the old Ludwig van Ludwig van and then uh, and then just space out and he looks like he's having an ecstatic religious experience when right. he's listening to it uh, so it's the most important thing in his life and he doesn't uh, like he is uh, yeah like when he hears it like he, he gets the sort of Kubrick rolled up eyes look right and, um, and so this comes up a lot in the movie but it really becomes important uh, soon 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 so he rapes the guy or rapes the wife, beats up, beats up the guy. Yeah. And then they go home and he listens to Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Yes. Curls up with his snake. Mm-hmm. His snake who lives in a drawer who's a python. Looks like a – no, not a python. He's a, a boa. It's definitely a boa constrictor. I know my snakes now. Don't right. ask me why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because uh, guess what? My daughter just got a snake as a as a uh, as a pet. Got a she snake. loves, yeah, that's fun. Uh, ball python, nice. Guess what her, the name of her snake is? Hmm. Martini John. Let me think. Is it a movie reference? It's Frasier. Should be very obvious. One. What movie are we talking about? <laughs> Snakey. Basil. <laughs> Basil. Oh. Basil. That's the name of the snake in the movie. Ah, Basil. That's nice. Basil. And I was like, holy shit, she named her snake the same name as, well, she claimed she called him Basil because of Basilisk. Sounds good. Right, because that's from Harry Potter. Right. But she's yeah, secretly so, a Clockwork cl- Orange fan. <laughs> I said, oh my I God. Not. I texted my wife. I was like, do you think she took it from it? Or the, she, uh, from. Um, Clockwork Orange? No. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't think Lily's Cl- seen that movie. I don't think. No, I don't recommend saying, this movie to anybody. No, no, 20. no. What I'm saying is the writer for um, Harry Potter. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, a basilisk, I think, is a name of a snake before Harry Potter. Like, yeah, it's a kind of basilisk. creature. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's a magical it's a kind creature. Of magical creature. This, anyway, so that was like, that was. I mean, we find out about the name of the snake later, but yeah, he goes up with a snake. Beautiful snake. I love snakes. We find uh, out that he lives at home with his parents. Lives at home with his parents in a, again, amazing, like architecturally f- hilarious house. A car crash of concepts, visual right. ideas. And if, if, like, the only thing that would be missing in that house, because there's like gold wallpaper. Yeah. And like weird furniture. Yeah. Really, what would have really got it over the tip top might have been too far mm-hmm. is to have a thick orange shag carpet in the uh, living room. Yeah, it's it is that would have gone a little too far. They may have been a step too far. I mean, like you have a mom who's wearing like a different colored wig in almost every scene. Yes, she's and wearing, wearing this, an outfit that's terrible. Yeah, that looks like it's like made for I don't know, like an anime convention or something. Right. It's made she out looks, of latex. She, she looks like she's wearing an anime. Yeah. It's, like a, and a, she's a, like 65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever and with, with, with very bright uh, eye makeup. Yes. It's it's horrifying. She's horrifying. The uh, And she's a, and, she, and the actor does a marvelous job with her. She's totally fantastic. She does a really good job. Um, the dad her, does a really good job too. Her, her, her dad, uh, the, the, his dad well, the, uh, is recognizable as um, the uh, from The Shining Oh, it right. is the uh, guy <laughs> that helps um, uh, Jack Nicholson after the drink is spilled on him uh, by the bar. Right. And talks to him in the bathroom. Right. Uh, oh, and, wow. uh, he, oh, right. Yeah. And he is tremendously, tremendously funny and absolutely mm-hmm. hysterical character actor. But uh, he plays such a weak. Oh, yeah. Weak like, and frightened <clears throat> character. Yeah. The and whole he's, time. he's just like, oh, sure. I guess whatever. We just don't understand. Like, it's pathetic. They are pathetic people. 
and they wonder where their son goes out at night to. And they, they're basically, their son is a complete hooligan. Yeah. They kind of know he is, but they don't do anything they about They don't want to confront they're him. They're scared. They're scared of him. Right. And he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And then when they leave, and then he walks around the house, and guess who's in the house, but his pretty much his parole officer. Yes. Who is- Mr. Deltoid. Who is <laughs> terrifying and- just a really scary character yep. would scare anyone. But I'm the to, only one who can save you from yourself. But yep. Alex looks Weird. at him like he's a fucking joke. He's a joke. And he is. Yep. But it's really oh, – the, the the there was a lot of overacting in this. Oh, yes. yes. In a and big stylized hammy strain. In way. a really – and I was like, if there, is a, if there is a reason to have overacting, this mm-hmm. is it. Like yep. it is – it totally works yep. here. It yeah. totally works. There, there are very few films that go this far and balance it so well. <sighs> it's really astonishing. Everybody is at everyone's at at uh, an eleven the entire time. Yeah, and even that like the parents. And just there. the way the lines are delivered, and it's like it's like community theater. Yeah, yeah. But you know they delivered a line. And then the next line comes. Yeah, exactly. It gets loaded into their brain, and then they say that one. Yeah, yeah. And the and and like it, the, it has a lot of the same flavor to me as the uh, stuff on the moon in uh, two thousand one, like when yeah. when uh, Haywood Floyd's delivering the speech, and it's sort of like, "Hey, how you doing, Doctor? It's good to see you." Strange things afoot on the moon, eh? <laughs> or whatever yeah. it is, and you're just like, "What the fuck is happening?" Well, what was okay. I'll tell you where it's different from 2002. One does deliver lines like that, mm-hmm. but they're very subdued characters. Oh yeah, these are unemotional big, big cartoon ca- characters. These are these are unemo- everyone in this is highly emotional. Yes, right. right. Uh, you know, either highly fearful, highly angry, yeah. highly happy, highly disgusted. Everyone is very very strong character. And not to mention Alex and his gang speak a sort of strange language they do speak a strange language they're using different words and right. so you say he calls his head his gulliver and like right. you know uh you know girlfriends are uh i forgot what the word is but it's a mix of like russian and cockney rhyming slang and right all yeah. this kind of stuff and so like the first time you see the movie like you're like it's, you have to pick it up from context what they mean right uh it's a incidentally it's about a hundred times harder to read the book the book is great Right, uh, but you really have to focus to figure out what the fuck they're yeah. saying. Yeah, um, but uh, Kubrick does a good job of sort of bringing that flavor into the movie, and it fits right in with the uh, the overbearing strangeness of all the performances across the board. Yeah, like it's all it's completely surreal, and his home life is like he is obviously like he he treats he seems to treat his parents very nicely. Like yes. he's just like you know like hello mom it's good to see you kind of stuff right. and they're like how are you doing son no oh, it's good to see you but he's like that with everyone, with everyone including the people he beats up yes and so the the <laughs> implication is that the parents are dreadfully afraid yeah they're but, afraid and yeah. he has a lock on his door yeah exactly and, yeah. and, and like a spin lock a spin lock like a safe lock <laughs> a safe lock yeah. yeah and uh and and they don't want to confront him on any of this stuff um but mr deltoid comes to confront him right and says i know you've been up to something there's been there's been some nastiness you know there's a so-and-so got beat up and right. there's other terrible thing happened out in the woods but there's yeah. your friend well actually no, no specifically no he says your friends <clears throat> of the other gang right. said it was you right. but there's no evidence right. so we know you've been doing other stuff and yeah. that same night other shit happened so <clears throat> and yeah. this is the first of um multiple characters who all 
are exactly in the same position uh, of power uh, over Alex, uh, where Alex is essentially promising, you're, uh, don't worry, everything you're saying is as, is, is as clear as an unmoneyed river, or whatever right. he says. I think he says that a few times to a he couple of people. says it twice. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and it's where like, they relate uh, this character, who is a truant officer and representing the school, to his future warden right. <laughs> in prison yeah. and uh and then later on to uh, the uh uh the british government right. official and uh, he thinks of them all in exactly the same yep. light they're all are, jokes they're all jokes Did, they're all ineffectual do you think, jokes when i was watching this again i was i'm wondering if he was making this as an anti what is labor party or wherever he was was it a political or a societal issue I think it's societal, but it's like the, the the aspect that they're trying to get at is because to me it's like uh, it it makes fun of both um, uh, both sides of the government. Like it makes fun of both the right and the left pretty heavily. Like the right yeah. and, and their idea of like uh, sort of merciless uh, imprisoning and treating you cruelly that does not correct him, and the left being super overprotective and everything's going to be fine. We just have to, we just have to uh, alter your behavior. Yeah. We just have no, because you're really a good person on the inside and it's all going to be great. Also does not work. Right. Like the, like Alex is, Alex remains Alex. Yeah. No matter what the fuck is happening. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like well, everyone, everyone thinks that they can well, beat get, it out we'll of get, him or we'll, whatever else. We'll get to that point. But, yeah, but right. so, so basically what happens then he has an altercation with his gang. Right. His gang, he, he sleeps in, goes to the record store, does a few things on right. his own. But he's the leader of the gang. Right. But then his gang shows up and is like, where have you been? And right. then they're basically saying, maybe we should, you shouldn't meet a leader if you're not. The tension that was begun over someone at the bar, one at the bar singing uh, some Beethoven. Oh, right. And he, like, when, when one of his... Uh, Droogies heckles, like, uh, heckles, heckles her. her like he fucking lays the stick down on it's that like, dude no right yeah. let like, her sing let her sing right like, that's beautiful like, yeah. don't be a fucking idiot and uh, and from that point on like, there's growing dissent dissent and uh, it comes to a head right after and, the major and so they said well what are we going to do tonight and it was well there's a house that's there's only one person staying there and there's lots of gold so they want to rob the house right So I, I, I kind of saw it because they were heckling Beethoven, mm -hmm. and he was defending Beethoven. Mm -hmm. At the end, you saw those characters, what they became. Yeah. That it was an anti-bureaucratic, like, oh, absolutely. like fucking bureaucrats. Like it, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, that is certainly there. I think it's, an, like, it's, well, I guess we'll get to this part. But yeah, I, I think that that is also true. Yes, yes. Very, very much true. Absolutely. Yeah. So they go, they, they say they're going to go to this house. There's this woman in this house with a shitload of cats mm -hmm. doing some kind of yoga. It's like very awkward looking yoga. Yeah. Like that makes you feel weird. Makes you feel weird. Yeah. Like it's an older lady and she's in an ill spandex. spandex suit and she's doing yoga. Yoga that that looks like sexual positions that are made to make the audience feel weird. Uncomfortable. Yeah. And her uh, entire house is paintings of vaginas and sculptures of penises. Right. Her entire house. And like loaded with cats. Just loaded, packed with cats. Packed with cats. Yeah. And so she... Uh, he decides to uh, try to do the same trick of opening, the, you know, get him to convince to open the door. Mm -hmm. At which point she goes, "No, you know, I don't open the door to strangers, but go to the pub." And he goes, and and then finally he's like, "Okay, I'll go to the pub." 
At which point he says, okay, I'm going to climb in through the window. So you got to get me through the window. And then she goes, you know, this doesn't feel right. She calls the cops and says, you remember that story that happened last night with a couple yeah. and their recount of what the guys said when they did it? I just this heard sounds some, familiar. This sounds familiar. And the cop says, we'll be there. It's like, well, if you think you need to, you know, it's very English politeness. I suppose if you think if you I suppose if you think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. It so might be rapist have a I'm, one, not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. So anyway, he shows up in her in, in her house, sneaks in. He's she, the only one that gets in. He's the only one that gets in. He's going to open the front door to his friends. Right. But he sees her and he decides he's going to beat her up mm-hmm. with a uh, sculpture of a giant penis. A giant rocking penis sculpture. Yeah. And so like you just tip it once and then it goes rocks back and forth awkwardly. Constantly. Constantly. Uh, and then he beats her to death with the um, – With a penis. With a penis. At which point uh, he – Well, decide- not deliberately. He doesn't mean to – I don't think he no. intends to kill her. He doesn't intend to kill her. Yeah. He wants to beat her up with it. Yeah. But and then she later ends up dying. She later ends up dying. But so then he goes to the front door to uh, uh, let his friends in, mm-hmm. at which point his friends who are now like pissed off at him right. because they feel like he's trying to control them, right. uh, smack him in the head with a jug of milk mm-hmm. uh, where he then is unconscious on the floor you hear the cops coming and all his friends laugh and run away. Right. So now he is injured on the ground, right. basically gets caught by the cops, take him to interrogation. By the way, you murdered someone. Like, I didn't mean to murder anybody. Uh, yeah. Yes, he did. She yes, died. Yes, he did. She died. Then he goes to jail. Beautiful shot of jail. That's a famous uh, jail, by the way, that they shot. Oh, that big white yeah, shot. Yeah, Pentagon. That's crazy. Yeah, that's strange. Really amazing. Yeah. Uh, they don't make jails like that anymore. I know. No. They're romanticizing old jails. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> he's there. And he's going to, he's going in for a good long time. He's going in for 14, 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems not that long considering he murdered someone. Yeah. Yeah. United and States. someone the night before. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, so he goes through the whole process of being in jail, mm-hmm. uh, which is jail. Mm-hmm. It's awful. It's terrible. Awful. Jail. Right. Uh, and he decides he's going to find a way to get out early. Right. And what he does is to pretend to be really good mm-hmm. and befriends the uh, uh, the chaplain. The priest. The yeah. priest. Right. And pretends he's like really into the Bible. Right. Really into it. And he loves the Bible because of all the violence. The, the incredibly violent parts in it. Right. And we see uh, snap cuts to uh, – To him beating Jesus. Yeah, whipping Jesus with, as a Roman. As a Roman. <laughs> yeah, like this is like, this is his fantasy. Right, right. And like there's a lot of the, – like all these little cuts. I think this is another really interesting thing is like all these cuts are two kinds – like you know, later on you'll see like cuts to Dracula – and all sorts of other things these sort of fantasizes being. And they're all very movie-ish, like Christ movies right, and right. Dracula and Westerns and like shit like this. Like they're specifically movie-oriented cuts, right. which I really appreciate. And I think that fits into lo- what the later I story think of the he, film is. I have to check, but I used to work in an office when I first moved here with a guy. And I, he did all his uh, Kubrick's trailers and he cut all his inner films for it. And I think he actually did it. Pablo Ferro. Oh, yeah. He right. did um, – all his movie titles, but I this think- This is a title house, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so he did that sequence. That's great. Oh, that's awesome. I think, I th- I'll have to look it up, but I'm almost positive because he started cutting for him in 70 or 69, right. 70, and he did the titles for all his movies since uh, uh, The Bomb, 
Uh-huh. I I love the the opening uh, the opening of this movie. I particularly I just want before I forget, I want to call it at is like it just opens on a giant red screen yeah. and holds for a while with yep. wow, and I'm just like it's such a like it's such a fuck you from the very first frame. Right, it's like you can't make it more like. Uh, pushing the audience, you know, as hard as it can. For what the is the what is the meaning of the title? Oh, um, well, I have a theory. What, what's your theory on the, uh, the Clockwork Orange? Oh, I was about to say something else related to the last scene. Um, We're talking about the title. Yeah, I was going to point something out about what we were talking about earlier, but I completely forgot, and it's fine. I we'll come back around. I we'll come back around. Brain like a. Something, something. Um, brain like an I don't. At one point, I could have answered that in my life. I remember because I remember I've seen this. Um, I think I think this is my fifth time. Right. Yeah. But the best time I saw it was Arancia Mechanica. When I saw cool. it when I lived in Italy as an art student, it was very zesty. Yeah, it was like awesome, that. like a cool theater in Florence. Oh, it's awesome. We all went and just you know. Just, just, uh, yeah. Just and drank beers in the theater and watched it. Oh, I didn't see my kind of go. The Italian audience it was great. I love. I've I've only been to one theater in uh, Europe, but I loved it. It was the it's a, a, the Phoenix Theater in uh, um, in Dingle in Ireland. Wow. And, uh, it was very tiny and it had ashtrays on the backs of all the seats. I was in a theater like that in Gla- uh, in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, it's great. And uh, I saw uh, uh, Rocking Good Time, Lulu. Um, oh, oh, wild, oh, wild heart. heart. Wild at heart. Yeah, that's, it was the August of 90. I was traveling about that right after I was took that photo with that guy I sent you. I went up there by myself yeah, and yeah, I went yeah. to the festival. Mm-hmm. And you can just drink and smoke in the theater and watch movies. Oh, my God, what a joy. I saw I saw Man Bites Dog in a oh, dingy theater in the Latin Quarter in Paris. <laughs> that's the best way to <laughs> that's see it. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's perfect. In, well, yeah. That's perfect. I, I think men, but like you're seeing the most French indie film in the it's, most French place. Technically, it's Belge. It is. It is a Bel- It's a Bel- It's a Belgian film, right? Uh, but like that is the most. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and like, black and white. Black and white. You know, yeah, it's just ultra like, violence. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like that is that defined. Might that. as well have seen you know Breathless. Or yeah, exactly. Like and, and that would have been too far. Yeah, like that that would have been corny. Yeah, if you had that done was that. like okay, that's cliche. <laughs> that's cliche. But this was just this is good just enough. right yeah. right below the surface. Yeah. Also um, extremely violent. Yes. That's uh, true. Um, but yes. So does it deal with the drugs they're taking? Uh, this is my this is my feeling uh, is that uh, there is uh, like the use. What is the usefulness of an orange? Well, like it's food. It, it's food. You eat it and it tastes great. Right. Um, what's the usefulness of a clockwork orange? Zero. Nothing. Like you. Like you can't treat a person like so. A that's Dadaist. It's no. It just can't, you can't treat a person like a mechanism. Like they're not going to react like that. Like this is a human being. Like you can't treat. That's Alex. A great. That's a good yeah, one. Like I mean, like Alex is Alex is not uh, a machine that you can program and then have operate that you want the way you want him to operate uh, from whatever direction you happen to you know, politically be coming from. Like he is a human person and he is going to be that. Right. And uh, and so like the a Clockwork Orange is like you know it just shows the fucking foolishness of the way that everyone is trying to approach the problem of Alex. Right. I think that I I have no backing for that. I just I'm I'm just no that that's that's good. That I think that covers that has a lot of meaning to it. And I, I, I because there is a little bit of it's hard to find a villain because they're all bad. Yeah, and they're all making the same. Not mistake. hard to find a villain, but they're all like 
bureaucrats yeah. and everyone. Everyone is making the same mistake in this movie. So everyone surrounding Alex is making the same mistake. It's like they believe there is a way to control Alex, you know, and the only one who can control Alex is Alex. That's the answer. Like, like Alex is himself. And like one thing that is missing. Uh, just, just Well, everybody was not themselves. That's, I think, the point maybe is that the mother is not really herself because she's got blue hair. Right. The interior is like a disco interior, but I can understand when yeah, they live in the row houses like that right. in these tenement buildings. You're trying to dress it up. Dress it up. It's but what, what kind of hits home for me is there's a fluidity to everybody, including the, you know, the politicians were just do this and, mm-hmm. and everyone's coming, covering their ass, but possibly maybe he is the truest person out of all of them. Like mm-hmm. you're saying he's being himself. Right. And when they first show the old man, the writer, he's with his beautiful wife. Right. And then when he comes back, he's with his boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm, well. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that part. But to, but, to, to okay, connect so to, to where we're at in the, so Anthony, where we're at in the jail. Anthony Burgess writes the introduction entitled A Clockwork Orange Resucked. The title <laughs> refers to a person who has the appearance of, uh, of an organiz- organism lovely with color and juice, but in fact, is in fact only a clockwork toy to be wound by God or the devil. Oh, there you go. Okay, so wow. it's a pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, damn close. I, mean, I, was, I, was in, I was in the ballpark. You were in the ballpark. I feel good about yeah. that. Yeah. That's all right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, uh, okay, so but, uh, I just wanted to connect it to where we're at, which is in the prison. Yes. Uh, the, in the prison, he meets the priest, just like you said. Yes. And what Alec, uh, what, uh, Al, I just called you Alex the Large. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <sighs> what Eric is <laughs> just saying is uh, it, uh, that shows where my mind's at. Um, but the, uh, what Eric is saying is uh, 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 that there is a free will element, essentially, about, about Alex DeLarge. Mm-hmm. And uh, the turning point for Alex, to me, uh, he doesn't realize it, but he's given the meaning of the movie by the priest. Because the priest is the one who says, you know, because the priest is against the Ludovico treatment when this comes up. Yes. So, yeah, we should talk about what that is, but. Yeah, okay. So the Ludovico treatment becomes so, so a possibility. He, basically, he finds out that there's a possible way that he can have a quote-unquote treatment, which would get him out of jail and walking the streets in two weeks. Yep. And they say, it's a treatment. It's like, great. I'm going to see if I can get that treatment so I can get the fuck out of jail, yeah. right? Right. And so he's, he's doing a super good job of being the like the, the, the noble, nice, obedient – right prisoner so that he is putting on the stick so he can get out so he can get out and he says i heard about this treatment called the ludovico treatment or whatever and the priest says i don't how do you know about that how do you know about that it's like it's like you don't know that's not a good idea and the priest says he goes i don't like i don't he basically says i don't know if i like this because it seems to remove your ability to choose to be good right right and if a man cannot choose then he ceases to be a man. Yep. Like, right. And uh, and I think that that is pretty much the core statement of the movie. Right. It's like, like you need to, in order to be a good person, yep. you need to choose to be a good person. That comes from you. Right. Right. And everyone else trying to 
fake you to be like put you in a position to force you to act in ways that like they, the end of the movie where he's like just do this and the photographers come in yeah exactly. and he's going crazy because he's being manipulated for yeah, politics like all this stuff like i mean the right. so it's like i said it's like the, the left wants to sort of like uh like uh coddle him to death and the right wants to beat him to death this, right. and both sides are like like alex is the one alex is the person in the middle of this machine he's being manipulated i right. have something to point out and it's an add moment hit it and chris <laughs> he's just it is there was this moment where i looked at this i said i wonder if that's where they got the idea where they were panning around the apartment and you see all the christ doing a dance oh yeah wasn't that oh, life of brian yeah it's oh, definitely yeah. life of brian i'm sure that because life the way but i'm yes. saying that was before the life of brian yeah, that's where they got and it. so they that's took it i was like guy. because they dance the music turned a little bit more floral and then yeah, it turns into a can-can yeah it turns yeah. into a can-can and actually to, just uh before i forget it like there's a couple of great i love wendy carlos music and wendy carlos did the music to this she did the music to the shining she did the music to tron all really weird music like deeply yeah. weird music but my two favorite cues in this are the can-can with the christs yeah uh and also the score to the to the movie that he's forced to watch during the Lady Vico treatment, yes. which is like her version of a shitty Hollywood score, and yeah. it's funny as hell. Yeah, like, yeah I, I didn't really notice that until this last time. Yeah, it's very, very funny. But so yes, he opts for the Ludovico treatment. He is uh, well, he's chosen by the um, the whatever the it's a minister of interior. Minister of the interior. So basically, he, he manipulates the system, and the minister of interior says something very important about mm-hmm. like you'll be perfect for this, and he's like the jails are you know overcrowded. Mm-hmm. You got four of them to a cell. We got to get these people out of the jails, and the only way to not, you know, keep them in jails is to speed up the process <laughs> right. of getting them treatment, right. so they can operate in society like normal human beings. <laughs> it's a, which as, is just sort of fucking awesome. He doesn't think of it in terms of like maybe we should rethink how jails work. Right. He's like, we just got to find a way to get the the fuck out of this place, right? <laughs> like, and it's clear. So it's what's interesting is that it's like. Okay. Right. So you're you're basically like trying to cure them of their impulsive impulsive violence, mm-hmm. right? Right. So he shows up at this incredible hospital that's very brutalist, but has a little bit of a like a, a Louis Kahn feel to it mm-hmm. wow. in terms of the architecture, right? He uh, does, right? Yeah. You know, my grandfather worked with him with Louis. Yeah. From Philadelphia because he had a uh, he was an engineer he had a construction company yeah Louis yeah. Kahn yeah he did um, the Olivetti factory with him oh really and a couple other places yeah yeah I, well, really, I, I love him in, uh, Godfather when he gets shot at the toll booth that's like my favorite scene Louis. <laughs> different <Sorry>. yeah <laughs> different Kahn it's Jimmy Kahn <laughs> oh Jimmy Kahn Louis Kahn is are, in my mind is probably the greatest American architect yeah wow. that's a pretty strong statement yes yeah beautiful I, stuff. I I way I Frank Lloyd Wright is eh he's okay. I'm I'm gonna look him up. I like how, Frank. How do you spell how do you spell Khan? K A H N. K A H N. Oh like Wrath of, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Louis. Did he not die in the back of a cab? No, he died in a toilet on Penn Station. That's right. In, in, and no one discovered his body. Yeah. He had a heart attack while taking a crap at Penn Station. That happens. Well if you're gonna do it, Penn Station's the one to do it at. Oh shit, this dude's great. Yeah. Yeah, this guy's great. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the, the Salkins, 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 Salkins over down San Diego, uh, 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 La Jolla, La Jolla, yeah. Oh my God, 
I went there like six years ago with my daughter. I took her there. I don't know if I told you this, but I was I was uh, we're taking a we're taking an ADD moment here. Here it is. Let's go. Uh, went to uh, an architecture friend of mine when we just moved to LA. He was uh, uh, in San Diego, and he I went to go visit him. I went to architecture school with him, and it was like let's go, you know, check things out. It's like oh maybe we can go see the Salk Institute. So we showed up where the Salk Institute is. Mm-hmm which is an incredible piece of architecture, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to get in. I was like, I can only see the outside of it, right? So I show up at the bottom part of the sulk. Those of you who know the sulk is basically this long series of two buildings with a incredible like center courtyard in the middle that looks over the cliffs of La Jolla. Oh, that's amazing. And there's a, a long river, small knit river, probably about six inches wide that goes down the middle. It's incredible. So I'm trying to look at this very iconic view, but from reverse, like mm-hmm. basically looking up from behind the cliff kind of thing. And I'm jumping up and down to try to look over the, the edge. <laughs> right, right, right. And my friend and I are trying to check it out. And then this person comes up and she goes, are you architects? <laughs> and we're like, I'm just wondering. Yeah. It's just, I says, yeah, it's just, would you like to have a tour? I'm about to give a tour. And so she like lets us in and we had an entire tour of the Salk Institute. That's awesome. Oh, that's incredible. So incredible. Wow. Was, yeah, it's an amazing building. Anyway, and he did also the, uh, what's the, 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 is it the Kimball Museum in, in, in Fort Worth? Fort Worth, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Like he's, honestly speaking, I think he's one of, the, he is the greatest American architect. Uh, uh, Louis uh, Sullivan. Did you like Louis I Sullivan? I love Louis Sullivan as well. Different era, yeah. but like I think Khan was more important and underrated. A lot, a lot of people don't know who he is. I've uh, heard the name. I've never like put the name to architecture. I've seen the architecture before and right. I knew the name separately. Anyway, so the, the it was brutalist. I was like, the architecture in this movie is incredible. Right. I mean, really like I had a – architecture hard on the whole time I'm watching that this. That wide which was shot where it's like that, it's almost like the Salk Institute center courtyard area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you had all the buildings in blue behind it. I know. Right. That right. was cool. Such, such great stuff. Uh, anyway, so I'm walking, uh, you know, so anyway, so he's- Blade he's, Runner before Blade Runner. Oh, you know, yeah. it's an interesting crossover is the- uh, is You're that right. I read, I read an article online uh, about the uh, forthcoming uh, Dune movie by Denis Villeneuve. <gasps> and uh, apparently there, that sounds better. Um, the um, And apparently uh, the design style that he is referencing the most mm-hmm. is brutalism. So right. uh, it would yeah. be very interesting to see the, what this movie the looks like. The best example of brutalism is probably, what's the name of that? I don't know, name like on um uh, Gattaca. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Gattaca. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't grow up in Boston, but I grew up in the Boston area. And the uh, uh, Boston government uh, building is yeah. uh, one of the classic bits of – Well, you want to see brutalism, just walk around Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it. Just grows out of the earth like that. Yeah. There it is. Some of it is really cool. Some of it is like bleak. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a rotting box of concrete. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah. intense. But some of it is really kind of this interesting brutalist. Yeah. You know, Soviet Union had a lot of brutalism. They were into that. Yeah. They were definitely into it. They put the brutal in brutalism. The, 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 yeah. Anyway, so they get into the hospital, at which point he's being accompanied. Oh, this scene was so good. I'm just like, and I, like I said, I've You're only, savoring. I saw this movie just a few hours ago. Yeah. yeah. I can see the glow in your face. And I was like, just, it was such a Stanley Kubrick minutia detail. Uh-huh. Of him signing him over. Oh, and it's so signing good. the paper. So good. so good. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was just like so he shows up, just to give you a look at it, he shows up, uh the 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 warden who hates his guts. Yeah. 
right? Shut Shows, up, Billy Holy Slime. Right. <laughs> and who has that stupid ass mustache that just makes him look like such a cliche tool. <laughs> so he shows up, you know, to, to the to the uh, to the hospital where they're going to treat him, and he's like, "Reporting, blah, blah, blah. who's heading over?" It's like, "Oh, I'm the doctor over here," and he's like, "Might as well be Perry, Ma- uh, 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 what's his name? Not Perry Mason, uh, uh, George Mason." Yeah, right, right, right. right. And he's like, "Oh, yes, of course." You know, it's like, "Okay, so you just need to uh, sign this document here." Yep, yep, and sign that, and uh, here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, here, just one more right here. Okay. And then th- th- it's all the, the paper with with the you know with the with the with the carbon uh, with the, with the carbon copy stuff on it, right? right, right, right. Like ripping off the thing. But and that's like Brazil. Res- yeah, res- all the little of, tiny the little folds, re- little yeah. folds receipt. Okay, it's like that. Okay, this yeah, copy. Brazil copies was yours. like yeah, that. Exactly. Okay. I remember and that. It, Absolutely. And it goes on for a, a little bit. Not not quite. Too long, but just like but it's enough that you notice how ridiculous it is and how funny it is. Yeah, it's great. And they're like, okay, because right. it's sort of a it's a whole, yeah, it's a reverse of when he goes into prison and they're checking in all of the items, right? And like he has they to get like stripped down, yelled at, right? Yeah, and he's being absolutely screamed at. <laughs> it's like it's the same scene, but where one he's being screamed at and the other he's being talked to very quietly and nicely, right? And it's the same fucking thing. I mean, right. It's still a bureaucratic waste of time, <laughs> no matter you're doing it from this side or from the like from the yelly side or the nice side. It's right. the same fucking. Waste you're just of getting time. signed in, yes. and then the other one you're getting exactly. cavities checked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this is like like this is the this is the movie in a nutshell. So to, to, to say what Eric is saying is like the is like the movie is uh, it's like all this like absolutely foolish bureaucracy, uh, and one of them is the angry right wing screamy bureaucracy right. uh, where you get you know where you get violated while you're like while you're getting checked in and the other one is the incredibly lengthy delicate annoyingly cheerful bureaucracy and it's still a waste of time still a waste of time <laughs> it's just yeah. hysterical yep you know like and I'm, i love that and i think that there's some of uh, kubrick's uh, own you know like it's such a pain in the ass to make a movie uh, attitude and it's just like you have to fucking go through all this nonsense with the studios and everything like this and having to dot the i's and slash the t's and all yeah. that like and you can tell that he's like every every no we should have him sign one more thing just one more thing <laughs> yep. it's it's hysterical it's it makes me laugh every single time he did hate the studio system didn't he? oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. He, well, he hated it and loved it he couldn't escape it you know yeah. that's how he could get his movies made yeah. but like he had like every every single time they're like no 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 he did it and then everyone all the critics hated it and then years later like it's genius he's like yeah i know <laughs> I read an in- interesting article today about uh, Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. because it's been in the news that basically all the Studio Ghibli films are going to be available on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. Which is a big deal because he's so protective of the films, right? Yeah, this seemed like a big fuck you to Disney. That's what I thought that was. N- well, because they, so they, they fucked him over on Spirited Away, like hardcore. So, so I how did they fuck him? Over? I don't think it was. They a- bought it and then. Gave it the smallest release possible against their major animated Disney release. So I don't know if it was because the article seems to say what was very interesting about it is mm-hmm. like he's very protective about it. Apparently, he gave something to Weinstein, like something oh, happened sure, with Weinstein, right. and then Miyazaki sent him a samurai sword as a gift, <laughs> and it said, "No cuts, no cuts, <laughs> don't hit, cut the movie." Like whatever. Right. Anyway, so Miyazaki. Is like, according to the person they interviewed, who's like friends of Miyazaki, whatever, going is like, 
they offered him basically so much money. Right. And the he seems to think that it was good because Netflix is making movies that otherwise wouldn't be in theaters. No, it's true. And it's true. and then basically he also says it's good because way more people will be exposed to Miyazaki than they ever had the opportunity to oh, have yeah, in the past. Doubt. Without doubt. So, but they were like, well, what is Miyazaki thing? Is like, he doesn't even really know what Netflix is. Uh, it's interesting. Sure. He's, he doesn't yeah. have a laptop. He's got his own world. He doesn't yeah. have a laptop. Right. He's very analog, right? He yeah. does, he, he, he's screamed against the people that use phones and tablets. Yeah. Like he hates that. Well, like, there's a, there's a, there's an incredible clip of him, um, uh, looking at the work of these young artists, uh, who are just like, who came to him with this design of this, uh, this weird monster thing it looks like people like a ball of people glued together, tearing itself right. apart or whatever it is. And, uh, and he just looks at it and he just goes, I think this is terrible that you've done this. Like this is, why would you ever want to show such pain? <laughs> you can see the end of these animators are like devastated. Right. But this is that like, he's just like, no, this well, is he, like, he actually is. This isn't a novelty act. He is anti, you know? uh, he is anti anime. Yeah. And anti otaku because he feels like it's, it's Violence. done by people who have never actually experienced real life. Absolutely. And, and his movies like his movies are, are like experiencing real life. Right. You know, but anyway, he also said like, so then why did he, do the Netflix deal. He goes, because they gave him enough money that he could make his next film yeah, and not, makes wor sense. not worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it would be it would be unusual. For my interpretation, my incorrect interpretation, it would be very out of character for Miyazaki to think vengefully the way that I just did where he's right. like, fuck Disney. Because, you know. He doesn't give a he shit. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't, he's, he's a, he is as pure an artist as it gets. Yes. And he's going to, you know, take the money, make the movie. That's what you do. Right. You know, I'm gonna, I have another work of art to make before I go. Right. You know, yeah, he is, uh, he's just, I'm very happy that they're going to be, uh, on Netflix, I love the idea of it being widely available. I love great art being widely available. Right. Yeah, that's very, very strong. So I forgot how we got on the Miyazaki tangent, but, Back to the hospital. Yes. He shows up at a hospital, suddenly goes from the poor treatment he gets in the jail, mm -hmm. which is actually not that bad. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's I've shitty. seen it's way jail. worse. <laughs> you know, it's jail. It's, like, yeah. it, in the book, it's much, much nastier. Right. It's much crueler. But, uh, in the, but then, then suddenly he's in like a very nice hospital bed, mm -hmm. being served some delicious food. Great food. Very nice nurses Being and doctors. nurses and doctors coming to him. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, are you ready for your treatment? Yeah. Yes. It's like, we have to give you a shot before you start your treatment. Right. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is like, you're going to be watching some films. Yep. Just like going to the pictures. Like going to the pictures. Yeah. Or a vidi. They call it a vidi. Yeah. Vidi. vidi uh, Which yeah, they yeah, use. I've, I've, heard, I've heard the term vidi. Because they use the term vidi not just for movies. They use it for just looking at things. Oh, it's, you, know, it, they, you vidi a cine. So Cine is the movies. And so Vidi, Vidi is to look at something. Vidi is to look at things, yeah. yeah. yeah so Vidi that, maybe me droogs, that kind right. of stuff. Right. So he goes to uh, – they basically tell him you're going to watch some movies. But famous, you guys all have seen pictures of this. They don't just make him look at movies. They put him in a straight jacket. Tie him to the chair. Tie him to the chair, put his head in a vice, put a bunch of electrodes on his head. And then uh, use an apparatus to make sure his eyes don't blink, so he can't close his. He can eye. only look at the screen. He can only look. I've at had the screen. that on my. I've had that contraption on me. Okay, that's, that's nice. Oh yeah, to have your uh, cataract surgery. Yeah, they they 
pry it open. So you are you are basically locked. Your head can't move. Yeah, right. Literally, yep. your body, your head, and then. It's like almost like a um, thing they use to spread the heart open, you yeah. know, this cage. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a spreader and it just – Yeah, it looks like a reverse um, – what do you call those plants? Venus flytrap. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. that brass like that, but it, right. it was like aluminum or something. But the right. point is it, it, it definitely holds it open. Yeah, you can't you, blink. You can't, I'm, and if someone's going to come in my I watched it and I'm like, I'm glad oh, I can't that can't again. Move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, there it is. And then they have a guy that's slowly giving him eye drops to make sure you his eyes do, are yeah. moist. Right. Because he's not a gecko and he can't lick his own eyeballs. But the so. uh, the injections that he got beforehand are designed to make him get incredibly sick. Nauseous. Yeah. Like so nauseous. So it's basically a conditioning system. Mm-hmm. They make him look at very uh, movies that involve huge acts of violence. Rape and murder. Rape and murder. Pretty much what he's been doing. Like with people dressed like he was dressed. Right. And then he gets nauseous. Mm-hmm. The idea is pretty simple. You condition him when you see something like that, or you uh, feel that motion. Instead of, you know, feeling good, you get punished and feel nauseous and sick. Right. And he goes, "Oh, I feel sick." Et cetera. I was like, "That's because it's working." Yep. And they're like, "Oh, oh, oh." And then finally, he goes, "That's like," and then goes back to the hospital. Is like, "You're doing great." You know. Keep Just on doing it. And keep, keep on, on doing it, it and right. you'll be doing good. But then he notices something. So then he's watching something with Hitler or whatever, yeah. and then they're playing a concentration camp. Uh, and they're playing uh, Beethoven. And this is this unacceptable to really <laughs> pisses him off. It's like, but I hold Beethoven so dearly. This You're is the re- most beautiful thing in the world. This is You can't do this to me. Yep. It's like, sorry. Yep. It's just going to have to be a casualty of the situation. Yep. And I love how they refer one of my favorite lines is when he's like, no, no. And he's screaming his lungs out. Right. And uh, you just can't do that to Ludwig van. And then she goes, do you mean the background music? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's, how they, that's what they think about art in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was something like, a doctor said that the fact that they missed the fact that he likes music and is cultured, mm-hmm, right. that they miss it. Yep. And they missed that in the study. So doesn't he say something like, it's a, it's a mute point now or is it a null study because – the fact that he knows what the music is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, meaning I, I, that's why it explains why they went into the the guy went into the room and he mm-hmm. was surprised to see a bust of Beethoven and a picture. Right, but right. he didn't connect it to him. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't think he knew it was his room. That's right. right. But when they're there, they're like, oh, he's cultured. Fuck. So there goes our t- there goes our <laughs> test. Damn it. Damn That's what – there was – they cut – Do you think they felt that? I don't think they knew No, that. they cut to a doctor mm-hmm. who said he knows what the music is. And then he – I didn't – I didn't And I didn't it's a close-up of a woman and a man and the projector's behind him. He's like, oh. It nullifies basically right. Right. certain things but just do it anyway. You just keep on going. Yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, that. if you go that. and it's literally before – right after he starts screaming – that you can't put this in. You can't put, you this put the in. music in. in the right. And then they were like, how does he know right. Beethoven right. was the reaction? Oh, mm. interesting. So that's why I connected because he went into the room earlier and noticed Beethoven. Yeah, it's, I read what they were saying. It's like, I don't think they know who Beethoven is. Like, I think there's like some fucking. I agree. I, I, I sort of saw it that way. Again, I only saw it once. So right. I'm still reacting to, to the yeah. whole scene. Sure, which was absolutely. I'll go back. Terrifying I have my laptop here. Hilarious right. So we'll time. check that I'm just going to open the door because it's a little stuffy in here. I'm, yeah, we all have. Um, Coronavirus. Anyway, I told my friend back in New York, like he should get a because he lives outside the city, like Wuhan University Tiger oh sweatshirt. Yeah, you're gonna see it on the train every <laughs> Go time. Go Wuhan, you! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> From in the subway, would be so like, bad. God damn it! 
Hey, is it the same guy who had the uh, uh, Hitler tour of Europe? No, God, shit? that's James. I lived with him in Italy <laughs> 30, 40 years ago. Play dates on the back. Yeah, that's great. That was, that <laughs> was definitely. That's what we that call tasteless. That's yes, what we sell, it was. But we love Tasteless here at Martini Final Giants. Show canceled. Yeah, bunker, show canceled. The yeah. Bunker, the Berlin. Bunker, Berlin. Show, <laughs> show canceled. canceled. Oh, God. And that's still pretty funny, i got to tell you. It is dark and funny, but it actually <laughs> works when you do Poland, yeah. 1938. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. It's like, does the whole thing. Like, I, I, when Eddie, Eddie Izzard said, uh, and then he died, uh, he killed himself in a bunker on fire. And that's funny. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, that sums up my, my feelings on Hitler. Yeah. Fuck him. That's that's that. That's the Martini Giant, giant stance on Hitler. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Just to be clear. That's a general stance that I'm, most people should have. I'm happy have. that we have really raised awareness of how shitty Hitler was. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing our job. We're doing our job. That's yeah. right. He was a, a vile wa- human wa- Wash your hands and hate Hitler. And fucking, yeah. Fuck no Hitler. more fucking Hitler, God. Damn it, that guy was an asshole. Yeah. Murderous, mass murderous asshole. Anyway. I told you I, met, I knew somebody who... Who had met him? Met Genocide. him. Genocide. Met him a lot. It's the only person in my life I've met who had met personally met Hitler. You met, met you know someone who met Hitler? Yeah, she's still alive. Oh man, she's very lucky. Her father, uh, she was at my wedding, but she's a close friend of my mother's from back in the East Coast. Uh-huh. Her father, uh, I won't say her name. Mm-hmm. It's German. Her father in the '30s was the head of uh, CEO, I guess at the. I, they didn't call it CEO then, but it w- whatever is the right. chairman. Chairman of a company. Chairman of AGFA. A-G-F-A. Oh, right. oh yeah. So he's yeah. part of the war machine. Right. So Christmases, she would say, we would go, you know, all the f- high-end families of, of, Just go of industry, right. Christmas parties, and then the kids would be in one room, and he'd come in and give them gifts. Yep. So, and this is for you. And he, she, you know, so she would go at Christmas time. Duh. <laughs> then she f- had to leave because her mother was... Uh, I think her mother's, her mother's mother was Jewish. Oh man! So they, she went to Paris and then to New York mm. with her mother, and never saw her father for like ten years. Oh, that's a very sad story. Very sad but story. That's a weird story. You're yeah. like, holy moly! You, I've never met anybody who's met. I would. Be, well, it, yeah, it's uh, uh, boy, I don't even know what to say that. Yeah, oh, when yeah, you're yeah. six, seven, eight, nine, ten yeah. years old, you go to these functions and right. you're at his house and he gives you a gift. It's like. That's the craziest. <laughs> like later on, that's like when like, Joe Pesci gives a you a second. gift at the bowling alley and during right. the Irishman. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, did he really? I think I'm going to regret this later. No, you remember in the Irishman? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come over here. Come, Come over, over here, here. Darling, yeah. sweetheart. Sweetheart. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't. Like that him. was really a sad moment because she knows, she man. Fr- yeah, she, she's looking at him like that's the devil, and he knows. He's like, you're so lucky. You're so okay. lucky. Just look, don't look at this. Oh my god, it was just like it's so fucking creepy and so. But the joke too was even it's like you know why they made it blue or it's like because you can't God made the sky blue so or, they wouldn't bump their heads it's bump their heads oh my god or something I was to like die what? I was like get her out of there immediately it was really <laughs> it was trying to be really adorable but it was like an awful yeah that's creepy uncle but that was an right interesting there. setup of the characters too because he was basically the guy that ordered. Um, Pacino's hit, which was uh, mm-hmm. Hoffa, right. but the daughter got along with Hoffa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and, the, and Hoffa is the dad, and like she's the dad that he, that she wishes yeah. De Niro was. Man, so and then her is, dad kills her, her true dad. Yep, exactly, exactly. Son that not only that, I really started to hate De Niro as a character in that movie at that 
moment where he's talking about bumping your head because like, he was like you're kowtowing and you're yeah your just dog, step in uh, that you're kissing ass yeah, no he, well he was trying to he was trying to like make excuses for his life right, right. so I think. I mean, the fact is, De Niro was a very, very weak character. He just the, basically the center of the movie is he just did whatever the fuck people told yeah. him, and he never made choices of his own. Couldn't oh, commit to it was anything. Terrible. And there you go. I don't know how we got on an Irishman Vi- via Hitler, that was as we always do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always with the Hitler, the Hitler. And the Irishman. Uh, so yes, we are in jail. We get the Ludovico treatment. Um, <laughs> we get the full Ludovico. We get the full Ludovico. <laughs> and then, and then as as you well pointed out, they're going to showcase to the government mm-hmm. and, on stage and, again. And, and and scientists. That he's been cured. Now, what was funny is that to me, you know what that scene reminded me of? What's that? Uh, young Frankenstein. Oh, it's the same scene. It's yeah, the it's same, same fucking scene. Yeah, putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz. Yeah. 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 So Only that's the thing. Life of Brian, putting on the Ritz, and the, the, the absurdity of the woman is naked, and then yeah. she bows. Right, and right. then she bows to the so, audience. So just, oh a, so just Incredible. a bit. Incredible. So he goes on stage, and they're like, here is my subject. Da da. Yeah. Might as yeah. well have been in a lab coat, right? Yeah, seriously. Uh, give him an extra dollar. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. Basically, the, the routine. By the way, I, I I figured something out, and I could be wrong, but keep going. So uh, you go, and okay. I'll go after okay. you. So so the the guy who gets the treatment is like he has been fully cured, and I will demonstrate that to you now. Okay, how are you going <laughs> to demonstrate this? Like he's a not violent person. Right. So some guy comes out, seems slightly effeminate at mm-hmm. first. And then just starts yelling at him and beating him up. Yeah, beating him rel- just relentlessly re- and yeah. being cruel, which, according to them, the normal character would retaliate right. because he loves violence. Right. But the minute he starts thinking about violence, he gets nauseous. Right. So he, instead of retaliating, he feels sick. Right. And so in order to uh, not feel sick, he re- Pence and does whatever the fuck the guy says, like lick my boots, literally lick his right. shoes, etc. At which point, this basically looks like a stupid improv session on right. the on the thing. And then he's like, "Okay, thank you very much. You're done." And the guy like, "Thank you very much." The guy, the guy who plays the bat, the the, the bully, mm-hmm. leaves the stage like he's a, a, a star, yeah, star, exactly. yeah, right. and and there's a spotlight on him, literally. Yeah. Yep. And the guy gets up. I was like, "How are you doing?" He's like, "I'm okay. I'm fine." He's like, "See, he's great. Yep. He's look. Look at him. He's great. He's doing great." Now let's bring out test up subject number two. At which point they bring out a topless or a naked woman. She's just wearing panties. Yeah, very attractive. Mm-hmm. Slowly approaching him, and then there's this, this camera is like, "Do you want to rape this woman? Right. Like, do you want this to? Is the, yeah. This that's, is it. That's the you the have to jump on, on her and do the old in and out, yeah. as they say. That's what yeah, that's what Alex is thinking, right? And, and he tries to grope her, gets and sick. He, and he it's like me not trying not to touch my face with you know yeah. the coronavirus. Right. He tries, and he gets immediately sick and collapses. Right. So uh, there he is, and so everyone's cla- clapping. Yes, applauding. and then she. Bows. bows to the audience, yeah. bows like three or four times, yeah, right. and then leaves the stage. Right. It's so fucking – It's so dumb and so funny dumb. and bleak and amazing. And, yeah. It's and like, it's not like – It's It's not like – It's totally absurd. But yeah. it's like, what the yeah, fuck? It's so, it's it's, and you're like distru- – It's very disturbing yeah. but also very funny yeah. and absurd. Yeah. And now, Eric, what was your point you were going to make? My point I was going to make is that I think – 
I was trying to pin it, and I just realized it could be correct. I could be wrong. We're going to have to – I'll have a white paper on your desk in the morning, Thank Dan. Uh, I think the guy that portrayed the bully mm -hmm. was the guy uh, years later that was the plastic surgeon in Brazil. No, that might be true. I'd have to look that up. That's interesting. Uh, a little derm, huh? Cut yeah. the derm, huh? Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, rec I definitely – yeah, it might be, that might be the same guy. I think it's the same guy. That's I was like, how do I know this guy? I was like, that's the one. That's We're going to cut the derm, huh? Oh, you look fantastic. He puts the saran wrap oh, around God. her face. Fucking movie boy. Yikes. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Right. That could just be true. We'll have to look that. Complication we don't know, but, uh, to a complication. I forgot. Well, I've recently watched that uh, with my kids, and I forgot how disgusting and hilarious it is when the woman who's had more and more plastic surgery all the way through the movie ends up dead from it. She and died. It, and then she's in the coffin. The coffin gets tipped over, and she is simply Ash. slurry. <laughs> she died, I think, uh, two weeks ago. Oh, no, it's too bad. I'm almost positive I read oh, about job. her past. Great um, job. Woman who played that person in that movie? Two or three weeks ago. I no. saw it. I was like, oh, wait, that's the... But yes, what's I think... What's her line when she's trying to pick up? It's like, it's a little... She's just something... What's her line? Her friend, that, that idiot friend of hers. Oh, God, yeah. God. <sighs> Those, that team is amazing. That is a great comedy. That is my favorite... Uh, no, actually... Holy Grail is my favorite Terry Gilliam movie, but that was primarily directed by Terry Jones. Yes. So I'm going to say my favorite Terry Gilliam movie is Brazil. Yeah. And I have notes on the rest of his movies, but Brazil is nearly perfect. Yes. That's great. We should do that movie. That is a good movie. It is a good movie. It's a very good movie. So we're almost out of Ludovico treatment. So so at this point, they claim that he is cured. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he leaves and he's like, you're a free man. And just boot him out. And he, you know, instead of doing 14 years in jail, he does two. Right. And he's out. Good deal. And he's got his package of all the clothes that he checked out with. And he goes home a little, you know, with unannounced mm -hmm. to his house. And then it turns out they're all reading the papers at his house, his mom and dad. They see that he's been released. He sees he's being released and he shows up and is like, Mom, Dad, I'm back. They're nervous. Why? What the? Who's in my... What's going on in my room? Who is this guy? We rented it out, son. To yeah, to a lodger. Yep. He's been a better son yep. than you. Yep. And then says like, the lodger. Says the lodger. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I've been a better son to them than I treat that's him well, right. and you're, and he's basically bullying him. Yeah, that's right. At which point, guess what happens? He gets nauseous and can't fight back. He can't fight the, the guy. Can't fight the guy, and he he's kicked out of his own he's house. Kicked out of his own house because yeah. well, he's already paid the rent. Yeah, so, so we, we can't, can't really, really just kick him out, you know. You know? Paid. His, his parents continue to be incredibly weak, weak. sad people. <laughs> weak. So he's just out on the street. Right. And then when he's on the street. He's on the street. He He's looking at the river, mm -hmm. clearly feeling thoughts of dread and suicidal. Yeah, he's feeling low. Low. He's not as low as he's going to feel in a minute. But, but some guy comes up low. to him. Asks him for money, mm -hmm. like homeless guy. Mm -hmm. And he recognized this guy from the beginning of the movie. It's the dude he beat up in the beginning, beginning of the, of the film. Movie. And then he gives him the money. And then the guy looks at him and he's like, wait a minute. How do I know you? I've, I've never forget mm -hmm. a face. You're the guy who beat me up. And, and, the, and so he tries to run away. And then he yells to all his homeless friends mm -hmm. that he's the bad guy that beat him up. Go get him. And they all... Like gang up on him, the old guys. Now, what's also interesting, it should be noted on this thing, is like the entire time in a very jovial and f high, uh, you know, 
enthusiastic voice throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He is the narrator. Yes. Of his own Alex story. Alex is the narrator, exactly. So he's a, your, your, your very own narrator. Yes. And it was sad times for your humble narrator. Your humble narrator yeah. to go through blah, 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 blah. Right. So he talks about everything, but he says it in a very chipper voice the, right. as a narrator, even at the lowest things that yeah. are happening to him. Like, like voice. he's watching the movie with you and yeah. saying, yeah, this was a tough time for me. Yep. And so he does that, gets beat up by all these guys. Thankfully, and the cops come. Thankfully, the cops come to break it up. And then he looks up the cop and guess who are the cops? But his old gang. It's his old droogies become cops. Become as cops. As Eric pointed out with his serial number is his prison, <laughs> yeah. is his prison number. And so that is very disturbing. Yep. And they take him. And they take him and they're like, oh, we're going to have yeah, a revenge on Yeah, but they're the ones that him. hated Bo- Beethoven. Yeah. I mean, like, they yeah. are, like it, it, the, the movie keeps underscoring, like, there's no difference between thugs and police. There's right. no difference between any of these things. Like, so these the just police copies. just grab him. They're like, oh, right. We're going to have – we heard you can't fight back anymore. So we're just going to beat the shit out of you. Right. So they do and they almost drown him. In, in, a, a, in a great wide shot, he, his head is under the water. For a long the time. whole time. <laughs> really long I was th- time. I was thinking when I was looking at that, I was like, he could have drowned unless now, they had a respirator. They had a respirator yeah. or they two down there. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a point where I'm like – uh, you guys gonna do anything with this? <laughs> Let's get <weird>. yeah, because <laughs> basically it was a long yeah. shot of yeah. him basically just getting his head dunked in a trough yeah. while getting beaten at yep. the same time. It's pretty hardcore. Yep. That's I, arguably one of the hardest shots to me. Yeah, it was because un- it was uncomfortable, uncut. <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. you're like, oh. you, get <laughs> you get worried. Yeah, and I know we're talking about rape and everything right. else, but somehow it's the, the physical way, act of having the way the way that that was that shot and the yeah, fact that really it was uncut for so long and the, everything was yeah. like it physically gets to you just <clears> because you start feeling a little asphyxiated while right. watching it. It's very very weird. And then they just leave him there in a the countryside. Right. Remember, countryside. Yeah, so he starts so stumbling, he starts through, the stumbling woods. through the woods, beaten up, yep. and stumbles onto a place called home. Mm. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and he even says it, and he's like, oh, now I remember why I remember this place. This uh, is where I was before. Right. But the good thing is, we've been here before, mm-hmm. but we were wearing masks. Yeah, so so he won't does recogni- right. doesn't recognize me. Right. So he shows up. And uh, same, basically, they do the same exact scene as the first time. Right. The guy sitting at his table mm-hmm. writing his book. Doorbell rings that plays Beethoven's Fifth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good. And he goes, who could that be? Like exactly the same yep. scene. Right. Except when you pan over to the side, instead of seeing yeah. the wife sitting in a chair. It's a huge shirtless man. A shirtless <laughs> man <laughs> wearing very, very tight shorts. Yes. Doing bench pressing. Yep. So he's like this guy is uh, uh, his his uh, his new uh, significant other is someone who I don't think it's his significant other. I maybe. think it's his, could it's, be could be could I don't be know. but it but looks like living, someone that's helping him. Yes, yeah, so someone who can protect him in case crazy people come to the door and yes. beat him to death. Right. Um, and uh, but then it, you start to realize also that the 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 writer is now in a wheelchair. Yes, because Alex probably broke his back. Right. Uh, you also I think learned that his wife uh, did die. Or committed suicide later. Right. Um, so he is living alone now. Right. Uh, or with um, with this big, with this huge, very man. big, yeah. muscular man and, who wears uh, glasses. So he's kind of got like a Clark Kent thing. Yeah, going a little on. bit, a little bit. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and but the guy doesn't recognize him. 
uh, until At first, yeah, he sings uh, until he sings. No, he recognized him a little bit. Before. There's something that bothers him, like he's, he, he's he tickling at his memory a little bit, right? But well, then, no, the first thing he says, ah, no, this is important. Yep. The first thing is like he does recognize him, mm-hmm. not from the raping. Oh yes, but from the paper, from the papers. Yeah. He goes, mm-hmm. "You're the guy they treated, right?" And he's like, mm, "That's terrible what they've done. That's terrible what they've and, done." And to it you. turns out this guy is against the government. As against the government right. who feels that, like, you've removed free will. Yes. Same yeah. as the priest said. Yes. And so right? like, you can't do that, obviously. No, no, no. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to stand for you, boy. I'm going to invite some of my friends over, and we're going to uh, set things right. But he, pre- he has doubts or he knows. Like, there's, you, you really can't figure out when he figures out that it's the guy who, who, who attacked him. So, but he does. But he a, definitely knows it yeah. when they basically is like, let me draw you a bath so you can like get out of those dirty clothes and do that. And now he goes lies in, a, in the bath. Lies in a bath and chills out and starts singing da, da, Singing in the Rain, da, 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 da. <laughs> which is the same song he sang when he raped his wife and broke the guy's back. Yep. And so the guy uh, starts shaking and drooling a little bit and all the bad memories return. Yeah. Um, interestingly, as a little sidebar in the book, um, uh, this guy is an anti-government guy, obviously. Uh, and he is a, um, uh, he is a leftist who is very vocal, um, uh, uh, about, uh, protecting people like Alex. Mm-hmm. And he is a writer. He's a very famous writer in this, uh, in this regard. And he's working on a book and the book and the pages of the book are visible in the book. Uh, the book he is writing is called A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> <laughs> and his typewriter was orange. Yes. Right. Uh, so this is uh, like, this is, I think that it's Anthony Burgess re- referencing himself and his own. Right. You know, like uh, critiquing himself. Right. Um, and uh, and uh, they don't bring that up in the movie, but I think that there's a, uh, <clears throat> there's. Those are big notes to leave out. The fact that he's a writer, a political writer, and that's the motivation. Well, I think that the reason Kubrick yeah, is that do you need it? I don't think you. I don't think you need it. Need it because I mean he he brings in the like they do bring in the political writer aspect because of the friends that he brings. Well, well, first of all, he he talks about it. Yeah, on the there. phone, he's on the phone talking about yeah, but politics. it's it's a very kind of um, exposition to like fill. I felt right. like that moment. It's like well, he's yeah, covering a lot in I like think, thirty think, seconds. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's certainly the most expository the movie gets. The uh, but I think that the only way to make it work the other way would be to have him be a filmmaker who made movies about this stuff, and then you get into all like that just gets plot trending. No, you can do you know? have his books on the table when his wife is working out, and somehow. Right. Oh, just for it to mean the same thing it meant in the book. Like, like he has to be working on a movie called The Car Carnage as opposed to a book called The Oh, what I was saying, what was important was that he was a political writer. Yes. And of distinction. And so that helps the motivation a little bit more naturally. Right, right, right. right. That's all. But he he invites his political friends over. um, Well, no, no. Well, yes, he he invites people over, but uh, they make him food. Mm -hmm. Big plate of spaghetti and some wine. Big big plate of spaghetti and some wine. Mm Mm-hmm. And the the guy looks at him, and he is just this is overacting to extremes. Like, have some wine. He is like shaking and purple. He is and so he's enraged, so he's enraged and excited at the same time. Yes. He can't yeah. wait for Alex to finish drinking that wine. Yeah, and he's like, and the wine has a very off color for a, a Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah I think it's sure. cranberry juice. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is that is that's, that's like blood out. color. It's right. like yeah, just like no, that does not look like wine. Yeah. Alex so, freaks down. He's very nervous. And he goes, uh, sure. He goes, have another glass. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a, 
uh, what was it? It was a Chateau uh, uh, Saint Estepe, nineteen sixty. Uh-huh. Uh, so and then uh, he's like, okay, and then the two people show up, right? And they're very nice and very polite. Absolutely, oh, I've heard of the, all the trouble you've been mm-hmm. through and all this stuff. Tell me about the treatment you know? that you went through because we're really curious about that. And they're like, well, it's like, and then it's like, uh, you know, I we heard there was a. Uh, 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 you know, some collateral damage from the thing because of music. And he goes, yes, I love Beethoven. Really? And goes, and, you know, they pretty much destroyed my favorite Beethoven, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Mm-hmm. I can't. And he goes, really? And it's like, it's Beethoven. It's like, it's okay, I got it. And she's writing the notes. And at which point, his face just plops down, smacking the spaghetti, smacking the spaghetti right. because of the wine problem. Right, right? and I, I want to point out that that is actually one of my favorite bits in the movie is when he is encouraged to explain himself. Right, and he gets into this. Was start- he drugged the wine? Yeah, the wine's drugged. Yeah, and but he starts explaining, you know, like like why all this happened to him, and he takes on this very false, performative sort of like I'm a victim here note. And he's like, I'm because I'm really because uh, you know I was treated so badly and all this kind of stuff. And they're like, and knowing that he is saying this, while everyone at the table is like, "You're a rapist murderer." Like knowing the context of how they're viewing it, right. as he is saying. And that. how different is he from Ferris Bueller? Oh, <laughs> and Hitler for that matter. No, because he was like he just thought he was the smartest guy in the room. Right, right. The way he would yeah, talk to he, people, the way he, he talked thinks, to his yeah, he thinks his, he's his, got everybody under the under under his thumb, right? Yeah. And he's just gonna like, no, I'm gonna sing this sad song, and then she's gonna take notes, and everyone's gonna feel pity for me, and then I'll be back on on track to doing what I want to be doing. Right, right. And instead, he's been drugged, <laughs> and then he is locked in a room where they blast. Uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony at right. him from under the floorboards, right. which drives him Mad. insane uh, because he, he is violently ju- ill. He Clockwork Orange is what Mr. Rooney would have done to Ferris Bueller. Absolutely true. <laughs> and uh, and so the uh, the 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 writer who is like who is the try the wine. Uh, yeah, that now, was the one, the only off-putting. Oh, I love that guy. He's he's great. He's, so uh, he's so, his over-the-top over anger. Just watching is, him look at Alex during that scene is so good. Like he's just like, like he's, he's got this explode. look of like it's so funny. If I wasn't in this fucking wheelchair, <laughs> luckily I death. have a five hundred pound gorilla right, right next to you with dorky glasses right. on. Oh and, my God. and so you have this this guy who's the who's like this uh, super left wing. I mean, I'm a I'm, I'm saying this from the point of view of I'm a super leftist myself, right. but I think it's a very, very funny situation right. because this guy is like a anti-violence uh, super left-wing guy who writes books about how we should be nice to people like Alex. So, and he is sitting there and he clearly wants to stab Alex to death. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. then he, and then he captures him and tortures him. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just like, this is, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. This is great. And so the, these uh, incredible violent hypocrisy has driven this guy insane. Alex is in- It's like the Bernie Sanders people talk about how they want to kill Trump supporters. They, de- 
so bad. No, no. The, uh, really? They do that? Uh, I, uh, well, the, the way they talk about Trump supporters is, is, is as violent as that. I, 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 uh, I, they missed the whole point. point. I, the, the Bernie Sanders supporters that I, I know do not do that, but I've seen that. Oh, I've term. seen that yeah, behavior. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that is just a. And like, I know I'm generalizing and I'm sorry. And I'm no, generalizing sorry. everything. So. But the, like the, I, I, uh, like, I feel like this movie, this is one of the points on which the movie is so relevant today is like the, uh, the awesome hypocrisy of so many of the characters. Yeah. Uh, like the moment things turn against their favor, like they do the exact opposite of what they believe in. <laughs> like it's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. shit, it's on my side. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to stab this guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so basically he passed on the food. They put him in an upstairs room, which right. is completely different architecture from the house. So they obviously took him to another place. Right. It can't be the same house. Yeah, right. it's it a, isn't. Yeah. It's it, that's or it's the in garden and the window like yeah. Yeah. is like the um, arts and crafts movement. It, it's styled yeah. to that yeah. window it's pane. Yeah, you know what I was thinking when I saw that window that he jumps out of? I thought of the movie Pin. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And this happens in the book. They actually they take him to a different location. Okay, and they they put him in an attic. So they put him in an attic, and it's very. This is such a Kubrick, like so Kubrick. I love it. So they put him in the attic or in a, in it's probably a, Kubrick's or, house. Uh, and then he's, he's locked up there. Real house. And they're playing uh, with big loudspeakers through the floor to his room. They're playing mm-hmm. Beethoven's Ninth. And, did, and, and he's already said that this makes him think of suicide. Right. You know. So this is starting to happen upstairs. Then you go downstairs and you have this beautiful, beautiful Kubrick shot right. of the, the man in the wheelchair just – searing with anger and joy of revenge right as is happening the big speakers on either side and he's centered on it right so very one point perspective right center on it big speakers on there the the big oaf is on one side the woman is on the other side and then on one and they're on top of a uh, snooker table mm-hmm. and the other guy is taking all the red balls from the snooker table and slowly rolling them into the pocket yeah, one by one. Yeah. Such a good sh- – yeah. and the camera's just slowly moving back through the whole thing. Right. It's so it's – Yeah, like, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah. shot. Yeah, classic one-point perspective. One point – and so much – so many things are going on in the shot, mm-hmm. even though not much motion at all right. except for the balls. Like, dook, yep. dook, 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 <laughs> dook. It was really yeah. good. It's, that's, a good, that's a good bit of business. And uh, then – Alex jumps out the window. So Alex jumps out the window. <laughs> tries to kill himself. Tries to kill himself. Turns out he didn't. Nope. He severely injured himself. Mm-hmm. Ends up in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, With a very, very nice doctor coming by again. Right. Hello. Hello. It's good to see you. And he's pretty With much blue in blue hair. With he's in blue hair. Much like his mom. Very weird. <laughs> that, that was the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist comes by, yes. Right. But just show him some pictures. It's just going to be fun. <laughs> right. And so they're basically testing to see That was strange. The blue hair looked like the mom. It's the blue I hair know. looks like the mom. That's the idea. Well the mom sure. and dad show up. Right. Like, oh So man. sorry, son. So sorry. We didn't he's realize. Like, and he's like, What the fuck are you guys doing? It's here? what they put you through that made you crazy and bad. <laughs> like, oh, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> you may have your neglect may have something to do with it. Um it's spectacular. So anyway, uh so but he's in pretty much like almost a borderline comedic body cast yeah like 
but like every bone in his yeah, body. comedic. I'd just go for plain comedic. He looks yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. He looks ridiculous. It's completely locked Because if he'd actually been full torso and everything body cast. Yeah, that would have been too much. Too much. Just a, just a hair beneath that. Just a hair beneath By that. By the way, the loin around him was Christ-like. Yeah, it was. That's a nice note. It was. That is nice. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. So there was the deliberate thing because there was a lot of Christ imagery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And so I think they made him look like Christ. Yeah, he's a martyr. Martyr. Yeah. Yep. Right? right. So he's a martyr, Mm -hmm. right? And so so now he's getting his- The psychiatrist talks to him. Talks to him. And he's She's got blue hair. Like his mom. And she's showing him some slides and he's got a, you know, it's like a psychological test. Yeah. And she's like, like, oh, show you some cartoons. Cartoons and basically it's two bubbles in a cartoon and one of them is empty and you have to fill in the second one. Right. And all of the things he says are incredibly violent. Yes. And he does not get sick. He does not get sick. That's right. He's fine. And he laughs and enjoys and she goes, that's great. And goes, did I do well on my test? He's like- there's no right or wrong answer. It's perfectly fine. Perfectly and, fine. And and uh, he's like, you know, I had a bunch of strange dreams uh, when I was in the hospital about people digging around inside my brain. And she's like, well, lots of people in accidents like yours have nightmares like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So he seems to be fine. Right. And then uh, uh, the government official shows up. Right, right. The guy who approved his treatment. Yes. And he's like, my gosh, Alex, I'm so sorry what happened to you. We were given terrible advice. It wasn't our fault. And it turns out it's all over the news. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a good thing. Yes, and he does this, a bad he does, look. Oh, and he does this. He asked, the government official, which mm-hmm. is the funniest thing, government official asks everyone to leave the room because he wants to have a private conversation. But it's while mm-hmm. he's Alex is having his dinner. So he So he can't quite put the fork in his mouth so the 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 minister of interior is hand feeding him and he's so strange and he looks at him like he basically looks at him like uh he opens opens his his mouth mouth open his mouth wide like i want food food goes here you know like and he's like oh of course yes of course and he's cutting up his food for him and he's feeding him and that scene has been replicated though again and i'm trying to think what movie in the past so funny 20 years he's like the dude's obviously just i i have to go in there and make friends with alex otherwise my whole party's kicked out yeah basically if we don't we don't rectify this and get basically buy your forgiveness yep we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. So, so I'm, I will go. I will. I will debase myself and feed you by hand and smile and stick this in your mouth like like here comes the airplane into the right. You know, just like it's ridiculous. And, he, and, and basically, and this is you know very very government official. And he goes, Alex, it's okay if I call you Alex. And he goes, Yes, of course it is. What's your name? Oh, what do they call you at home? What do they call you at home? <laughs> what do they call you at home? And he's like, uh, Frederick. And you can tell right in that second. He's, he, he is pissed. He's pissed because yeah. he wants to be called minister. Exactly. He's like, <laughs> well, they called me Frederick. And he's like, all right, Fred. And all he right, calls him Fred. Fred. So then he just like, he just like, oh, you went that low? I'm going to uh, no- knock you down another notch. Yeah. I'm going to call you Fred. And so if you wouldn't mind just saying some nice things about us and pretend like, well, just say, just admit we're friends. And we're here to help you out. Right. And then, then everything will be fine, right? right? Long pause. Alex opens his mouth wide. Like, stick more fucking food in my mouth and maybe I'll say yes. <laughs> so funny. That is the – great because he's like, 
Oh. And there's something where he's flipping the tables. He flips the tables on. Like oh, yeah. He's in total control of the scene. He knows he's in and total he control has, of the scene. I, don't, I can't quite remember how it happens. Like, yeah, it's like basically a dream where he's fucking some girl in the snow. Oh, so like, the, yeah, like once he says yes, I'll right. say whatever you want to say. It's right. clear. He says it again, the, the, the line of like, it's clear as a mountain stream or whatever. So I understand exactly right. what you're saying. The azure. No the, 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 or, 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 or the azure is the sky. Or Which something. is what he says when he is not going to do anything like right. that. He's going to say whatever he wants to fucking say. Right. Um, um, but as soon as that happens, they roll in the photographers and everything like in uh, so like, fast. And, so and, they're just waiting there and the like, sh- two huge speakers. Yeah, and start I heard playing. you like music, heard and they like start music. playing Beethoven. Yep. yep, and and suddenly the the all of the feeling returns to Alex's face. It, like, right. there's so much joy, and he's shaking the guy's hand and giving the thumbs up, up right. and everyone's crowding around him. There's just photographs going. And then it's on Alex's face and he's smiling. It's like he's totally on in the room. It's fantastic. And then Alex has this weird little shiver in his head. Yep. And he kind of spaces out and rolls his eyes back. And then we're in a fantasy world where he is like in this. Lying in the snow. <laughs> lying in the snow with a naked woman on top of him. And gyrating just, in slow motion. Right. And there's a wedding uh, like, like I don't know. It's like a, maybe a wedding's happening here. Something weird. They're all observing him, observing him fucking this girl. Yeah, and let's like, goes, "Oh is- yes, I've been cured. Yeah, I was cured all right." <laughs> <laughs> like he's, and I think he has lost his mind entirely. Like they, I think he is just. But it's his primal. Yeah, this is his perfect state. Like these, he is yeah. completely. No, in touch nothing with could be better. There's no. There's I no got order. the yeah. guys eating out of my fucking hands. Yeah, everything is beautiful. Uh, like and you I, couldn't be happier. I will Pure get, joy. And he says, "We'll give you a job and a yeah. reasonable salary, yeah. and you'll be a, everything Fine will be great for the rest of your, your life. life. Yeah, right? It's magnificent. You could and, tell he's leader man. He's like, "We'll give you a reasonable salary." He's like, "How much?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, "How much?" Well, How much and what? Yeah, exactly. Well, it has to be a sort of a responsible job. Where, you know, whatever, dude. Open my mouth. Put the fucking food in. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And that's it's the like, end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. More importantly, the 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 last song in the movie that they play for the closing title is Gene Kelly singing, singing the in the original rain. singing in the rain. Yeah, because um, someone is in the getting rain. <laughs> <laughs> Pure joy. Alex has returned to a state of pure joy. But isn't that like the end of Kanga Comedy, the yeah. end yeah. of Brazil? Absolutely. I mean, the, yeah, these movies definitely reference this. Like I think that Alex is living entirely in a fantasy world of joy in his own mind for the rest because of, of the life. surgery. Yeah, I think he's. I think he is insane. I think he's lost his mind in a positive, happy way. Right. Like, he is living in you know fucking snowy. Uh, fantasy land wedding because sex. he had a lobotomy or yeah because like it looks like something goes wrong in his brain like it looks like he's having a stroke for a second and then the next thing you see is like he's just could not it be seemed happier. like the old what joe kennedy did to one of his daughters you know and it basically what did joe kennedy do to one of his daughters i don't know yeah he he had her a lobotomy yeah oh golly because uh, there was uh, you know there was joe jr who died in world war ii mm-hmm. right uh, yeah. from the plane special mission he was the chosen one he was going to be president right. as joe senior wanted right then there was uh uh, uh mary and there was a uh, three or four sisters right rosemary i think it was rosemary mm-hmm. and she was uh she was a little bipolar and there was experimental surgery and the family apparently was like you know we accept Rosemary as she is. Right. And he shuffled her out in the middle of the night and they, they basically split her corpus callosum between oh, yeah. the two. Yeah. It's a schizophrenic surgery. Yeah. Back then. And uh and then she 
that was it was the end of it. And everyone was pissed. Yep. No, that's how because that he kind of did it in the middle of the night, kind of yeah, pulled her out. Don't know these things. Interesting. The interesting mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Joe, yeah. Um, Joe, uh, basically, Joe Kennedy Sr. was a uh, hard guy. That's what I heard. Yeah. There's a there's a book. The ambassador. Well, he became ambassador, but he was he was you know bootlegger. He was a yeah. Did I tell you the story about him and my great grandfather? Oh yeah, you That's did. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I like that story. That's a good story. There was um, an old. There was a book written about him, and it was called the first. Uh, it was like the first Kennedy or something. It's a famous book about Kennedy, mm-hmm. senior, and it goes back all the way to like 1905, where he was at Harvard Yale game and he played baseball for Harvard. But he was not a starter and he was not in it. He just made the team, but he wasn't as good as the other people. They were leading over Yale. And so the coach said, it's two strikes out. It's the ninth inning. Mm -hmm. Put Kennedy on first base. That's baseball. You said football. Oh, it was baseball. I said baseball, yeah. So so they played, right? And it something happened where the, the point is he struck out. They won the game. Catcher threw it, and he just threw it to Joe because they put him on first base for that one out. Right. And he got the ball or something, and then the pitcher, said, who was the captain, said, you know, I just want the game ball. We won. He's like, no, it's mine now. Right. And that basically is his whole <laughs> – That's it. That's Suck an egg. Whole, <laughs> yeah, that's his whole life because he basically just took – and he was a good manipulator. Right, right, right. Really good manipulator. And he lived a long time, but he was, you know, did you ever see the Chappaquiddick movie? No. Because he's like, alibi. <laughs> Man. <laughs> to Ted. Good good time, Chappaquiddick. Chappie. pictures on uh, Martha's Vineyard. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. I used to live in Egertown, which is right next to Chappie. Yeah. And I just remember a bunch of us, we were talking about it, and a guy literally came over to us, and he said, we don't talk about that. This was 86. Summer music. We don't talk about the, about that on the Island. And it's he came scary. over it and right. scared the scared the shit out of me. And it turns out his father was the diver. Oh God, that's awful. Which Ugh. is portrayed in the movie. Ugh. That stuff is fucking terrible, boy. That's so, but that's it's, it was like a total, like it scared the shit out of me. Cause yeah. I was like, wow, out of nowhere, this guy comes up and just wrangled us in a circle and said, we don't talk about that around here. Yes. I heard you guys. Yep. It's like, what? Yeah. So that's power. That yeah, that's how that stuff works. That's how that stuff that's, works. That's old money right there. That's, but that's how it works. But that was basically yeah, he did that. We digrated digressed through history, but that was the that's what I thought at the end. But I was really actually that movie I know inspired David Bowie to um Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. Into and it inspired glam. Mm-hmm. There was a violence to it that um the beautification of violence in a way that was mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. And um, there was also – it was a different kind. It wasn't like the teddy bears. What was also interesting is that their – But movies influenced by this are crazy. outfits yeah. were ironic mm-hmm. because they were not outfits that you would think would be worn by thugs. Well, they're not, they're not cool, right? They're and not. That's what, that's what makes it so 
like attractive. They're, right. They're, 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 not, like, they're not showy. You know, right. and it's sort of like looking at cool. But that makes them way. scary though. It makes them fucking scary. They're wearing like like bowler hats and holy moly. Yeah, it's like these White guys suits, fucking lost their minds, these man. Giant Weird. cod pieces. The cod yep. pieces, but that's what if you look at the Bowie's band. Yep. I know. But I also loved I mean classic, but the fake eyelashes on one eye. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean like oh. the production design is, it couldn't be better. Couldn't be better. It, like there's there's a reason why that has lasted for you know 40 so 50 good. years now and it's just like the uh like the the look of that movie is so uh like it's the least uh i mean it's very controlled and it's very kubrick but it's also the least controlled kubrick in some ways because he shoots so much like uh untamed natural shitty looking outdoors stuff you right. know like there's lots of like really crappy muddy woods and like it's a very weird well loose indie beautiful architecture mm-hmm. and then desolate and then desolation yeah pure desolation like the, his parents house apartment makes no sense in terms of where they live right because you go he walks into the lobby of his building and it's a fucking war zone oh it's a hole yeah man it's bad and like the, the elevator door is like torn apart right and there's this like great old like this uh classical looking uh sort of grecian warrior painting or something like this right. like only everyone's like sc- scraped giant dicks everywhere right. all over. So it's <laughs> just, just like, filled it's with just, dicks yeah, it's lots of dicks in this movie yeah. um but it's like the it, the the everything has just been degraded and is falling apart completely right like there's a there's a uh there's an upper class that is very protected and lives in locked houses in the woods you know right and uh everybody else either lives in squalor squalor or in prison you know right. those are the those are the pr- pretty much the modes right um and then and and if that if not that then you're at a bar and uh and that's i just that's t- i took it that the the decor of the parents apartments because the parents are just so selfish they just worry about looking good and sure. so forth. And you yeah. look outside, and it was a shit. That was yeah. a little bit Brazilian. Yeah, like, it's it's so desperate and weird. Like I mean, it's like they're wearing the stuff that is trying to make them look like they're eighteen years old when they're in their mid to late fifties. You know, like the the <sighs> the kitchen is like a standard cramped sort of like a uh, you know World War Two British you know like tiny cramped area right. but it's been covered with silver wallpaper with chartreuse and all this it's just like it's hideous beyond belief hideous right you know and uh and it's like they're desperate to make it look like it's young and it's hip or it's whatever or like it's livable in any way when it's completely unacceptable right and uh and i think that that's the like the there's a sort of a, a social um uh hierarchy that's represented in the background of the movie Right. They don't really point out, but it's extreme. It's really extreme. It's like when they're at the, uh, you know, when they're at the bar and they see the, uh, the fancy people come in, you know, and the woman sings in German and, you know, they're supposed to be government people. They're government people. Right. And they're all dressed up, but you get the weird feeling for, for them, they're slumming. You know, oh, right. you know, like they're, they're going to one of these milk, these drug milk bars, you know, there's like a this, novelty. There's a novelty for them. Right. Yeah. Whereas like Alex and his crew, like, look like they were designed to be in this place. Like right. this is an example of exactly how their mind works. Well, they thought it was class. Yeah, exactly. From their point of view. Right. And, uh, by the way, another thing I got to throw in, there's two bars in the movie. One's the milk bar and the other one, I think they say it in the movie, but it's definitely in the book is called uh, the Duke of New York. 
Yes, they and say they mention that. They in the mention movie. the movie. Oh, that's right, they do. And that is uh, Where the mother works. My favorite cross pollinational reference in any movie ever is uh, in Escape from New York. Uh, the character that he's up against, oh, the Duke, is the Duke of New York, <laughs> which is magnificent. Right. Obviously, uh, uh, Carpenter is a giant uh, uh, fan of this movie and right. book. I think that's the other thought. The thing that was thought it was hilarious and ironic was you know you you. In the jail, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you can see that he's sucking up to the priest as hard as possible right. to try to get his treatment or whatever he needs to do. Right. And so uh, the minister is touring the prison mm-hmm. and walks into his room. Clearly, it's his room because there's you know a bust of Beethoven and, mm-hmm. a, and, a, and a picture of him. And then on his wall New- is, is a ton of pornography that he's pasted on his wall. Mm-hmm. And right next to it, is a crucifix. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's so good. Like the crucifix is like touching the pornography. Right. Right. And it's like. Yeah. This is Alex's mind. You know, it's like this okay. weird self. No, no, no. I'm, a, I'm it's trying to like this whole. No, I'm totally a religious person. Yeah. But I still need also to have. Also porn. Porn. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. The movie. The movie is just like the in the interior of Alex's brain in this movie is just like it's just spectacular. And like his room in his house when he's not in jail, his room in prison. And just like like you're saying with the uh, the Christ imagery of him on the bed in the end. Like that's the sort of like super narcissistic martyr. Yep. That but it was the, searching the, for. The, Christ, the Christ things. So you you notice that the, the it's basically like just so people know it's like four uh, 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 sculptures of Christ, like little miniature porcelain uh, of, of of Christ. Right. Except they're arranged to look like they're doing the can can. But this is this <laughs> is so Christ right. post crucifix. So he right. still has blood, right. like all the you know the the stigmata and mm-hmm. everything else, right? But then they notice it, and then as the music is going, they do a long series of close-ups of all the 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 the, 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 the figurines, sculpt, the figurines, to the beat of the music. Right. So it feels like a can can for so real. It feels like a can can. <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. Yes, yeah, it's, it's totally. Fuck. That's up. what I'm saying. That was like that. They rip use that for Life of Brian. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, this. I think you're right, Eric. The the, the effect that this movie had on filmmakers around that it's period crazy. is, is yeah. absolutely insane. And it's like, I, you know, when I watched it uh, uh, again today, I was like, uh, I was like, every time I watch this movie, I'm, I'm left with the same feeling, which is like, you could not even fucking release this today. Like people would freak out. Like right. people would lose their lose their minds over this movie. Yeah, they lost their minds over Joker. The Joker, lose, yeah, like, yes. come on. Yes. the Joker is like is like the is you know is like fifties sitcom compared yeah, to right. what this thing is. Yeah, you know, and where Lori, your lead character, your heroic lead character, is a murdering rapist who is returned to his crazy state at the end, and that's shown as triumphant. You know, it's 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 bananas. This movie. Yes, you know, and like the the imagery, the way it shows you the imagery is entirely inappropriate. It, it purposefully um, mixes it mixes uh, uncomfortable emotions in you constantly. And I don't think there's, I think there's, there's, I can't even think of another movie that's so successful at it, at this kind of uh, 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 sort of uh, activating all the audience's switches simultaneously as this as this one. And I think you do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. That Kubrick is intended to me, mm-hmm. which I is, love this movie, mm-hmm. and 
I feel bad for loving it. Yeah, you make you feel it makes you feel disgusted with yourself. Right, <laughs> just like I don't. Like well, they, like everything that's showing you is horrific and awful, and it's because made, I'm being told by society that I shouldn't love this movie. Yeah, exactly. Because like what you're what's happening for me when I'm watching this movie is this sort of reverse Ludovico, right? Where it's just like I know what I'm seeing is terrible, but I am enjoying it. Right. Like it's I mean it's completely contradictory. Right. And uh, and like there's like it's you're rooting for a guy who is like the worst of the worst like he is a terrible human being alex is a terrible person yes and uh and he's and he's irrecoverably terrible like he, in the end he is terrible he isn't he hasn't moved an inch to, except that he's got more actual social control now like it's a, it should be a tragedy it should be a, a a nightmare but instead in the end you're like right on alex <laughs> fuck over that ministry of the interior guy yep. <laughs> and you don't see him as a victim i i i think well, let me put it this way. I think that up to a certain point, Alex thinks of himself as a victim and then he does not. Like once he is in control at the end and he is no longer at – yeah, when he is no longer being um, – he is the one who is manipulating as opposed to the one who is being manipulated. Like he does not give off the victim vibe in the end of the movie and that's why that that's why it feels triumphant. I think, Eric, you know you were – I don't think you're joking, but no. it's really funny that you made parallels between this and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because it there is. are yeah. a lot it's, he's of fucking parallels. Ferris, man. That's what I was saying. But I actually see him. For me, what <laughs> it's like um, – what save, I, save Ferris. <laughs> save Ferris. Ferris is saved in this movie. He's totally saved. Cameron, he's Cameron. He's like he's he's also saved. Like he is saved. Mm-mm. No, 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 Cameron, Cameron. He starts off as Ferris and he ends up as Cameron. But here's the deal: what pissed me off is that they were going to rob this house, mm. and those fuckers, uh, those other gang, mm. set him up, hit him with a milk bottle, and mm-hmm. they become cops. Right. So in the end, the real scumbags. And become bureaucrats. Yeah, of course. Right. The real scumbags are yeah, bureaucrats. Absolutely. And he is a victim. Because it's like, look, we were a team and we did this. And you fuck me over, run away. Right. Right? Oh, yeah, and like, then you become cops while I have to go through all of this. Yeah. yeah. Well, like he is he is being victimized constantly in this movie for sure. Like, I mean, but the, I think the changeover is that he does not. But he th- was the smartest one. Yeah. Like, he knew about the, He's also the most confident of all yes. of them. Well, in no. The, he knew he had the capability more than anybody he, because he he hit the guy because he criticized Beethoven. Right. That's the guy who became a cop. Right. And he's like, in the, in the end of this film, he is no longer trying to explain himself to anybody. Like he is simply himself. Like he is in control of his own situation. Like he is in control of himself. Right. He is not saying like, Oh, society made me what I am. Like he's not saying that. And the thing is like, I know I'm taking this. Everything I'm saying is a super, hard 80s republican point of view but i'm saying that's what i like about the movie like i don't necessarily i don't have to Would this be a trickle down film theory this is a uh, this is like uh <laughs> this is the this is a classic it's sort of like you know what's the uh, oingo boingo song of uh um, hate oingo boingo uh, oingo boingo song about um um uh the, the kid Simpsons? no, that's no the oingo boingo song about <laughs> the kid the guy who uh who kills people and they were like oh he, we we gotta forgive him we gotta forgive him and then um uh, but but the the singer is saying, but we should just fucking fry him in an electric chair. This is this movie takes the point of view of like you know um, uh, this this person is irredeemable, and uh, and uh, there is nothing like 
you know, all these, all the liberal ideas of, of trying to uh, rehabilitate him are pointless. And, uh, and he is just getting by on playing the victim of, of the way society treats him. And meanwhile, he's a fucking murderer. He's a rapist and we should treat him like that. Like that's how most of the movie this is treated. Now, I don't really politically agree with this kind of theory, mm -hmm. but I do agree with the movie's hardcore argument to put it forward so that it can make fun of me and make fun of it. Like, right. like I think this movie has a very, very distinct point of view that makes fun of the left and the right, but is really particularly hard on the left. And being a lefty, I doors open. I appreciate. No, no, the, no. Check to see if the front door is open. I feel a breeze. Yeah, but it, the cleaning crew is coming in. Everything's fine. No, no, quick grabbing. No one's gonna grab your laptop. So there it is. Do you want to go take care of it? So no, 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 no. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> So the uh, sorry, I should explain to people on the, like, uh, the cleaning. The cleaning crew showed up and and uh, Eric doors wide open. This is uh, like this. This particular area is it's a uh, it's a there. Nobody lives here. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the cleaning crew is showing up to clean everything, right. and they'll be fine. And right. the, the gates closed anyway. Yeah, so it's all good. Um, There's crime everywhere, man. It's true. Yeah. But okay, so the uh, the the movie itself takes a Kubrick himself is a fairly conservative guy. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie has a pretty tough conservative idea that does that where it, do, it does most of its mocking from. Okay. Uh, it is even handed in that it also mocks the right, which I think is great. Um, but really what Kubrick stands for with this movie and where his voice really comes through is if you look at uh, the journey of Alex as being, one of standing up for what you believe in essentially and stop letting other people control you. Like that's where Kubrick himself identifies. And that's why he, Kubrick made Kubrick movies, you know, right. because like if you strip away all the politics of this movie, the core idea of like, here's a guy who is being forced to do this by one group of people and then forced to do this by this other group of people. Then all he wants to do is be free to enjoy his art like that's Kubrick's story, you know, and that's and because Kubrick can identify with that simple concept, he is able to sell you this rapist and murderer as the hero of his movie. And I think that's a really self-aware and really sharp thing to be doing. Very self-critical and very hilarious and uh, uh, and 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 cruel thing to do. And it's very very funny to me. So like the I think that this movie, like I wish this kind of movie would come out today, where it is where it would rip apart everyone's uh, sort of self-aggrandizement. And because right. there's, there's an enormous amount of that. Like everybody in this movie is like, we really have to treat you nicely. And because of that, we're really good people. Or we really have to treat you cruelly because that shows that I'm a man. Like these are just fucking or, bullshit. Or you should be punished for or the way. you should be punished. Exactly. Right. Whatever it is. You know, like – uh, all these people are shown to be hypocrites in this movie. And the only one who is not a hypocrite is Alex. And that's why you can... He's the only one who's being honest about himself. He's the only one who's being honest about himself. And what makes you uncomfortable is that that self is a very, very bad person. Right. <laughs> and that's the irony, the, the profound irony and hilarity of this movie to me. Hey, but, you know, talking about going back earlier, I have a couple of notes on that. Uh, I think you always have, you always nail it with... Uh, film comment and 
I appreciate that. Thank you. I wasn't. I was. I had. But that's a, the setup. a moment of like, what the fuck? Um, so here's the deal. Um, thinking about that scene where he gets out of his room and he walks to the kitchen and he stops back. Mm-hmm. That was like a not Ferris Bueller, but there was an '80s. Yeah, a little bit. Comedy, yep. like, what? Yep. I'm busted, you know? Yep. Or like when Tom Cruise uh, comes out in, uh, you remember it was, uh, the movie? Oh, Risky Business. Yeah. Right. Where it's that discovery moment. Right. right. That was like, I was like, wait a minute. I've seen this so many times. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's it, like, he, it's, I don't know if it was created for this movie, but I mean, like, it's, it was so defined by this movie. It was so defined right. by this movie. Yeah. The other thing I... For me, the frustrating thing about Kubrick, and I think he's a brilliant, obviously, filmmaker, and I just – there is some stuff that I just don't – I feel like because he tried to control things so much, meaning he – you know, he shot a lot of his stuff in his house. Oh, yeah, that's right. He wanted to stay in England. Yeah, like he was very, very – like you shot a Vietnam War movie. In England, because he didn't want to leave. That's why I hate that movie, <laughs> because the sets aren't convincing. And the thing is, he, uh, you are so nice, lad. Um, you get, you get my point, though. Grab the bark. And um, so the thing is, what I don't like, he controls everything, but in a way that affects his art. Yeah. In, uh, because you're not getting the best set or location everything seems to you control things too much yeah, that I, mean, it's a, yeah I, I disagree generally with his his tack on filmmaking and if he wasn't as good as he was it wouldn't work like it's it's that he's it's that he's a he, he was clearly an incredible genius yes that he uh could do he could take this take this tack in making a movie i don't think it's a good thing for people to do i think there's certain who wants a little uh a Adult uh, string cheese. Oh man, that's super adult. This is uh, prosciutto and string. Yeah, thanks. And then there's a baby bell. Oh yeah, I'll take that one. Thank you. Yeah, these are really filthy. Do so you want cheese or you? What do you want, lad? You take what you want, buddy. This thing. Uh, I'll take the round thing, unless you want it. No, you got it. I love it. Um, thank you. Um, so it's almost like there are different types of artists, mm-hmm. and I feel like. He was the type of artist that I think his stuff would be a lot I, – I think I, if he had somebody telling – like fighting against. Mm-hmm. It's like there are some filmmakers like um, – you need that person to say no. Yeah. No, I mean, he was, he was going to do – it's his way or the highway. You know, it doesn't rhyme, but it's true. And the um, – like, I mean, this is – Did you want the scraps of this, the, the uh, waxy oh, exterior? Oh, thank you, no. uh, My son would love them because he likes sculpting. He likes sculpting stuff out of the Baby Bell wax. That's oh, the best. That's the best. Um, but yeah, the uh, I, I agree with you because, like, I think that, like, he rides a very thin line um, because, he like, his – I love all of his movies and I have very few criticisms of any of his films. The pa- like, starting at, you know, whatever, post-Spartacus. You know, but I agree that like sporadicus sporadicus the uh, but I agree that like he barely he barely gets away with it. Like he's yeah. like he, it's like everything is so managed that um, I I do occasionally go like I, I love this movie, but I also can see that I kind of miss a little bit. What are we talking about? Because I left the room a little bit. So oh, Kubrick, we're... the Kubrick was such a control freak. Right. OK. Sorry. And the um, there you go. and that that there is. They, I, I think Eric rightly I, – I don't feel it all the time, but I, I understand what Eric's saying where it's just like sometimes you feel like 
there's, you know, like he, he would not have allowed for it any other uh, direction for the, these films to go. Like that's right. This is it. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm here that when and he was a collaborative person when he was on set in terms of like, he wanted to hear ideas from everybody. Um, but in terms of like the execution is so fixed and you hear about like the production of like eyes wide shut where it went on for like two years of shooting or whatever it is like that you are going to lose something in doing that. I and think you a, lose it. Yeah. And, and I think that there's a, you know, there's, I think his work is amazing, but I do like, especially watching eyes wide shut. That's a big one for me where I'm like, there's a great movie just outside of this movie. That's right. You know, like I think it's a really good movie and it's a really interesting movie. But I don't. Yeah, but you got some. You know, it's a Eyes Wide Shut mm-hmm. is Kubrick's version of The Irishman for Scorsese. <laughs> let's just bring in like okay, we'll just bring in everything. Let's do it. Let's like big actors. We'll get we'll get freaking Nicole Kidman and mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like blah 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 blah. Right. And it's it's just it went too far. It, it doesn't quite land. Like you, you it's it like it's a like few... a parody of a freaking Kubrick film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, I, I and really... the same way, I feel the Irishman is a little bit of, almost a parody of, of the Scorsese, Scorsese film. Right. Like the um, like I definitely feel like um, I suppose should have come to like a lot. Like I really, and I didn't, mm. I didn't so much like it when I first saw it, but I came to like it quite a bit. Um, but that's because like. I'm just like going with the flow on it now. Like I'm just like, well, there's things that don't work, but who cares? Like the things right. that do work are great. Um, uh, and I feel, I think I feel that a little bit with Clockwork Orange in terms of like, there's some stuff that I think that he's done better, and there's some edits that I don't really agree with. Like I think Eric, you brought up the uh, the jump, the sort of like the, um, the, the yeah, the wide uh, cuts and the horrible. and the and the yeah yeah, or, or the when he murders the old lady. There's the sort of like laughing zoom cuts to the vagina paintings, and I'm just like. That worked then. He's telling it doesn't us, telling totally us, telling work us. now. But there's not the subtlety he had when he had he did like 2001, where it's right. every. So there's this kind of, it's, and you know what it is. Also, I, I, I don't. I, he's too in control of mm-hmm. everything that it's. Um, it becomes a little hit and miss. Yeah, at times. No, I feel you. And I totally feel um, but he I is, think, he I is not part- my favorite director. I think he's I, of my favorite directors, but he's not my favorite director. I, I know what you mean, mm. but speaking of two thousand one, and I know this is fresh in my mind, and so I need time to digest it. I think I'm going to have to take a long time. Mm-hmm. And this is there's you need there's a lot of digesting. What did your daughter think of it? The movie? She did not see the movie. Oh, <laughs> Why I'm not going to suggest that she see that movie. Um, Hold off. On that. I think I there's there's a lot about this movie that I think that like I'd like more than two thousand one. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I agree. Like I think that two thousand one to me is a um, is a legit like it's a perfectly rendered piece of art that I think is one of the great works of art of all time. I don't think that about a it's not Arch. as it's not as. I mean, you you two thousand one is very safe. Well, sure, emotionally safe. Yeah, I mean, it's it is doing something entirely different. Like it is a that right. is a perfectly rendered piece, right? And uh, in that, I think it's a better movie than a Clockwork Orange. It's a better piece of art than a Clockwork Orange. And, I know. I thought that Clockwork Orange is a pretty freaking good piece of art. But the Clockwork Orange is a better movie, and it really it's dealing with something that's really live. Like right. you feel like there's an argument that's going on right in front of you. You have to be willing. To be assaulted. Yeah, exactly. And if you're willing to be assaulted and being told something that you're – in the end, instead of being angry and, and horrified and right. disgusted, you can say it's like, 
how I learn something about myself yeah, cause it and makes, about society. I agree. I agree. Then, then you're going to go, shit. Yeah, it, this movie doesn't tell you what to feel. It puts these things in your lap and makes you realize, I have to decide how I feel about this. I have this. to decide it. Yeah. Like, I, this is my responsibility. Yes. You know, and that's why the movie, that's why the movie is great to me is because like this movie is ultra aggressive, but it's also weirdly responsible because like, if it was just like, if it just took one side or the other, right. If it had, like, if it thought one thing was the answer and one thing was not the answer, right. Then it would, then it would be a terrible movie. But instead it says both of these things don't work. Right, but the thing that the only thing that's left is wrong. What do you think about this? And you're like, "Fuck, I do not know." Right, you know, and that's why. I mean, like, like I said, I think, and maybe I when I said Kubrick was conservative, I, I think Kubrick's probably more libertarian. I guess is a better way to describe it. Um, from what I know about, yeah. It. Well, um, that would make sense, right? Uh, and because he do whatever fuck I want and yeah. let me be myself, right? And so that's that's the point that he's arguing from. And like this is like you know, like I said, you know, <laughs> to call back to earlier, like you know, I'm a uh, I'm a Sanders Warren guy, and that's where I politically lie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I am made like if I were to, if I were to vote, all of my voting leans that direction or further to the left. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like is when um, people portray uh, that argument, the argument for the side that I believe in, as if it's pure and good and 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 goes without comment and should be unchallenged. You know, just like, of course, we are the good people that are doing the right things, which is, you know, a lot of the left feels this way. Yeah. Right. And even if that's true the right feel the same way about what they're exactly right and so like uh, loading a movie like this with as much self-criticism as it can while also being critical of you is responsible because it's not just playing one a one-sided game right and that's what makes it because that like that's what makes me think hard about what do you fucking do about alex i can't pretend like alex doesn't exist you know, right. there's a force in the world that is Alex. What do Lock we him do up. About they solved, Lock him they up. solved it. They, they solved it. You saw the answer for Alex at the end. Well, Alex solved it. Alex. No, I, well, they did something to him in the surgery when he talked to that woman. Did, that uh, does not. None of that solves the problem of free will or crime or anything. Like that it doesn't does. solve the problem he's, of evil at all. He agrees with the politician, like, and he's he a little is, bad. He doesn't he agree with the politician. And totally in control. Yeah, he's totally. He won the. <laughs> he won. Yeah. And he goes he's back basically being hand fed. Evil wins. Evil wins. And I and the, uh, evil is the hero of the movie. And I think that's that's what's amazing. I'm, I'm no, sure, I'm what sure happens is is that he's the smart one, and he ends up. He ends up fucked. So you can't. He doesn't end up fucked. He doesn't he's end up fucked a, at he's, all. He's, he's like he's totally in control of the government, and he's living in a fantasy land. Like yeah, but the, everything, the everything look is that happy. he gave on his face was that something because he talks about that surgery with the nurse, the psychiatrist. Right. Right. That something was going on. So when they started playing music, he went. Uh, he gave right. a weird look. It's like he's almost programmed. No, I think no. That's, I think that is the pure like that is a realized. I think I, I I agree. He's escaping in his mind. To no, something. no, 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 no. Basically, is the pure that, joy. basically is he's he's having ecstasy. <laughs> yes. He's in ecstasy because he realizes that's he's listening to Beethoven that would normally have made him wretch. Yeah. and is now giving him the greatest joy, the greatest orgasm of all time. Yeah. yeah, but they basically fed that to him. The system just said, "Here's another cracker." Yeah. 
Yeah, but like, but the thing is, I mean, he that's is not like, how you want to end this up. Is, no, this is how like he I, is. I, uh, he is. He is totally. I, he has total leverage over the government. They have to do whatever he like, utterly yeah, whatever they he do. wants. They're hand feeding him like, whatever. Just what's out of their food pocket? Goes here. Yeah, but who wants to he, be that? No, no, oh, because he can do whatever the fuck he, he wants. Literally, now. Anything. he has total freedom and he, total. He joy. can't because he's already sh- shown that if you have any imagination, you're going to be fucked by the guys who don't know who. Who he has none of the problems that he had before. He engages in total joy, and the government has to do what he says. He's on the government land. He's on the getting paid out by the government. That's yeah, being know, a bureaucrat. That's pretty darn good. He is like he is above the government. Is what I mean to say. He had the potential. He is. He is like he can literally do anything. Like he is being like the dude who runs the government has to grovel at his feet and feed him for now. For but, as long as but the, he as long says as it. The, he says, it's the last line of the movie. He's like, oh yes. I've been cured. I've been cured. Yeah, because he's in a dreamland. He yeah. lives. Yeah, absolutely. He's but he the, got that dreamland because uh, that dreamland he was he wasn't able to do it anymore. That's what led him to the suicide in the first place. He has absolute total free will because he can do, I, make I them do no anything freedom. for him. I, I see. He doesn't. That have the is power interesting. To- I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious if people how people see it. Do people see it as because what you're seeing, Eric? The point. Eric. I'm listening. What the, what no, Eric, I was pointing after the audience. I'm yeah, sorry. The, what what I think Eric is seeing, he's looking at him in the state of the guy at the end of Brazil. That the bureaucrats right. won, right. right? Right. That's the scene you see, right? Which is very different, right? Like he's pretty much lobotomized right. and in the chair, and that's a terrible situation, and that's the end of Brazil, which is a very sad thing, right? I I agree with you. I see him as like I've got everything I fucking want. Yeah, because it's it's, it's what's Brazil, everything that he has? Be, like because like the government has to do anything he wants at all, like for as long as we know. Yeah, but as, as long as part, he, as long as the government changes from labor to conservative. Well, they won't as long as he as long as he says yes. The only thing he has to give up is his consent on on saying yes, and then he gets everything. But everything he wants. is for now. Of everything course. is temporary. Well, that's, but he, okay, does, he oh, is unconcerned. That's why this is a comedy. Yeah. And I mean that in the in the in the, the classic sense of tragedy and comedy in Greek uh, right. theater. I feel like right. because you, basically like, bureaucracy. There you won. go. You it's get the, the end. end. That's the it's the end. They're like the credits roll. That's the that's the end. That's the right. end. Of course, like it could get worse. You know, whatever. But could it's happen. bureaucracy. For me, seeing the cops, seeing those guys become cops. Oh, it's horrible. But the point is, bureaucracy won. You can't win. Just like in Brazil, bureaucracy well, let's, wins. Let's put you it can't this way. win. He but that one ends, ends as a tragedy because, yeah, because the hero like, dies. Because, like, well, the thing is, and the hero, like, the hero dies, or, the, and, or at least the hero is caught in an imaginary version of heaven. Right. Right. Where uh, Alex the Large is actually in, in yeah. as close yeah. to heaven as you can have on Earth in that setting. Right. Why? Like, For someone of his. Because he went from literally nobody to being able to tell the heads of government what to do to serve him. Including like, given within, within hand feeding him and calling them Fred, right? And like, and they have to put up with it because he has leverage over them, and that's the end. Like, he has utter free will to ask for anything he wants as long as he has that leverage, and that's the only way it works in this situation. Now, the thing is, I agree with you. That's that is also unacceptable. But to Alex, he's only thinking of the moment, and for for Alex, like he is in yeah. absolute fucking heaven right there. He and was the, the only the one with potential. He loved Beethoven. Yes. He was smart He's enough an to manipulate everything. Yes. And he was a little too overconfident. But he also had parameters. He could have fucked the guy on the bed, that uh, prison guy. Mm-hmm. Then we came into his apartment because he grabbed his leg. You knew yep. he wanted to have sex with him. Yep. He's like, nah, fuck this, man. 
I'm not going to be a petty. I'm not going to be your your uh, your little bitch. Right. Right. So right. there was a lot of things, but you could tell by the look that he was thinking of it, at least. Like I know what you're doing, Alex. For me, I just feel like I hear you. I it's totally a hear sad you. thing because this is, this is what the I mean. bureaucrats won. This is what I mean is that Alex learns uh, in the last few minutes of the film that he has that leverage, and he exercises it. He's like, oh shit, I control everything now. And then hey, he exercises until the it. check clears, it means nothing. And at that time, he's like, in yeah, the bed. Yeah, this, but this is what I'm saying. There is no future. Alex is not a future thinker. Like, Alex is in the moment. And up until this very moment, everyone, well, someone else has been in okay, charge. Okay, hold on, hold on. He, I think he, that's because, well, Eric. He studied Christianity. Uh, Eric, Eric is not an Alex. Right. Eric is looking at all the negative things that are possibly going to happen to Alex. Oh, yeah. Alex uh, sure. is not looking at any, he can't look never at yeah. looked at any negative right. that would happen to right. him. He's always opportunistic and always positive about the right, right now. Like, He's a self-pleasure machine. Yeah, exactly. So that is not what you are, Eric. So I don't think you were able to see that. I am a pleasure machine. You are not. <laughs> yeah, everyone says so. You I are constantly bah, bah, like bah, doubting. Bah, 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 bah. I'm not doubting. I just I'm always. No, a, think, somebody's always think, got an angle. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, I think that your 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 point of view in the movie is totally correct because that's the that is the movie that he is. Li- that's the land he is living in. The, the, like, you're right about the what his land is. Yeah. You're right about everything you said, except that's not what he's experiencing. That's not Alex's he, experience. Eric, Alex's experience, like I got these guys I under got a, my I fucking, fucking thumb. Yeah, <laughs> I own it. I win. I own it. The end. You know. Yeah. So he's like, a fucking child. So he is a child. <laughs> he is a child. Here's he is, the deal. He is pure. Is a, end. I pure felt end. like this is the a film, like the first film of Kubrick's that, besides the first one he did was the heist film mm-hmm. that really reflected back. There was a the killer. To- yeah. Yeah. yeah, killers, killers, killing. Yeah. Killing, is it the killing? The killing, the killing, the killing. killing. Um, is that um, there for me? The pacing through the city and the pacing, uh, like the sense of discovery in a scene when um, you know you realize something. Maybe the same time, the uh, one of the actors or, or one of the, somebody in the story realizes something. Sometimes you see it before mm-hmm. other the character right. and sometimes you see it after the character but in the fuzzy moment where that where art and and that moment and lighting and the set there was a time i felt like particularly with the artwork and the green ceiling that was like coffered uh, it was blow up sure yeah, mm-hmm. no, blow, like, yeah not blow out but blow, blow up, up from yeah. 67 yeah. Antononi yep. uh, Antononi's yep, absolutely it was like holy shit that yeah. pacing was yep. like and I was like god he kind of copped that oh I'm sure I'm sure he was a big fan of that one yeah, like that that's Antonio's best movie well yep. no, maybe uh, la, Passenger la, 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 La Ventura he, he lived right. La Ventura right yes yeah, okay. uh, so maybe I, like, I like uh, I love uh, blow up blow up's blow great up. Yeah, blow up is great, um, and yeah, I, I really think that like he is the. There are very few movies of that period. There are very few art movies of that period that I think hold up well. Um, Get Carter. Get Carter, definitely. That's Poor not, Cow. Yeah, Poor Cow's good. Poor Cow's good. I like actually Poor Cow better in the context of the limey. The the cuts yes. they use from Poor Cow are, are better used. Um, but the uh, but like a lot of it is um, is very dated. In a very pri- like it's very proud of how sixties is, and it looks ludicrous. Whereas like this one looks like the like seventy one or whatever seventy. Like it looks like the seventies, early seventies, 
and it's and it's critical of it simultaneously. Like it's this live action commentary on how bad it really is in the moment. And so the movie remains fresh feeling. And I think that blow up has that same sense of distance uh, about its subject where it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, like it's, there's no, there's no sixties celebration in blow up. Like blow up is like, this is fucking nonsense. <laughs> like, like the, the attitude of blow up is like we are living through a trite and ridiculous time, and uh, and I think that uh, Kubrick definitely. But you has get the that same like from the woman, like the remnants. The characters yeah. are remnants of blow up. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with that. Sure. No, there's there's definitely a, a strong influence there for sure. Yeah, Antonio is pretty pretty great. Um, and when the and when the weightlifter guy. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. My God, those shorts were hilarious. That was, he used to wear those around DD. Was that like did? Was he that used to Richard Keel? I didn't have that kind of ass. So it no, just, it wasn't. It looked like Richard Keel. I thought it was Richard Keel when I first saw him. I, I met like, that guy once. Who's Richard huge? Keel? Jaws from uh, oh. James Bond. No, it's not him. No? No. Okay. God, it's, he had a dude, big. <laughs> it's a big guy. Richard Keel. Big guy. Man. Um, well, what was really funny is like, you're right. I was like, why is this guy, you know, like, it's uh, such a classic Kubrick thing as well. Mm. So it's like you're basically hearing the same scene that you heard earlier. It's like a mirror of the scene before oh, yeah. they first come in to 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 rape his wife and right. kill him. Or, 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 or it, it plays the same way. Exactly. Plays the same way. Right. And then but as the camera's panning over, you're like, okay, the wife's gonna be there. But all you hear is whoo oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> And instead of the wife being there and sitting in that pod that looks like a penis head, right? It's a guy weightlifting, doing weightlifting dumbbells. Yeah, and doing uh, some reps, and he's fucking huge. Yeah. Like and he did that again with the, the doctor and the nurse. And the doctor the and the nurse. Yeah, can like, you say big cans? No, um, don't say that's terrible. That's so, 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 really? I don't know. And it sounded things. it. Why would you say that, Dan? Why would I say that, Dan? <laughs> I want to say that, Dan. The women with a large breast, but all the yes. women had large breasts. In it, so Kubrick was probably like, I got to cast this. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> this is, okay, guys, I'm going to take no, care of this was, at my there home. Was, there, was, there was a <laughs> lot of uh, of nude breasts in this film, and there's all kinds of shapes and sizes, lots of nipple sizes and nipple placements and sagginess and non-sagginess. It's all over it's the place. It's a pastiche. It's a pastiche of yeah. breastish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but what the you're pastiche. referring to is the fact that basically he's – in the hospital yeah, under the cast thing. and he's starting to become conscious and it's a shot. It's a wide shot as in all of these yep. films. And on the left side of the screen, it's him going, Oh, moaning in pain, moaning in pain. Like he's waking up. And on the right side of the screen is a woman going, Oh, moaning in pleasure, moaning behind, in a pleasure curtain. behind a curtain. At which point the people behind a curtain realize that the person uh, on the other side of the curtain is waking up. The curtain comes over and the nurse is there and um, she is running towards the guest like, oh, my God, he's waking up. But because her breasts are a little larger than normal breasts, they are very mobile. That's It's a very active scene. Very active yeah. scene. So, But, um, but the point is on that, it's the, still the same of sense of discovery where, you know, he – you were talking about two different times where – a noise comes and then you pan across and this guy lifting weights. Yes, right. He kind of does that a lot. And he then does he's that. Doing I this- do like, I have two thoughts about that scene because I, mean, I don't really understand what the doctor nurse gag is. Like, it's kind of funny in a Benny Hill way, I guess. It was I'm, Benny Hill. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, <laughs> wow, I don't know what this, uh, that's the one You're thing. Right. I'm like, 
what is that? What is that joke here for? Well, because he it was, was clear. I mean, yeah. I, get, I get the joke. I just don't know what the he joke was probably, means in the context of the He movie. was probably dreaming it because he always thought of, of sex with women with big – you see in his dreams. Yeah, sure, true. So it was basically – he was probably dreaming it and making sounds. And, right. But that type of gag didn't really work. Well, it, it, no, it, 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 it like, did feel a little slapsticky. It feels, it feel, well, it feels like – I don't think it's a bad – I don't think it's a badly done joke. I just don't know what the joke is doing in the movie because it's a different movie. Where it, what it feels like is, is – it feels like it's out of Lolita. Yeah. You know, like – which I think is a fucking hysterical movie and uh, and also by Kubrick. And it has a lot of that kind of – like right. a lot, there's a lot of hammy, you know, uh, sex jokes in that, obviously, in, the, in that movie. Right. And he doesn't really – you know, he does it with a coy, funny, arty – uh, style that I right. really like, um, and so this plays out, and I'm just sort of like, "What? Why is that in this? That was weird." The other thing that I, and maybe this is the answer, is that those two characters, the doctor and the nurse, this is the only time you get to see separate human beings doing something unrelated to the movie together. Like it's really weird. I didn't notice until this time. I was like, "Those are two people having sex in this room." And that, like, just by having it there, it implies a whole different world like, that we have not seen. Oh, the the outside world where the people outside, they, do normal they are things. An, they are an aspect of the outside world which has nothing to do with Alex. And the rest of the movie is 100% to do with Alex. Everything. And except, Everything is an action or reaction to what he's doing. Exactly. Everything about except, him was sex. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, this is maybe slightly visible to him because he is perceiving it. But it's disconnected from him, and which is why it feels weird. But it also sort of like whether it's purely accidental. I was like, that one note made me sort of believe in the rest of the world. Like the rest, the most of the movie is the Alex show, and then this one little touch makes me go, "Oh, there's people that exist outside of Alex." Then the movie is telling me that. I don't know if that was what Kubrick's intention was. Whether that's just sort of an accident, you want to put the joke in, but it is. It made me feel strange. Well. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you an example of another doctor. thing that was like that that mm-hmm. was about the outside world and it's a similar thing. Mm-hmm. Is during the I think it was the interrogation scenes like would you like your tea now sir? Right. That right. was an outside. That right, was nothing right, to do right, with right. Alex. Yeah, that's true. That was about them. Yeah, these weird little glimpses into Like yes, and and the the amount of cakes and yeah. tea <laughs> that's next funny. to the guy. That's pretty good. That's yeah. Business. So maybe maybe it fits in with that. Yeah, because like I would I would never I don't know what to say about it just because like I I agree with Eric I don't think this is a perfect movie, uh, but I do think it's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen simultaneously, and it's because of the uh, aggressiveness with which it per- pursues its vision, right? You know, and how it's trying to challenge you, and it's a movie that's so uh, in your face about like making you look at your own beliefs. That even if I disagree with it, where where Kubrick is coming from, I like that he's making me do this. Like that's really great. And then when I, when I read the book, when uh, I love the book, that dude can write very very well, uh, Anthony Burgess. Um, uh, uh, there's one fantastic thing I did not know until I read the book, which is the ending of the book in America is the same as the ending of the movie. The ending of the book everywhere else on the face of the earth, including England, is different. Interesting. And it is different in a way that wrecks the movie and makes the book great. We're going to say this again. First of all, did you read the book for this show? No, I read the book uh, last year. Okay. There's a different ending. Microphone. Is there a different ending per 
publish publication yeah. well uh, on the date of publication when it first came out it was pu- it had a different ending in the united states because it was a sexier ending so they cut it off where the movie cuts it off and how does it end in the book book in the, the in non-american the, book in the non-american book in the reg- in the actual book um uh, alex uh you know but exactly the same thing happens as at the end of the film. And then it cuts to, you know, a few years later and Alex is back on the street and he's got a new crew like of, of droogs, but he's a little bit bored. They're hanging out in the milk bar and he's like, this kind of fucking sucks. And his friends are a little bit, they're getting like, think you're younger and a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. And they're like, let's go and rip someone off. And he's like, oh, I guess so. Well, you guys go and do it. And so they just go and do it without him. And he wanders around and he ends up at a restaurant and he sees like Georgie, one of the droogs from before, one mm-hmm. of the cops. And they sort of like, it's like they just sort of see each other and talk. And I guess George is married now and has, has a kid. And, uh, and then Alex is like, oh, maybe I should just get my shit together. Maybe I, Alex, I could get, I mean, it would be great to have a kid, you know, and just like, you know, maybe I'll get a job and, I don't know. I just, I just don't, and, and you realize, like, he doesn't feel impelled towards violence at all anymore mm-hmm. because he's no longer a fucking eighteen-year-old. Yeah, but isn't that also the ending of Train Spotting? Yeah, essentially, right. But I mean, right. it's like this is this this is like he's not a fucking little kid anymore, driven by his balls. That's why at some point, yeah, like you just yeah. stop being that way. Like every boy and anyone who's ever been a boy, this is how this is how it goes between the ages of sixteen and eighteen. Isn't that Ferris Bueller's Day Off though? Like, yeah. like you are going to like you are going to go through a period where you are a narcissistic fucking asshole and you beat people up for fun and you you know maybe you join the army and kill people or whatever it is but this is much of men's lives for about four years and there's nothing you can do about the fact that they think that way because testosterone is pouring through their brain and this is how they think but you get older and you change and you become a different person right. Like, that's the natural progression of things, you know? And so all the fucking hand-wringing we do about what do we do about Alex in the moment, you know? Like, at the end of the book, it's like, well, what if we didn't agree to that argument? What if we looked at people's lives like they're really lives and how people change? Mm -hmm. And, like, I read that and I was like, my head exploded. And I was like, that's the real punchline, you know? And it, it makes, like, I look at the movie and I'm like, the movie is super, super fun Right. And it makes its point really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great challenge uh, to the audience. But if you want the real experience, I say you got to read the book because that is a statement. That's a statement that's bigger than the statement of the film. Right. And, I th- and it's it's only just one extra chapter. But it really, really changed. Like I was just like I was shook, man. I was like that. that's like the, the, the what he was lining up to say wasn't just a mean joke on the audience. He was lining up to say something like, maybe we should just fucking relax a little bit. And I was like, whoa, shit. I could, I wish people would read that book today. You know, that's a powerful thing to say. You mentioned, Eric, I want to get back to this. You mentioned this about an hour ago or so that uh, Kubrick is not your favorite director. No. Okay. Well, just fine. It's not necessarily. It's no longer legal in most states. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But why? Uh, what 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 don't you like about him, or what 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 would you wish something about him? Like what's? Uh, I for me, it's. Uh, do you mind if we open the door a little bit? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll do that. Go ahead. 
um, why don't he? Why is he not my favorite director? I mean, he doesn't have to be, right? No, I, I find everything is a little too. Uh, I like. Mm, uh, I'm not being safe when I say this. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do it to be safe. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so it's not to just, offend anybody at all. <laughs> no, I don't care. I offend everybody without that's, even saying that's anything. That's me. <laughs> I, I don't say something and somebody's like, what a do? So the point is, I feel like there's not enough mistakes. It's so controlled. It's not, it's not loose. There's not a looseness to it. I like... The controlled looseness that you would see in painters, a controlled looseness you would see in, yes, it's all rehearsal, but there's a controlled looseness in, like, God, man, like, uh, you know, any good band in the early 70s. Kubrick uh, is like a Dutch master. Mm, wait, wait, no. Wait, no, wait, no, I'm just no Dutch masters have lots of loose mistakes. Okay, maybe I'm thinking the wrong thing, but, like, who's the dude who painted the thing? Like, it's, like, this big, but you can look inside the mirror inside the thing. And it's all painted with like the like one hair and everything's detailed and perfect. Where you just get like at some point you just kind of get pissed off. You're like, can't you fucking just let it alone? <laughs> like it's like, why did you have to go to 800 DPI? Here's the thing. I think what he he's a gen, he is a genius. Sure. He is Da Vinci mm-hmm. because there's select amount, but it's a very distinct. Um, setting and and chiaroscuro it's just there's something about it that's very tight and it's not my favorite painter i love like goya i love love velasquez subaran uh robert henry Mm -hmm. robert rauschenberg neil rao Ansem Kiefer. You want some rough stuff and go, well, like roughness and. Antonioni. Uh, uh, yeah. I, was, I fucking butcher names. I'm sorry. That stuff is beautiful because there's something textural there. There's a realness. So, like the anti Kubrick could be like uh, the, the Softy Brothers. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but you don't yeah, lose. but that's a very stylized thing. Their, their world is small like his, mm. right? And I just feel like he makes choices sometimes because he wants control. Not that it helps the script. Right. And maybe he did that because he didn't follow the book. He followed the book differently. But if you go back and look at Blow Up, if you there's a, a movie by Basil Dearden called uh, the Scan- Montgomery Cliff, 1964. It's an English movie about a judge who's been outed as gay. Mm-hmm. Fucking cool movie. It's so beautiful, natural, and tense. And there's a lot of great – I just – I feel like everything, as he started to get older, it really, like, Eyes Wide Shot, I just thought was, he would have actually been a great opera stage director, like Zeffirelli. Sure. Because he yeah. really, he needed just a box, you know, the big Met proscenium to build from at, yeah, in back. Right. And he didn't, he didn't need to do all the sets and so forth. And I just feel like it, to me, it goes, makes me think like, if I had an opportunity to make, uh, you know, uh, and it was successful, one film, that's all you need to do. Because it's such a different type of medium than painting. And your maturity level is different than painting. And it really is a corporate painter. And I just don't, I, I feel like people, oh, it's my career. I keep making movies. And you're kind of riffing off what you already did, or you're riffing. And this is the first time. This movie, I really is beautiful movie. It influenced Bowie, I know, but the scenes—it's like art-directed scenes mm-hmm. that have a lot of power. 
Yep. And it, the connectedness, meaning you're casting and that fucking old dude in the wheelchair, sorry, the old guy, I'm all <laughs> tired, sorry, I'm, I'm swearing, but the old guy in the wheelchair, that's just bad. He was horrible for the scene. <laughs> I, and I it's you. like, you know what? I don't want this guy. <laughs> right. I don't right. want this guy on my fucking set because he's right. going to ruin this moment, which is right. really important. Right. No. So he... He tells him, oh, let's do it. It'll be fun. Right. Meanwhile, he's not paying attention. He's so controlled about his world. Right. He's forgetting maybe the text. Right. He's forgetting maybe the initial. So for me, this was the first one of Kubrick's where I saw cracks in the seams, the welding seams. Right. As Keith Richards always says, you know, with with um, Elvis Presley's original band with Scotty Moore and DJ Fontana. Scotty Moore was a genius guitarist who influenced Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. He's like, you never saw cracks in their seams. Right. And meaning the weld seams. It was perfect. Right. I saw cracks in the Kubrick scene. Right. And I was like, oh. And then he does um, the other one with the gimmick because he didn't use lights. Mm -hmm. Right. Barry so, Linden. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, Barry no, Linden. Barry Linden. My right? second favorite Kubrick film. I know you love that film. I do. For me, it's, uh, but Shining is gorgeous. It's a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. I did not. But Barry Linden was much more a technical. Yeah, I, he I, was, I have deep thoughts on Barry Linden that will mesmerize everybody at some point, but I love that film. And I don't think it's as shallow as people think it is. It's not shallow. He was a brilliant man. Right. I just felt like when you become, you start, look, the genius. And you know, I was reading an interview, an old interview with David Bowie, and he's like, I love bacon. But who doesn't love bacon? No, but hold on a second. He <laughs> loves, and I love certain part of of uh, Francis Bacon up until 72 show in Paris where it was like he did this George Dyer his where friend, it's a shtick well he was repeating himself yeah, and pulling from his own thing yeah. and Bowie pointed that out he's like you know he was good he was spotty brilliant but spotty and he had brilliant stuff but he couldn't he didn't have anybody to tell him no yeah. he didn't have an agent that said you know what I think I know where you're going and I'm more right. of an artist where I just can throw a million fucking ideas out but I need somebody who's, you know, basically can say, how about you just give me 12 and then I'll come back and that's great. You know, because right. it's kind of like, but he, he seemed to me like he needed somebody to say, whoa, what are you doing here? Yeah, well, because like, he has, uh, like, for instance, like the, if I were to be super critical of Kubrick and a, there's barely a Kubrick film I don't fucking love. But if I were to really, really try and grind on him, I would say he has the same problem I have with Wes Anderson. Yes. You know, where it's just the meticulousness is starting to overwhelm what is being said. And that makes the movie boring. And I don't think that Kubrick actually ever, for me, doesn't ever fall into that place. But I, I, there are moments in his movies when I'm like, well, you're, you're teetering. And then you pull it back, you know? And so like Eyes Wide Shut is a, is a big wobbly mess in that way. But it, I still hang on, you know, uh, Full Metal Jacket, which I love. I don't love Full Metal Yeah, but it, it has the same issues, right? There are moments where I'm like, uh, it's not quite right. Yeah, like you're, you probably should have freed yourself up a little bit more here because this is, you're sticking to your plan when the plan's not working, you know? Um, because uh, he does it at a convenience. He can be able to drive to set within an hour, right. do his stuff, get it done, control, 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 he's plus sticking, still have his lifestyle. He lives in the house from uh, uh, Lolita. Oh, does he? The know. house where at the end where uh, Hubert Humbert, 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 Humbert gets shot. 
Like, oh, yeah, when Claire Clotes shoots He bought that house. Uh, he loved it so much. Yeah, well, so that's where I feel like ironic. when he jumped out of the window, right. I think that's the house, oh, like one of the spare rooms, really? just as a pickup shot. Because it is, uh, it's, it's not, it's, I'm, it's not stick, it's stickly, but the arts and crafts ish right. movement, mm-hmm. uh, there's, it's not Tudor. What's the arts and crafts movement with stickly and that whole English 1898 to like 1915? I don't know. Give me, give me, run some numbers on me for me, please, okay. Chris. But, uh, but the point is, I just felt like uh, it was a little patchwork, but right. individually, and you know, it's interesting at that time, people like Bowie, they probably just picked those little vignettes up anyway and built from that. Sure. Yeah. And that was the genius. That's the thing is, I mean, I think that Bowie is, I mean, Bowie is also spotty genius. Like, I mean, he has stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. Like there's the whole fucking video with Mick Jagger and you're like, well, that didn't, uh, didn't pan out. (laughs) You know, you're just like, that's, that's possibly the worst music video I've ever seen. And you're one of the greatest visual artists I've ever seen. I don't know how this happened. Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. Um, But uh, with Bowie, because he is a, loose you know where i first saw that video by the way yeah, live ed no the first time i saw that video oh, it's the war it's so bad Go was ahead. it dancing in the dark dancing yeah no, dancing in the streets dancing but, dancing in the but streets. They, they, they 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 actually just showed up and shot that for live aid yeah okay so, the first time i saw it was uh was uh uh the opening of uh back to the future right Right, right. So I went to Back to the Future. I'm like, and they played the that in the front fuck end. Is That's this? so weird. Oh god, what a trash. The interesting is. thing is, um, cod pieces. I uh, Coop used to wear those. Oh, uh, look at that. That's so nice. That's a nice thing. But yeah, the uh, but but like sixty nine seventy. The that with Bowie, like Bowie, like Bowie's albums, like run the gamut for me. There's some that I don't like at all. There's some that I think are the best things I've ever heard. All of the place. But Bowie's experiment experimentation and uh, and freedom in his experimentation. It makes me very forgiving on things I don't like from him because I just go like, I don't know, he's just fucking around trying to find a new thing. It's great. Go for it. And I, and I don't feel bad that, about uh, when it doesn't, doesn't pan out because I know that he's trying to find a new thing. Whereas like Kubrick is very miserly. You know, Kubrick's just like, I'm not going to show you it until it's totally perfect. Mm-hmm. And because of that, when it's not totally perfect, you're like, you didn't get it. You know, like there's moments in these movies that I feel that way about. They're very sp- sparse for me, mm-hmm. but like Full Metal Jacket has these things. Eyes Wide Shut has a lot of these things, and um, and there's moments in Clockwork Orange where I'm just like, it, where it's weird because like it, Clockwork Orange has a lot more of those things than any other of of his films outside of Eyes Wide Shut, but it's also a much looser, more interesting film than anything else he made during the entire period. Because it's not period. a studi- studio film. It's not, exactly. Like, this is a, like, he's he making- He didn't have somebody saying, dude, you're not going to be able to shoot this and right. we don't like the he, casting he of that old dude this in making, the making a low budget picture, you know, and that's- and yeah, well, the, That's where the time lapse comes in. You see that time yeah, lapse shot? absolutely, exactly. But like, that's- Which so, time lapse shot? But when he has sex with the two girls. All right. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, like, he is very- Let's be PC, please. He has Not sex s- with the two girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, man, it's really funny shot. Oh, dude, and also talk about a difference from the book. Uh, just to let you know, he is very aware of how that movie is going to play because in the book, those are uh, they are two girls, but it is not voluntary, and they are both ten. What? <laughs> like it is horrific Holy in the book. Holy moly! Like he he basically lures two ten year old girls, and that's back to his why house. they had the lollipops or the and, pops. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. 
rapes them for hours and then kicks them out. And so he's not a, really a nice person in is, the book. In the book, a is is basically as close to raw evil as you can possibly see. But get. you don't get that from him. You like him here. I, I do. And the thing is, I mean, I like him in a different way in the end of the book. Like the forgiveness the book has for him in the in the final chapter is profound, and uh, and it's a, and it made a real impact on me. Like because I talked about this before like i believe that is the nature of forgiveness you should be able to forgive the worst person on the face of the earth that is the value of forgiveness like it's very difficult but that's what it's for and that is what happens essentially with anthony burgess and and alex in, in his own book well alex is a is a monster like an insane you monster. should only forgive people as long as they support your political argument <laughs> Yeah, I do. Or if they pay that. you, <laughs> I am, I am, uh, I, I, I do not make political statements on the show. But the statement I would make is: forgiveness is extraordinarily difficult, and that's the way it should be. Right? It is. It, it, it is. It is something that you should do, and it's too bad if it's fucking hard. <laughs> like you should definitely do it. It's good for you, down to your soul. And I'm sorry that it's incredibly hard, but you should. Everyone should do it. When's the last time you forgave somebody? Um, I forgive people all the time. No, I like, mostly say I'm sorry. Actually, I'm. Yeah, like uh, the, I've I uh, without uh, any part of my personal life, I would say that uh, there was some big forgiveness that had to happen re relatively recently in the past few years, yeah. and uh, and it was extremely hard. And I'm glad that I did it because now it doesn't fucking eat my soul up. You know, that's what it's for. That's the goodness of it. And you, you know, it's even harder. What's up? forgiving yourself absolutely absolutely true at least equally as hard if not harder mm -hmm. and i feel like the that the way that people talk about forgiveness now it's like you know it's like they say you say things like well he doesn't deserve to be forgiven or he has to do this in order for me to forgive him repent repent i'm just like that is not how that shit works dude right you know, like it, like it, you get no forgiveness benefit if you require someone else to do something for you. So this is interesting. I don't want to go into this tangent. Well, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, Pendulette had a really interesting thing that he talked about. Pendulette, famous atheist, mm -hmm. uh, talked about the the burden of atheism mm -hmm. is that you can't just say God forgive me and then just assume that this magical person in the sky did that. Right. Yep. If you've actually, if you've actually done wrong things, mm -hmm. you actually have to get forgiveness from the people you have wronged. You actually have to achieve it. Yeah. It's and hard. That is much harder <laughs> because those hard. people may not forgive you. Yeah. So you are way more incentivized to not wrong people because you, if there's you do, no magical fairy in the there's sky. no magical fairy in the sky says, don't worry about it. I forgive you. Right. And it's like, all right, I'm out. I move on. And the thing is that like, I, I am, I'm just going to say it. I'm, I am not an atheist and I don't like being called an agnostic. Um, but I completely agree with that, that statement. Where right. Like the, because the, the difficulty, the reason why it's difficult to ask for forgiveness is because you uh, are, dealing with something that is painful inside of you and you can't magic that no one else can magic that away from you and going through the process <laughs> yeah like going through the process of uh of relieving that pain uh by looking at yourself and what and what your choices are is the thing that makes you a better person 
you know, and you make and you make choices on. But that, that happened to Alex. He was forgiven for all of his sins. A Alex, <laughs> Alex, God bless you. He was forgiven for all of his sins. Yes, Alex. Alex is is utterly free. Right, utterly free. And the thing is, I mean, I don't believe in I don't believe in shame. I'm I'm, I'm against shame. I don't believe in. Um, uh, uh, he went to the he went to the church and he says, "I want forgiveness." And the and church says, uh, "Whatever you do, don't do this." He's like, "Well, I'm going to do that too because I want to get out of it." Yep. He got forgiven by everyone. He got forgiven by the priests. He got forgiven yep. by society. He got forgiven by the doctors. He got forgiven it's by all the right. minister. All right. It's a, For everything he's done, and he's done horrible, horrible, horrible things. Horrible now, things. to be fair, like what I do mean by this is like I think that I I believe that you should be able to. You know, like there's a. He never righted any of his wrongs. It's well, it's an, it's an like, yeah. The, this is the thing is like the difficulty with forgiveness is that, I I deeply believe that nobody owes anybody anything. Like you don't owe friendship to people. You don't owe, you know, anything. Nothing. Right. Nothing is owed. Yep. Right. Um. But if you are feeling pain over what you have done to someone, then, uh, the way to alleviate that is to, uh. Be truthful with yourself, and and them and everyone about that. And, sure, and then you can let go of it. But if you try to bury it, it will continue to hurt you. Mm. Like forgiveness is the is the is the process by which you unearth that stuff and let it go. And the letting go is the important part. I had a guy do that about three years ago. Mm -hmm. He called me up out of the blue. He had he screwed me over on a deal. And he wanted forgiveness uh, six years later. How'd you feel about it? I, you know, I said, all right, right, let's." we met for coffee in Culver City. Mm -hmm. I forgave him. Nice. I think it was was it me? Did I screw you over for a deal? You always screwed me over, Chris. Okay. No, it's a, uh, and it really pissed me off when it happened. And uh, it really kind of screwed me over on something I really was working hard on. And, uh, but then I... You know, I was like, all right. It's, Did you move on? I moved on, yeah. I was like, I appreciate it. I thought it took balls for him to do it. And uh, he gave me the money that he screwed me out of mm -hmm. in an envelope. And I still have that money in the envelope. I won't touch it because it has meaning. So it's literally I have money in an envelope. And it's just sitting there. It's sitting there sealed up with the date on it. Uh, somewhere in my uh, wardrobe, and I won't touch it because it has meaning. And you can say, "Oh, that's money I could spend," but I'm not going to touch it. If I feel it, dirty if it means something to you in the way that it means something. I then thought it that's took guts, it and yeah. it kind of. What can you do? It's done. Now, now uh, do I, I did make him detail my car, but other than hey, that, man, I think it was. It's, it's, he's not done yet. I have to text him. You did your laundry for two months. Two months. <laughs> two months. Uh, yeah, he was like not the, really good at folding, so I was like, "It's okay, dude." Like this is the it I said boxes, boxes. Yeah, I, I uh, like. I don't believe that you should be able. Like, I, I believe that you should be. You can forgive people even if they don't change. Like, you can both forgive people. I think that's entirely up to you. Sounds like Danny Rose. Forgiveness. 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 And uh, and so when like there is My like Uncle Menachem used to say, "Oh, that's so good." A learned man. A learned Not man. The best a looking. Man. Looked like a reptile. Yeah, a learned man. Lou Canova died. You know. Oh, sad. Two days ago or mm. three days ago. Remember him? Oh, Lou. The, the lounge singer from Broadway. Yeah, it's incredible. Lou Canova. Yeah, he died. But that was the the brilliance. At the end of that book is like fucking Alex is a. Oh, 
horrible person. See, you don't get that in the movie. You don't get in the movie. I will t- freely admit the movie is it trivializes essentially, essentially a, a gag. <laughs> yeah, so that's it's the a doctor prank screw- on the audience. Yeah, it's a screw the doctor screwing the nurse and yeah. the, and the kind of pranksters. Right, and and I love it for being that. Um, but the the deep experience I had was with the book, and and it was in the last few pages. I was like, "Fuck, mm. that is something to do. That is a, that is a thing to say." And that's something that Kubrick, I think, is in was incapable of saying. That's like it's not like he didn't know that that was the ending. He was just like, "I can't, I can't say that. That's not that's not me. I can't rape ten year old girls either." Well, yeah, exactly. Like he, but and the thing is, I bet that he changed that um, because, because of the Lolita problem. Oh yeah, because he fucking made Lolita, which is. It caused him a lot of problems. It right. got him out of the studio. No, it didn't. But he went to England for the next one. Right. And the thing is that, like, he is like that dude is was Kubrick. As far as I understand, it was a very self conscious person about like how much money his movies made and how this dealing with this. like he's a, he's like he would not make a movie that was actually against the grain to the point of being like subversive to the point that would fuck him. Like he didn't want that. He wanted the studio to support him, and he was a very big studio guy, yet bitched about the studios all the time. And so, like, Clockwork Orange is as daring as he knew how to make a movie, but I've seen more daring movies than this. Like, they're riskier movies to make. And so the that's that's the thing. It's like, you read the end of the book, and I'm like, Kubrick would not have been able to shoot this. He wouldn't know what to do with it. Like, he doesn't know that kind of forgiveness. He doesn't feel that. Mm. at all in any of his movies <laughs> like like he doesn't get out enough well it's like he doesn't he he's he is, hermetically he is, sealed. He, is, he is well he is a re, i think he was a resentful person you know and this is why stephen king hates uh the shining i love the shining i think that's kubrick's best movie but uh kubrick has absolutely no sympathy or forgiveness for jack nicholson in that movie at all like he's a fucking crazy murderer before he's even a crazy murderer from the first frame of the, you see Jack Nicholson, you're like, that guy's an unforgivable maniac. And then it pans out exactly that way. And that's not the way it is in the book. The book is about forgiveness. And Kubrick's like, you know what? Fuck that. (laughs) And so you see that with Clockwork Orange. I'm just like, Oh shit. Like he, he read the end and I was like, no, I'm doing the American version. No fucking way. (laughs) Like I'm going to have a laugh at the audience's expense and be mean and put it in their laps. And I'm thankful for that. But uh, but he, I don't think he could carry the extra step. If I was to agree with you on criticizing the guy, that's where I would put that. No, he's look. I some, one of the reasons why I don't sometimes I'm like I don't like is because you criticize people who are have achieved, and to make a movie is an achievement, and they're great artists. He's a great artist. I just for me, do you think he has a protected status yes. as a filmmaker? Yeah. Yeah. Are you angry at that? Yes. <laughs> It's you know what it is. It's like like, like, like Frank Gehry, Frank Gehry, yeah. Frank yeah. Gehry is perfect example. Fuck yeah, dude! It's like come on, man. It's bullshit, and it's just like he's he's Francis Bacon, nineteen seventy one. Let's right. just make the same bullshit. It's like okay, that's you're just repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. I did repetitive. a criticism about Frank Gehry when I was on a rampage on some forum or something, right. and because I I know the process with which Gary works, and I. I got pissed off and I made a description about like how a building, a Frank Gehry building is like Frank Gehry could take a fucking shit in the middle of the street and said, scan that, turn that into a building. And then his entire office would be like frantically trying to figure out how to turn that piece of shit into a building. Right. And then it was like, it's beautiful. It's a Frank Gehry. I'm like, it's kind of how I feel about it because that's the way he is. That's the way I feel he is now. Right. 
But he didn't start off that way. He right. started off like fucking edgy as shit with all this chicken wire stuff that he did. It Wacko was stuff, weird yeah. shit right. that he did. You know, when he did the whale, it was all plywood and fucking sheetrock screws. Right. And it was, it was, that was daring. That's and a, then that's it was like, no, piece. no, let's make it out of titanium or like fucking expensive materials really and use, clean. use jet, jet engine like technology. Well, not about cleanness so much, but like it was like, oh. And then, and then everyone's like, Frank Gary, beautiful, beautiful. And it's like, you know, the opera crowd or whatever that, that just basically okay, celebrated so, that person's career. Right. right and and right, right. Kubrick is, I see what you're saying right. because Kubrick is a little bit the same way. It's like, it's Kubrick. Oh, right. he's a genius. Make sure you get a catalog in the gift shop too, by the right. way. Yeah, way exactly. Out. On your way out. Yeah, yeah. And, and donate here to the, you know, the whatever, uh, you know, UNICEF. Right. You know, right. We're going to watch Kubrick films and donate to UNICEF, so this, and we're all well, the upper class this is fucking twits right. of society. This is this is an interesting <laughs> zone because, like, I I get it, Eric. I'm with you on this one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like, and the thing is, I mean, I I feel like I don't feel. <sighs> I, don't, I say that, and people, oh, you're. I I don't. I think it's no. Per- I'm right because who are you to criticize Kubrick? Right. That's right. Right. So, right. So like this is. I like, get it. So this is this is this is the thing. It's like I I don't feel any problem criticizing Kubrick. I know, I mean I love his movies for sure. You know like they're they're incredible, but they're made by it's made by a human. And some of these things you know some things don't work. It's the way the way it goes. It's all right. Um, but I agree that there's a there is a sort of a cultishness about it that is can be frustrating. Yeah. But here's the next step for this for me is that I. Does that feeling for Geary, for instance, or whatever, Gary, Gary Frank Gary, um, does that, do you ever fear that your anger at these people who like uncritically appreciate his weakest work and they form sort of a cult around him, which makes you go like, these fucking assholes wouldn't know good architecture from a hole in the ground. Does that get in the way of you? seeing uh, the ability to ever recognize his work is good again. Absolutely not. No. I, because I do know his work is good. Mm-hmm. And I will appreciate when it is, right? But there's his his he's he went from being a rebel to now like being celebrated, right? right. It's like fucking run Ronnie run. Do you remember no we haven't no, I, we haven't no, no, you haven't seen this. Right. Oh. I saw it. I told you. Yes. Money, money, shredding, shredding. Yeah. It's basically run, Ronnie, run, where he's like, he's a fucking redneck. And everyone's like, you're amazing. Right. Insult me. You're all right. Fuck you, bitch. And it's like, yay, he insulted me. Are you talking about right. the German movie? No. No, the one with uh, Christina, not Christina Ricci. What is it? Um, oh, you're thinking about well, no, the Ronnie. other one. You're thinking about run. Uh, Lola run. Run, run Lola, Lola run. run. Yeah. I'm talking about run, Ronnie Lola run. Rent. Yeah, right. Which is a very different movie. Yeah. That but, is uh, David... Uh, I sent you that text. You're probably like, what's he talking about? Right. So, yeah, I guess that, that's my question. It's like, because like you take, say, because I, I face this with Wes Anderson. It's like, I wonder if I can ever appreciate Wes Anderson because I'm so frustrated with the dialogue around Wes Anderson. Right. And because I wa- he's trying to be Kubrick. Yeah. And the thing is, like, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a, there's at some point I might start missing out on great work by him because I'm so mad by what's around him. Right. You're, you're too Wes anderson yeah, exactly. And, and that's not his fault. That's the people, that's right. the sort of the character that floats around his movies. And so like, this is like, and I try to, I really try to avoid this in like everything, everything, every aspect of my life. But it's like the, it's very frustrating um, uh, for me both ways. Like when people, uh, it's like how I feel, um, 
like you, you take someone like Steven Soderbergh, like nobody feels shitty about very few people feel shitty about Steven Soderbergh, even though he makes some shitty movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, like the, we like the fact that he's willing to just fucking, I don't know, sometimes he's he taking a chance. He's taking a chance. He just goes and does it. Mm. Right. Um, and, and that I'm a part of that cult. Yes. Right. I'm a part of the Steven Soderbergh cult where I'm just like, I don't give a shit if the movie's bad. I just want to see what he's up to. Right. And it makes me very forgiving of his movies. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not like super harshly critical of his movies because I like the Steven Soderbergh experience. That's what has been sold to me, you know? Um, whereas like Kubrick is in the sort of reverse camp where you can't say anything wrong about him. And that's what you have to say about it. And it's so all these, it's the fucking glow around these things that keeps yep. you from seeing the thing. And it's very hard to get through. And I, I, I try not to do it myself, but I know that I do it. And it's like, I want to be, I always want to be in the state where I can be like, it's okay to criticize Kubrick. Like sometimes it's not perfect. That's okay. You know, but it is actually kind of hard to do that. You feel a pressure from everyone around you. Right? He doesn't know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it's, it's basically the emperor has no clothes. Right. Yeah. As soon as they have a show in a museum, yeah. it's over. Right. right. Yeah. But that is now what does that aggravate in me? What is why am I mad about it? I, I was when I criticized Gary and I granted I might have gone too far when I said he could take a shit in the middle of the street and everyone would claim it's a beautiful piece of architecture. Uh, But they, I was attacked. Like how fucking dare you? That's what I don't like is is how dare you say that? It's like blasphemy. I hate that. And I'm like, you know, do you, is like you clearly, you don't, you, you can't say that, you know, like, and you, or you're just doing that for attention or whatever it is. It's like, and then it becomes like, well, I don't see you doing that with your career. It's like, well, right. no. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, this is, the, the thing is that this, I mean, it's sort of like, it sounds like to me the same argument that I have about nostalgia, right? Is like, like, <laughs> oh, nostal- do you remember when? Like, I, like, I, uh, like, I, th- like, phew, let's see if I can encapsulate this fairly. The, the difference of opinion we have over La La Land is you hate nostalgia and I hate nostalgia. And I think this movie is critical of nostalgia and you don't. Is that correct? Okay. Uh, Why close, do you hate close, La La okay. Land? Close, so close, close, close. <gasps> so La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which I love. I agree that the movie is critical of nostalgia. Right. However, the people watching the movie. This is what I'm saying. Are watching it because they think it's they're, they're being nostalgic. Right. They don't get the message. Same point with uh, uh, Midnight in Paris. Mm-hmm. They totally missed a fucking point. Right. That, oh, it's wonderful. Look, he gets to go back to the time he loves. Like, but you realize he's right. basic. Yes. So this is, okay, so this is the core of it, right? So you miss the movie inside the movie right. because you're not seeing what the- can you What can you do about those people? I'll ignore them. That's the only thing you can do, literally. I understand. Right. I understand that part of it. Turn your music on loud and but, back but, up. But, and but, look, but oh, but it, but it interferes with your with how but, much your connection to the but art. Back to Eric's point. Eric is, and correct me if I'm wrong. You feel uh, hesitant to speak up because you feel like if you said, "I don't think Kubrick is all that," people would fucking jump down your throat, and they will. They have. Yeah. Right. For sure. 
It's not worth it. Happens all the time. So like if you take if you took that out of the equation, if people were like if people didn't even know who Kubrick was, or they're like, I guess he's all right, whatever. But the, there was no like well, I'm worship. not that that hesitant. I'm not afraid to give my opinion. No, I no, understand but the that. feeling you're is not. it's it's a pain in the ass. Like, but, but, it's an but, argument not but worth why, having. Why, why why open your mouth because you're just gonna start an argument it's like, oh fuck it, I just won't even say anything. Right. Yeah, right? It's, yeah. It's like being at a crappy art show. You know it's crappy. I'm not gonna say anything because I just don't feel like dealing with these dingbats. Right. Right. Sure. Well, th- so my question to you then and is- doesn't mean I'm better. I'm just saying I don't like it, but I know that if I say I don't like it, you'll either say yeah, it's a pain in the ass. You're, you know, what do you know? I completely hear you. It's a pain in the but ass. But that's why we have a podcast if, where we can say it and we are okay with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if, if, that, if that aura did not exist around Kubrick and he was just uh, some filmmaker that you've heard of and you saw his work, would you feel differently about that work? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so it, like the audience ruins it for you. I felt that aura was around AI, or when and Isaac. That that's the, probably the movie that killed him. <laughs> right, right, right. It did because <laughs> oh, it's like holy moly! This is it's got great sixteen great endings. I, I incidentally, I I'm I'm the one who's like. I think nobody gets AI but me. <laughs> I, no, it's, I get it. I get it. I just, I just, it's just not I, worth it. I, I love that movie. It's and I get it. It's just not I worth th- it. It's I not th- worth I the journey. Is, I think that movie is. I think I was the only one in the theater who was like, I got it, and raised my hand, and everyone was like, it was so sweet. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? No, what's sweet? No, that's horrible. I get that's a horrible it. film. I just like, yeah. But yeah, so like that's that's the thing. Is like I I feel like when I make when I make that choice to let the audience around something interfere with <sighs> the my appreciation of the art, then I'm the one who's losing out. Like, I would like this more except for all the douchebags, right? And, like, this is, like, that's, I think, that's the kind of relationship that I want to try to uh, dig out of my life. Like, I, I just want to be able to appreciate things that I like because I like them and fuck everybody else. And, like, and say that I, you know, like, if I don't like something, who gives a shit? I don't, I don't happen to like it. You know, but, like, there is a lot of pressure and it makes you feel crummy when you say, like, I don't like blah. And everyone else is like, you're an asshole for not liking that, whatever it is. But, like, I, the resentment that I can feel or people feel towards whatever, James Cameron or towards Quentin Tarantino or towards whoever it is, like, that is a fog around, like, that keeps you from seeing what is really valuable that might be that might be something you want to engage in. I will say this. I will say like, for example, I, I do when I don't like something, mm-hmm. you opinion, you I do opinion. have my opinion, but I, I only raise that amongst people that I know that I can have a constructive argument with. Sure. So I'll bring it up with you I guys. Get, I get you. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause otherwise I'm not going to do it. Right. There's been plenty of times on my other podcast where people have said things that I've vehemently disagreed with. Right. And I'm going like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Right. And I don't say a fucking word because I'm not about to start an argument on a podcast about it. I've done right. it a few times, right. but like generally I don't I don't do that, right? right. I'm not like David Strapenis who loves to go up on Twitter <laughs> and say things go. like Yeah, it's like yeah, just Parasite is a shit film. <laughs> and stop. Bring it on, buddy. Don't, don't at me. <laughs> don't at yeah, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, so that's what he God likes to you, do. Dave. That's what For he likes show, to do. Have, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's what he likes to do. Yeah. I'm not that person, right? I, well, yeah, so yeah. so but I so so I will I will do that. I will bring up stuff that I was like, eh, I don't like that, whatever. But generally speaking, I, I'm a person that wants to enjoy things. I want to find reasons to love things. So, so yeah, that's, 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 that's a good way. So sometimes, like, I don't want to look at something and go, "I don't like that." Right. I was like, 
Well, there's got to be something I like about it. Yeah, I tr- I try to hang on to that. But you can, if anyone goes back and listens to many old episodes, even recent ones, like I can't hang on to that all the time. I do get pissed off about movies and all this yeah. kind of stuff. Like that totally happens. I just want to try to identify it when it because it, because it, it runs it all. Like, there's a, it's a theme that yeah. I see all the time where I'm just like, it's so much throwing the baby out with the bathwater. In that I'm just like, but there's something there to love. Like there's something there to love, and. Uh, and if we can find a way to uh, to grab onto that instead of like all the other fucking idiots like trying to make it hard for you, then there's more love in your life. That's how I feel about it. Right. And so like the because I mean like for instance, here's an, like there's a book. It is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, and the moment I say it, half the people in the audience who are listening right now will go, "Oh, I didn't know he was one of those." The the book is Infinite Jest by David yes. Foster Wallace. Yeah, I fucking love this book. It's one of the best books I've ever read. It changed my life and is part of why I stopped drinking. It's an important book in my life. Okay, yeah. right. It's an incredibly powerful book about forgiveness, self forgiveness, and uh, and sort of embracing the meaning of the everyday, and really uh, looking like really seeing people for the goodness that they try to have in their lives, even when they're being bad people. I think this book is incredible. I think it's wonderfully written. I think it's hilarious. And um, it is a ju- it's a very he big died book. died too. Like he did. He committed ago? suicide. Yeah. yeah, he committed suicide. And, um, and before he wrote the book, he was a, um, he was a very angry, s- slightly validly, uh, like not just, oh, he was crazy. Like he was mentally dysfunctional, mm. um, occasionally violent and paranoid. He threw a table at his ex-girlfriend and tried to push her out of a car. Like he was doing all sorts of fucking, and like in his early writing, he's like some misogynist and like all sorts of weird shit. He tries to work all that stuff out through his writing and through the process of writing Infinite Chest, he became, to me, seemingly a better person. If he hadn't, if he had remained a fucking asshole, I would still call this one of my favorite books, just like I would say Woody Allen is a great filmmaker, no matter what you have to say about him. His uh, Manhattan's a genius film. So I say that I love this thing and I get two responses. Um, I heard that book was for douchebags or uh, uh, I hate those people that heard that say they heard that book was for douchebags. There's nobody else. Nobody else talks about the book. There's only two camps. The people that haven't read it who hate it. Uh, and or the people who haven't well, read it, you got to realize the comments that people give are the same people that fucking comment on the title of an article that you post and not read the article. Yeah, exactly. So they don't know the context, and it's just terrible. And like, it's it's insanely frustrating. Don't don't worry about it. You just yeah. got to get off right. So media. so listen, I could have I could have fucking scrugged Clockwork Orange. Yeah, yeah, didn't. And you I braved didn't. it, dude. I watched the whole thing and I loved it yeah. and I, I, I embraced it and I paid attention. I regret not having seen it several times before seeing it. But I, I really kind of like – I was going to watch it a couple, several days ago and I was like, nah, I don't have time. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch it just like right before the thing. Right. Just fresh in my mind. And it was – I don't know. It was great. Yeah, it's great. It was a great thing to do. Yep. Uh, I was – very worried about it. <laughs> I was very worried about seeing this film. I'm going. What if it sucks? Uh, what What if I hate it? What if it's too much for me? Right. What if it's inappropriate? What if I'm going like, oh shit! Like I need to see this three, four more times before. Like I was terrified about seeing this film, and and, and because I know there's pressure on the podcast for me to see this film. Sure. You know? Thank you, Ken. Uh, so I did it, and I like, I, I I don't know. I 
I feel success in what's this the, film. What's the yeah. pressure? Oh, Ken Stashnik has been uh, uh, mocking me on Twitter. Br- about brutally mocking you. For, <laughs> God bless you, right, Rightfully so. <laughs> rightfully so. And he's right to do so. I, uh, like, I, think, I, I think Ken is actually quite happy that you've uh, that you've seen this film yeah i'm, I'm sure he is now, i'm sure he happy. is and i'm he's very I, proud but i was like uh you know all right and and listen it's good it's good I've, we've done it right yep. so we saw ferris bueller that mm-hmm. eric had never seen uh and that was funny mm-hmm. and i think Did that turned out okay yeah it turned out i great. usually That's listen to all the, the that podcasts, is good you don't listen to the podcast oh, why do you dude. say that why do you lie like that i really like that i listened to the shampoo podcast that was a good podcast was shampoo, really? I, really, oh, yeah. I really like that one that was some really good, good jokes in it oh, it was good good jokes good rich Sad. yeah that's good got what did we talk about that one. shampoo, shampoo. It was a film uh it was Warren Beatty. <laughs> hal ashby directed it yeah. 1973 uh, i think i think our ashby episodes are some of our most successful episodes yeah. i think we we're gonna have to do shampoo one was really good yeah that was a, that was a rich did we posted yes yeah it's up yeah, there did you see the stuff that uh oh, the refrigerator one Oh, it's great! I put that up today. He put it up today on yeah. on the Facebook uh, or sorry on Instagram, yeah. and it and his tagline was like, "I'm sorry, there's no more like Cologne in the fridge." <laughs> I thought you plugged that. That's a good one. Yeah, we haven't plugged like Cologne in a while. We don't have any like Cologne in the fridge. Yeah, right no. Now, so well, because of SARS. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, there were some blue. good ones in there. The the oh, the one where I'm in the back. Yep. With oh, the, with the, with the turban. Yeah, that's the that's turban the Facebook title one right now. And then I'll put up another one tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no. That's great, dude. That's work. Uh, sketch barracks thing, um, but yeah, yeah. I think that uh, I, I like I, I think that the like I loved watching this again for my fiftieth time. Like this movie is always fucking awesome to me. By the way, we stayed on topic. Yeah, for nice the, almost the whole time, except for the whole uh, coronavirus at the beginning. Thank you, Eric. By the way, Eric, are uh, my my human uh, time code. Uh, I don't know. I'm really off right now. The corona's got me all fucked up. Okay, so tell me tell me where you what's your guesstimate? 218, 214? Ooh, you are really off. I'm going to say 320. 325. There we go. That's what I felt. I got I, I my I don't have corona yet. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. Uh but yeah, no. I uh, I I think we stayed on topic. We got all of our off topic uh, out out the window to begin with. Yeah, we got all the the SARS stuff out. Uh, but you are a ha- you are happy you saw this movie you enjoyed this movie. I am, yeah, I am, and I'm really, you know, honestly speaking, this is the th- this was the opportunity I needed to see this movie. Yeah, right. It was like a thing where, like, okay, I really want to see it. I want to go through it. I love, I do love Kubrick, uh, not unforgivingly love Kubrick. <laughs> right. Uh, I have notes. Uh, right, but I I do love it, and I was like, this is an important one that I should watch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, it was good. Yeah. It was very, very good. That's it's a good, challenging movie. And uh, and the 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 thing is, I there's there's a lot of people that try to imitate Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. Right? It's yeah. like it's like almost a parody. Um, it's so hard. But no one can do Kubrick like Kubrick. Nope. And there the, are people that are in the ballpark. I think that like Paul Thomas Anderson at his best has. It is a neighboring right. feel to I Kubrick. I think he's Ashby, but yeah, he's actually that's a great point. He's like he's a I saw that he's stuff a blend from of the Ashby. best of both yeah. those guys. Yeah, so, absolutely. but like obviously, like Wes Anderson is trying to be Kubrick. Yeah, he's trying to do he's all like, the one yeah, point perspective like, yeah, and all right. that stuff. He's uh, uh, we brought up before uh, Joe Kaczynski definitely tries to oh very look much at, yeah, like visuals, Kubrick yeah. etc. Yeah. But it's called anal retentive art. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I was trying to end it, but I'm going to go through it again. Do it. Do it. Uh, what, so did I I've, just fuck you up? No. You, 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 you brought up an excellent point, and you're going to completely agree with me on this one. Um, so I had – this is a back to story of Digital Domain, and uh, uh, I was at Digital Domain, and we are working on – fuck. Was, I think it was Oblivion or something like that. And my supervisor, uh, I was a, a lead on show, and the VFX supervisor was Eric Barba. Mm-hmm. And Eric's good, good visual guy, but very, very. He comes from Art Center, right? So yeah, he's, he's got that dude's got an incredible eye, and right? He really he's Art knows, Center. Yeah, so uh, there was a specific thing that was going awesome. on on a shot that was not going the right way, and it was looking bad, and. The problem was that he didn't see all the shit that was coming in from the side. All he saw was what the lighter was delivering. Right. And the lighter, I told the lighter, you do deliver what you got as a product mm-hmm. because you have no control over the shit that's coming from the side. Right. And therefore, it's going to bring attention to all the shit that needs to be fixed. Right. Because otherwise, you can't say, I can't do this shot. So Eric brought me in to say, I don't like what I'm seeing. Your lighter is not doing a good job. And he was doing this whole lecture with me. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. But I had to give him some context, whatever. And he goes, yes, Chris, I see what you're saying. But I'm going to give you a little lecture about what I learned at Art Center, right? And to him, it was like he had this piece of wood that he still kept at his desk that he made from Art Center. And the whole thing was about craftsmanship, you take that piece of wood and you craft it and 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 craft it until it's perfect. Mm-hmm. And you create this thing that's like perfect, perfect. And that crafting is what makes something beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you just go and go and go. And I said, hmm. That is basically the Kubrick mentality, what right. Eric is talking about. Right. And I said, okay. You went to Art Center where someone taught you that skill to craft and craft and craft this thing until it looks beautiful. I went to architecture school where it doesn't look right. Throw the whole fucking thing away and start over. Don't be afraid <laughs> right. to throw everything away. Start over with a whole new idea right. because otherwise you could just sit there and be polishing a turd all day long. And, and you still, and you still turd, have a yeah. turd, yeah. and that's not going to work. Maybe a you teeth have, turd, but you, it's if, a turd. <laughs> if you basically, if you basically um, uh, 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 make something too precious, mm-hmm. you can fuck it up. You can fuck it up. Yeah, without a doubt. And so I think that's the argument that you're making, Eric. Am I right? He's lifting his finger, by the way, agreeing with me, He's, mm-hmm. and a smile. This is an audio podcast, so he doesn't realize that he has to say something. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think I think that's entirely uh, that's entirely fair critique of that's Lin- the Kubrick. Ar- that's the fucking arrogance, though. Sorry, yeah, um, it's a beautiful picture. Yeah, it worked, man. Yeah. Um, see, but, you, see, Eric, but here's the deal: I've worked at places. But I worked you, for this you, guy. You are also the guy because you are that guy, and that's why I loved you with the first time I ever worked with you. And this, I'm talking almost twenty fucking years ago when I first worked with I you. I look good in tight jeans. What? No. You did, you did, and you do, but that wasn't it. The reason I liked you is that basically you were the guy where I basically, you know, we worked at Gensler the first time and we're doing this stuff for fucking the CAA building, believe it or not. Uh, And and we were designing that thing and and you're like, 
Here's 25 ideas. You don't like it? Don't worry. I'll throw them all away and I'll give you 25 more ideas. And I'm like, fuck, this guy is a fountain of creativity. And that's because you weren't afraid to just throw it away and start over again, which is the complete opposite of I'm just going to sit there and look at my one idea and craft it until it looks pretty. Okay. A couple things. I appreciate that. It's a good plug, and and it's very truthful and honest. And yeah, I don't know if that works well with visual effects, but I've worked for some people, and I won't say this guy's name. After I'll tell you, I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned it before. Real douche. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with Eric. I just want to say, like, oh, Eric is awesome. an amazing person. Yeah, and it's awesome. like really beautiful good, stuff. Good dude, I just came from him. a different philosophy. Sure. What I also appreciate about Eric is that I told him my story, and he's mm-hmm. like, oh. And he appreciated it, and he and I, like, we actually bonded yeah, really well over yeah. our creative approaches about stuff. But yeah. go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Name it a person. I just – You not. reminded me of somebody I worked for, mm-hmm. and they basically were the type of person that would say, you know, let me explain to you about, like, painters or drawing or filmmakers. And I would just, like, okay – explain and they would never kind of cross them and be like oh you can draw and you can and paint you can make films what is your opinion it was just kind of this condescending it's really horrible because it's a very community-based you know artists coming in and helping and you know throw ideas out but this thing of for me, the big thing was like, there's a lot of different artists that have done that, but I think Bowie's the one where he would just scrap it and start again. Right. That's bravery. Bravery to say, I'm going to get in my own comfortable zone. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Philadelphia and work with Luther Vandross before he was Luther Vandross mm-hmm. and do Diamond Dogs. And then I'm going to come all the way back to LA. I'm going to snort a shit ton of cocaine living right up at the end of Fairfax in a house with Iggy Pop mm-hmm. overlooking Television City and then <laughs> right. go to Cherokee Studios, you know, right there by Melrose and Fairfax mm-hmm. and record Station to Station. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to burn through that and then i'm gonna go and do low yeah man, and I'm in a sh- but the point is that uncomfortableness brings out something right so when kubrick is shooting in his fucking home every time right and he's going to do a soundstage 40 minutes away so his driver can take him again home in- enough because his wife makes pot pies on thursday nights that's not getting in your uncomfortable zone and it shows in the work right if you're going to do that you got to be uncomfortable but it's make you angry though because everyone, uh, do I sense? Do you sense anger from me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, is because nobody looks behind. Everyone just accepts everything is brilliant because he already has a brand name. Right. And reality is, it's stale. He's and, the Frank Gehry film Yeah, and it, <laughs> but what I think it's less anger towards them because it's easy to get trapped into that pot pie Thursday. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, that's great. Right. Um, I want pot pie Thursday. I fucking love pot pie. Oh pot pie God. is great. So, but a controversial the point thing. is, and I pot will work amazing. on my anger. Mm-hmm. I just, when you get me in a role, I can just, I find more the culture that annoys me than the artists. Right. Because right. I'm sure if you talk to Kubrick, he's like, oh, that was a shit movie. I don't know how, I just right. fucking took a chance and did it. But the fellow artists and other things, and most of those type of people are the people I ended up working for. Right. You know, well, and, and there was never this flexibility. Like, you know, I really want to know your idea. I know I'm probably not going to use it, but just throw it towards me. Now, do you feel that there's a, I mean, culturally, I mean, this is how I feel. So I'm just sort of like asking it as a, do you agree with me question? But it's just like the, 
Do you feel like there is an unforgiving nature to the way that we discuss film today where if people do bad work, like you either have to defend it if it's as if it's good or you throw yes. out literally everything about them, right? I mean, where you just go like, well, he's fucking lost and it's bad and it's, and it's out and he's just out. I think it's, I think it's, no one has notes about stuff. Yeah. There's no, there's no like, oh, that's okay. It wasn't his best, but was, I'm still, I'm still happy about it. Like that's I a find very that, rare position. I find that people are, because of the predominance of art schools, they have their own style and gig, like the you know art centers, brilliant artists. Right. But everyone's got their own kind of angle on seeing stuff, and right. there's no flexibility. But this has and, also become an American thing too. I'm sorry, but there's also an American thing where like something is either awesome, yes, or or, or, or the shit. worst. Yeah, exactly. Because there's I no noticed that in Bulgaria, for example, when I go there, it's like this is obviously Eastern Europe, right? They're like, okay, yeah. Well, some things are great. Some, some things are good. Not. Some things are okay. No, it's entertaining, right? Or Yep. Or there, there, there is actually they, – they, they're all middle of the road. Right. They never praise something and right. never knock it down to shit. Well, because, I mean, I can get <laughs> I get very excited about movies that I know are completely flawed movies. Right. You know, Outland, you know, like which mm. I'll fucking watch tonight <laughs> just because I said it on right. air. You know, like, I mean, I, I think that is the – like, that is what I – I would like to be able to feel all the time about even new things. And maybe I there's I, there's no deep anger in me. Please understand, I'm not an angry person. When no, I not. when I voice no, I opinions, I it's just about art. That's you didn't, you're, you're not you're yeah. not but actually the, angry. I didn't, like I didn't sense no, you no, being angry. But the point is, is for me, it's lazy. And Kubrick got lazy a little bit, just like Francis Bacon. Right. And um, every artist does. And right. so there's two different things. And I just I find that um, I do find most of the culture response to it's I, what chris was saying it's either brilliant or it's not but right. they defend crap right and it's like god that's just not the way it should be um you, you know the, people make great films great art and bad art right. they fall they rise right. they fall they rise but um i love the experimentation of um art and so the artists that i like uh, take chances like bowie mm -hmm. in terms of musicians and filmmakers sure, they take chances and if sometimes it falls apart right. and uh sometimes it doesn't and it's really you as a person are growing so you, you you're i've made so many mistakes in my life uh, no, that cost me same. dearly yeah. but at the same time i i'm like you know what i probably don't have much time left in this world so i just have to keep going learning every day i would learn and grow and learn and grow right. and that's it and it, and you think that the kubrick was sort of wasting that gift he was wasting that gift if he for me when i realized that and i'll tell you when and it's, it's not i'm not like oh you're so insightful for that it was when i saw um eyes wet shut no fucking, full metal jacket full metal jacket because yeah, that really didn't work for you. I Anton first, because yeah. I studied in graduate school uh, production design. One of the great production designers of all time also did Batman. I, I know he did, and he yes. jumped off the Santa Monica yep, that's Third right. Street Prom. I'm, I'm saying that for the audience, not for yeah. not for you. I just felt like his hands were probably tied. You could mm -hmm. tell by the trees in the background, the soil, like the concrete. <laughs> it was in England. And just like the sun and the horizon right. line. And the prostitutes look like they just, you know, they got some high-end hookers or right. casted that and put them in there. Oh, you so hard. And like yeah. that's just – it was too fabricated. Right. And it's like, wow, how hard could it be to just, you know, do a five-week shooting in um, Vietnam, Philippines, in Philippines yeah. or somewhere? Yeah. And, and – do it, like, do, do it, it. Like, do but it, like, it seemed like he was trying to craft it so 
budget wise and locations. And then it just kind of, and I felt like uh, there was a thread loss and I was like, wow, why would you do it that way? Right. You are a claimed director, right. but you still want to get back Thursday night pot pie dinner. And it's just <laughs> right. like, it just, for me, it's like, right. that there's rubs other, you the wrong way. well, no, there's yeah. other directors out there with opportunities to shine. Right. Gotcha. Give right. them gotcha. a shot gotcha. and gotcha. have them do it. Right. I, I think like 15 years ago, I was like, you know, it'd be so great and ballsy if like Paramount Studios, Got a hundred million dollars mm-hmm. and gave, what was it, four million per director. And they just went around and they got like Tarantino, other people, and gave right. them a little cash right. and said, pick a whole bunch and those guys are going to make movies. Right. And you'd have a shit ton of like 20 movies or whatever the numbers are. You're good at math. And one of those will hit. Four of those will go on to make other great films and you cut a deal with them. They right. come back to Paramount. And it's like, what is wrong with that? Why right. are you throwing a hundred million down on a director who's going to run home for pot pie Thursday? Right, right, right. Because you want you want people to be hungry, not for pot pie, but for getting a fucking great work of art made. You want people to be like daring and take chances and want. Yes, to, and yeah, what are right. some of all the movies? You we know talk- who's doing that? Paramount, well, hold on a second. Paramount's not doing that. No, but the Netflix po- is though. Yes, but all the great the films that we talk about in the seventies, mm-hmm. they're fucking going for it. That's what I That's love right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what happens? You might not love Ashby film all the time or a Pakula film, but when you watch that, you look at Coppola. They are there. Hold on. Hold they're on. trying to figure it out. support Yeah. He made Godfather 1 and 2, right? Then he fucking goes to the Philippines in 79 with Vittorio Storaro and makes Apocalypse Now. Yeah fucks himself with a picture where he has a yeah. gun to his head. Apocalypse Now is pretty much the poster child of what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, yes absolutely. And you respect that. Yep. You respect the Klaus Kinski because yep. they chose to say, I don't want to work right. at, you know, the um, the Van der Plaats insurance company right. on the, the, you know, the Strass or whatever in right. Germany. I'm going to just be an actor. Right. So take those chances and inspire because right. in 30 years, somebody's going to put the film in again and right. have a podcast about it and discuss it and right. inspire. Right. But when you watch movies that when they play it safe. Yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? I mean, the thing is, man, they're playing movies to play it safe that I love. But like, uh, but certainly like movies like all my very favorite filmmakers have also made shitty films. That's right. You know, and they, they've, they've definitely gone because they've gone on a limb. They want to try Abel Farr has made shitty films. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and like the, there's uh, uh and, and so I get it, like, I, I don't completely agree on Kubrick, but I, I think we agree in this, which is that Kubrick is amazing to me because uh, almost nobody that I can think of is able to work the way that he worked. He's a genius. And I don't think you should question it. Yeah, it's just like he's the thing is like for me he He was a genius though. Yeah, like he was he's an absolute genius and for me like 95% of the time completely pulled it off and which is astonishing. It's a good record. Like it's just like every fucking movie he made past uh Spartacus. I'm just like this is another one of the great films. This is another one of the great films. And like they have flaws. There are things that I can pick on. But it's not like I mean, like, like I'm, yeah, I don't see that. I, 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 I feel like I mean, this is just from my point of view. I'm just sort of like every one of these movies. I honestly, if I di- if these were directed by different people, they would still all make my list of my favorite films. Guys, we like, got to wrap amazing. it up. Oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're getting back. long. But like the, uh, <laughs> but like that is, uh, but I think it's a mistake. It's a the reason why I'm against people creating a cult around him is because uh, not because of the people that create a cult, but rather because. If you're part of the cult, you're doing yourself a disservice. 
Like, just be honest with what you love and be honest about it. It's okay if it's flawed. You can talk about it being flawed. Yeah, there's a veneer to like. And yeah. I think you mentioned earlier with Gary that that's that kind of Gary, Garyization right. of of things where it's like, well, or it's, you know who's like that? I'll be honest. If I sound angry, tell me. I'm just You're vocal. not angry. <laughs> um, God damn. No. But the, it's like it. the perfect thing is a, um, a – um, a uh, what's it called again? A, uh, a Van Gogh yep. um, calendar. Yeah, right. I get you. I totally get you. Right. You go to the gift store and there's a notebook. Oh, a, fucking a day Mo- organizer. Van Gogh and a Monet pa- and, calendar. Yeah, right. and a Gauguin pa- Yeah, a my calendar. mother used to have those all the time. It was her fucking daily calendar. And it's just calendar. like it really – it puts you in the other end because – it, it, it commercializes could, the whole yes, process. but it, it, it also stops. It devalues it, and you stop moving forward. Right. Whereas Bowie, or I'm just using it as right. an example, and there are other artists that just constantly break. Like, ah, I'm going to throw it all away, and I'm going to move ahead. You know what this is? Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I found it, figured it out. Well, like how to say it. Yep. Oh, you give me the wrap it up sign. Uh, but I think I figured out how to say it. There is my. If I were to have a favorite commandment, do you know what it would be of the Ten Commandments? Mm. My favorite commandment is uh, thou shalt not create graven images. And I think it's the most thoughtful of the Ten Commandments because it realizes when you make a fucking sculpture of a god, then it devalues what you're actually talking about, the spirituality of what you're trying to get at. Like That's right. The meaning of the thing. And uh, when people create like the the worshiping idol of Kubrick – they're no longer watching the movies. I think that's what gets me more than him right. doing, you know, he could that's have very, you know, made chances and I don't know. I, right. But the point is he just seems safe. But I th- what annoys me more, and I know Chris is saying wrap it up because he wants to go, it's Popeye. It's Popeye Tuesday. night. Popeye and, night. Uh, but the point is, yes, it's it's devaluing. Yeah. And well, uh, people, I don't think social people, media helps. Yeah, exactly. Because it narrows the, the possible way to talk about it. Binary. Yay or nay. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, well. And then all of this, in the, in the, and the only thing, I guess this is it. And in my best moments, when I think about this correctly, I don't get mad at people. I try not to get mad at people for feeling how they feel about stuff. But I do look at them and say like, and, and I try to with myself, go like, what, uh, like you're doing yourself a disservice by worshiping this person. What you should do is engage with the art. And maybe you don't like some of it. That's also part of you. That's good. It's good to do that because that's what art's for. It's not to sit at a shrine of Kubrick and talk about Kubrick, Kubrick, Kubrick. It's to watch these movies and see how you feel about them. Like that's you. That's the important part. Fuck Stanley Kubrick. Who cares? Fuck Woody Allen. You know, fuck David Foster Wallace. None of these people are important in my life. Their work is important in my life. I can give a shit about any of these guys. I don't know them. You know? Like it is what this like what this evokes in me is what is important to me. I also find the process is the most important. When I find out mm-hmm. how they do it and what their process is, mm-hmm. that's very inspiring to me. Oh, I think it's all part of the, it's all part of what is interesting. You know, yeah. right? You know? But anyway, that is it. I'll wrap it up there. That was very exciting. And very and I think yeah, thank, thank you for talking about that. I, mean, I didn't mean to say you sounded angry. Angry. I was just like, no, oh, I know. You. I, I, you I got know. sparky. I mean, it, it, it's listen. First of all, we can save this for other times because mm-hmm. we always do. It, no, it's I didn't just, do. It's just that this we're good. We're, I we're was go- reflective quickly. Four. I was reflective thinking coming that I was being up angry. on four hours. I thought I was being angry, and you're I not, could no, be no, the, you're not being angry. You're not being angry. I know you hold back sometimes, but you're not being angry. You you have great it was opinions. Thank you for discussing. That. No, that was it was really really useful. I actually agree with a lot that you had to say. Uh, most of it. Not what, all of it. My, I have notes. My, uh, you have notes. <laughs> I have notes. I'm kidding. I'm no, no, hold on a second. The the thing is, what would I say it was like? It was like a 
Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Oh, it is like Ferris Bueller. There, it's it, I. It was so strange. It's like because we we do make parallels between movies. That it's Ferris Bueller. When I'm is. talking, I was like, wait a minute, this is Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a reasonable thing. Uh, angelic uh, he, it's almost like wings of desire Ferris if you guys agree anyone who likes wings of anyone desire. who anyone who listens to this and agrees with what we just said i just want you guys to put up uh ferris bueller uh um ferris bueller and the clockwork orange same movie hashtag uh oh my god but hold on a second <laughs> quickly quickly hold on a second the poster of him close up looking in yeah and then it's the poster of him with the hat looking uh, in go it's alex the largest day off <laughs> i think that's perfect <laughs> why don't you make that picture and then people can use it we'll that's put it true. up on an instagram and then people can like ferris bueller clockwork orange same movie ha- you know at martini giant on twitter or instagram i love it we love it all yeah. right wrapping it up i may actually cut out the whole like 20 minutes we talked about uh about coronavirus at the beginning of the, of the i podcast. would yeah because that's we'll, just, we'll play the best of fluff. after it's all over yeah. about that we'll do that <laughs> <laughs> this is what we thought would happen and here it is um, which means basically much this is going to be like a three and a half hour freaking podcast where we we pretty much mostly talk only about the movie it's pretty exciting I think it's pretty exciting I'm thank you yeah nice thank job thanks you. for watching that thank you for bringing this to me and thank you uh, guys for coming in every Tuesday to record this podcast. I may actually just – we're starting, our bank's starting to get pretty big, so I may actually start to give some bonus episodes. No, oh, I love it. No, right. hold on to them. Yeah, right. make, make Pay or play. That's it. Pay or play. Paywall. It's New like, martini giant paywall. $18. All right. That's it. All right. You ready, guys? Here we yes. go. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.